You know, it must be impossible for a Spanish person to order salsa and not get salsa. Don't you know the difference between salsa and salsa? You have the salsa after the salsa. <laughs> See, this should be the show. This is the show. What? Yes. Just talk. Yeah, right. No, I'm really serious. I think that's a good idea. Just talking? Well, what's the show about? It's about nothing. And welcome back once again to WTF and Vanadil, the ultimate place to find daddy's love. I'm Spicy Ryan, and if you don't know, now you know, Ninja, with... The Fox Danger. And today we're joined once more by... A Nero from Limit Break Radio. Blast from the past, bitches. Who is tired as fuck. <laughs> I am. I am. I am more than a little bit tired. I apologize if uh, if if I I give off the ASMR vibes tonight because uh, yeah, it's been a long day for me. And now you're here. Hey, well, thanks for coming. On. <laughs> well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate uh, I appreciate you having me back. I figured that you know, after the nostalgia one was really fun, except for. See, that was before Fox was even on campus and he was losing connection. That was like the only episode we really lost him in, and then you were there. So I figured that was fun, despite Fox's absence. And now with the anniversary and potential nostalgia uh, tie-in there, as all anniversary events are, that it'd be good to uh, have you come back again. I'm sorry you're tired, though. I didn't, you know. Hey, you know, uh, weekends weekends are uh, a busy time for me. So, um, but, uh, but I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to be here and, uh, excited to talk some Final Fantasy 11. And, and by the way, yeah, that, the, the connection thing that totally bodes well that I'm back and there are more connection problems. <laughs> well, the original connection problem was, was literally my power supply dying. So there wasn't <laughs> much I could do about that one. Um, that, and then that would do it. The university internet thing is an ongoing, ongoing problem. Well, at least at least there's not a gigantic thunderstorm rolling through my area that, you know, forces me to be on Bluetooth tonight. Yeah, so. this time you're oh, at least right. on a microphone. That's uh, yeah. a step up in the world. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually uh, in the Limit Break Radio studios tonight in Norg. So nice. what up from Norg? Norg or Newark? No, Norg. It was always that we. Oh, we, oh I don't know. On Limit Break Radio, we we always had like sort of jokes of you know the the studio was located in norg so you know just continuing on the the tradition and here i thought it was a place you're going to catch a flight or catch some heroin no no just uh you know lots of pirates and gilgamesh and and today we are obviously going to be talking about the 20th anniversary and all of what that was that was that was something i stood up to watch it Whereas Fox did not, and Nero uh, has other things to do that are much more important than listening to someone go, mmm, mmm, in the mic for two hours, and a fucking, oh god, it was, uh. Boy, but the announcement of the remaster made the whole presentation worth it. Who knew that Nexon secretly was working on the whole remaster this whole time, and they were just secretly hiding it? You guys are in store for new engine. It was it was an amazing like <laughs> Kojima level fake out that they were like, yeah, we can this whole thing. And then they announce it and it looks just amazing. And no, none of that. Happened. And Reddit went wild. <laughs> they, they cut to the footage of them underneath the, uh, the the Eiffel Tower, like digging up a box in the ground. 
and <laughs> reveal the information. No, the, the the copy of the Eiffel Tower in China. They they went underneath oh, that right. one too. <laughs> I I genuinely feel bad for anyone who expected like a remaster or a remake or anything like that. Like like no, uh, that just no. They actually on the other subreddit, the the lame one, the original. Uh, they had a predictions tab that they created, and I went and you know looked at everyone and voted in the predictions tab, and I got every single one correct. And I, uh, I mean, we'll we'll get into that first. I'm going to ask how foxes and everything before I get into this this predictions thing, of course, which will clarify our the amazing remaster we got because that's that's something that's nothing. But <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm uncontrollably excited to find out about this remaster. That's for sure. Actually, first, you know, let's let's go with the guest first. I think he earned it. How yeah, you doing? How you doing, Nero? I am good. I am good. I've been very busy, uh, but uh, I'm 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 good. Um, let's see, what have I been doing? Uh, I got a full time job, so that's uh, you know, a lot of work, and um, yeah, that that has eaten up the vast majority of my life and attention is it so, in radio or something or is it... it is actually um i'm uh i'm working at a public radio station right now 95.9 the rat it, you know it's it's more it's more like 91.7 hi welcome to npr <laughs> so good <laughs> that's actually perfect we're, for you we're we're gonna be talking about the uh the the uh structural violence that happens in uh our our educational system and today we have a procession of palestinians being attacked by israeli police right exactly yeah and we're gonna asmr you to sleep about it yeah no it's i i enjoy it i've i've worked there for a while and the uh, voice to, is perfect to, for it <laughs> uh i i don't i i'm actually not on the air that much um but I, I do I do cut uh, underwriting spots from time to time. So um, it's you know, it's good to be working in the uh, the profession that I actually went to college for. So, you know, that's rewarding. Um, but uh, but yeah, so uh, it is, but it is also incredibly, incredibly time consuming. I can only imagine like I don't know the first thing about it. Like, like, what's what's like a typical day for you then? Don't touch that dial, folks. Yeah. Um, typical day for me is uh, producing a lot of uh, promos, like thirty second, fifteen second promos. Uh, Do you read like advertisement stuff? Yeah, it, it's not. It's it's referred to legally as underwriting because um, uh, public radio is is by definition non commercial, so it's more like you know. Um, if you've ever seen PBS, it's like uh, this program is brought to you by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting and by the Chud Group, you know, that <laughs> kind of that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? The, ch- um, the Chud Group and viewers like you. Exactly. Yes. Um, so there's there's a lot of that. Um, uh, let's see. I, I also, you know, there's, uh, a lot of programming that gets entered for, uh, you know, the weekends. So, um, I usually oversee that and, uh, um, let's see, what else, what else do I do? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that keeps me pretty busy. I'm actually working on a project right now, uh, with a, uh, group out of state. I can't actually say any more than that 
just because it's not it's not been unembargoed. That's in a week or two. Um, but but yeah, it's actually kind of a a, a big project that takes a lot of um, legwork. So yeah, it's uh, you know you end up doing a lot of stuff um, both locally and nationally. But like you know, we'll do local events as well. Like uh, there were a couple of uh, artists, uh, like artist uh, talks and events that I went and recorded last summer. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's you know just a lot of like being out in the community and uh, sounds exciting. Yeah, doing radio stuff. I wish yeah, I could live my dreams. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, we should all be so lucky, right? How are you doing, Fox? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I am finally over the uh, the hump that is midterms. I uh, I blasted my last uh, math midterm uh, this last week. Did you math got, blaster it? Oh, yeah. I, I got to prove a bunch of stuff that you already know, but take for granted. And it was awesome, um, which I'm not going to explain because it will literally murder you all, including the listeners. Uh, and then I've got like, uh, I'm starting to work on my, uh, my programming final right now, which is, I'm, I'm just going to make another chess, uh, another chess simulator because it's easy. Um, outside of that though, I've been getting on game. Uh, we had some, uh, some really good odyssey run or at least a really good odyssey run to prove that, you know, we don't fail. Was that with me um, or. Yeah. When I ran with you, because for yes. once in an entire run, I didn't end up as a corpse and that was amazing. That was great. Huh? That was good. Yeah, I just almost always die in that situation. Um, other than that, though, uh, just uh, ran, did some grocery shopping today. You know, tried to tried to be an adult and you know actually spend some time away from just like writing lines and lines of script that you know will effectively amount to nothing but a grade. I too wish I could live my dreams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, the definition of my dreams is like much different than a Nero's because. Like, I, I, I like doing this, but it's not like my dream to do this. It's just this is the safest of all of my interests to actually get myself invested in that will actually produce money on the other side. So um, that's kind of why I went with it. Yeah, that, see, cool. I, I knew I knew going in that I was going to be poor for the majority of my career. So I just had to accept that. Oh, you have no idea how much I respect that. I, I should have actually done art and been involved with like graphic art and stuff like that. Um, but I was just too much of a coward to go that way. So, yeah, no, See, big, I, big, I, big respect. I, I had no excuse. My my dad is also in broadcasting. He was in radio for years. And the thing that he told me when I said I wanted to get into radio, he said, oh, dear God, no. And then he <laughs> said, son, this is a dying industry. You're going to be poor for probably your entire life. And then when you actually do get to start working in the industry it's going to be you and like you know like maybe four thousand people across the entire united states because most of this shit is going to be done by computers and you know he was he was 100 percent right on all of it yeah but i mean it despite that though like just being able to follow through on it like it's something that i couldn't do and like i said i'm just too much of a coward to do it like i, I had to pick the safe road radio um, still is so a place that's why. See, well, yeah, I, I, I was I was too dumb to know any better. And by the time by the time I did know better, I was so deep in I was just like I can't. This is the only thing I can do. This is the only marketable skill I have. Well, I mean, you could somewhat translate your, you know, 
radio skills and everything that you have, although that is your, you know, thing you went to college for and everything, you could translate your voice and your ability to underwrite and your speaking and everything into some sort of uh, professional, not like an actor, but, you know, someone who's relevant in other forms of media. Like voice acting, the only the only industry that has like 2000 less people than broadcasting. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's like that's like trying to join a fraternity. Like in, they're going to haze you 100 percent. They're going to haze you in a world. You're going to have to do my little profession. pony voices for like 15 years. <laughs> Just that epic. It's, the guy who does every movie trailer in a world where every trailer is done by one voice actor. A Nero stands I mean, tall straight up you know like like that's the thing if you if you eat shit as a voice actor long enough soon enough you're billy west and they're like building <laughs> cartoons for you to do voices on i mean gilbert godfrey got to do cartoons too so i mean true well there is no more unique a voice in maybe human history than gilbert godfrey you missed uh prior episodes <laughs> thankfully and hopefully that I did the Gilbert Gottfried thing when he died and did some voices, did some clips cut into the show, and it was uh it was me doing a horrible voice I can't do. Yeah, I've I don't I don't think I've ever tried to do a Gilbert Gottfried voice, but it, it wouldn't be good. A little yes. boy asks his mom where do babies come from? <laughs> this is what I have to deal with for, you know, eighty episodes. This is the 80th episode. Hoorah to us. Oh, I guessed, actually. <laughs> <laughs> See? It's all coming together now. <laughs> I was like, 80 sounds right. That's <laughs> how old we feel. Right. I, I mean, speaking of that, like, we're recovering the anniversary episode, so... <laughs> oh, also, <laughs> Fox, years ago. Mashed Potato Watch. Are the potatoes still there? Uh, they are, and uh, so far I've noticed no change, and they still haven't made any sounds recently. So sounds so Nero, he's in a shared dorm now, and someone since he got there, since before he was even in there, has a bowl yeah. of mashed potatoes sitting there. And how many months has it been now, Fox? Two months, and the mashed potatoes are still in that same bowl in the uh, same spot. I got there. I got here on March twenty first. The potatoes were there to give me the uh, crisp high five as I walked through the door, and they have been there ever since, just chilling in the bowl in the cabinet that's like right next to the ground in the kitchen. So. I know that's I, I, Table's favorite thing. Sorry, it's his favorite segment now is the mashed potatoes. Yeah, that's that's pretty gross. I when <laughs> when I was in college, I was a vegetarian, and I lived with a guy who didn't believe in eating vegetables. Like, like when I say that, it's not that he didn't believe vegetables were real. He just didn't believe you derived nutritional value from them, so he never yeah. ate them. The only vegetable he ate was French fries. That's it. That's it. Vegetables have a higher nutritional value than like most food because they get their energy directly from the sun. (laughs) You are you are correct. He wouldn't know that because he (laughs) was an idiot. But anyway, so 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 I think sweet potato fries are better because they're a little darker. Therefore, there's more nutrition. So he used to keep a George Foreman grill. Under his bed. Oh. Yeah. Why? And I think he cleaned that grease trap (laughs) twice when I lived with him. Once because he spilled it. Just let that sink in for a little bit. (laughs) It's not even, it's not attached. It's a separate tray that sits there. It's like a bowl. Yes. 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that was a thing. And then the second time was when he fucking moved out. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was. It you know, and it's for that it's for that exact reason that I keep everything separate. I don't store any of my cu- my cooking or, or cutlery or even non-perishable food. Like I, anything that doesn't have to go in the fridge does not ever touch that kitchen until I sanitize the kitchen surfaces and then I cook and then I sanitize them again afterwards. And I bring everything back into my room because I, I refuse to let it touch anything in the kitchen. Yeah, it's probably it's, good. It's idea. pretty bad. Yeah, I'm I'm like yeah. really weird about food contamination and. What is someone putting like a fucking raw mola mola on the counter and just not wiping up after it? So there's, <laughs> I should I should actually take a picture of the stove after oh. someone who's not me has used it and then, Ugh. yeah, it's uh, it's pretty great. So yeah, table that's that's for you. <laughs> uh, but that's it for me, man. Uh, how how are you? How are you doing, Spicy? Well, to celebrate the anniversary, I have a bottle of Cab here from Chile. Let's let's get this sucker open. You know, it's actually hard to press a button and oh, let me use my foot. Oh, that's good. Let's get this get this foot action going. Oh, almost. I think we're about to witness an accident. Oh, that was a very anticlimactic pop. It really was, yeah. We've had some good ones. Otherwise, uh, as people may know, I got absolutely fucking wrecked this week in the historic crypto market of the large, one of the top 10 projects, two of the top 10 projects absolutely failing and going to zero. Yeah, I heard you in a table talking about that. Yeah, yeah, I got fucking wrecked. That's not good. Even if you didn't invest in it, things that were associated by Contagion got fucking wrecked. Just bad. Just fucking bad. So, yeah, uh, I, I've, I've got a friend who works over at uh, Meta in the uh, virtual reality department and uh, been kind of worried for her job lately. Wow. Oh, yeah, they, they're scaling down at Meta, I heard. They are. Uh, it's... It's a slaughterhouse. It's not good. It's not good. Well, why is that actually the case? Because, like, I imagine that the VR would be a pretty happening thing. And they changed the company into Meta. How can they abandon the Metaverse? Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was Facebook, Fox. You know that? Oh, he, no, I don't. I don't. They I rebranded to Meta. I mean, it was, it was also, like, that specific division was an epic loss leader. I think its most recent losses were like in the four billion range so like it's, they've definitely got uh fat that they can trim well i mean it's pure it's pure r&d because it's not a real thing yet people don't know what the fucking metaverse is. i mean it's a real thing obviously but it's not a real thing because it's the metaverse so technically depending on how you define these things uh, intangible versus you know otherwise but i mean it's not like you know outside of maybe like some VR meetup or, you know, Oculus Rift sort of people, you're not going to get like, like, oh man, uh, the firm Carrot used to work for prior, an accounting firm, they bought a place in the metaverse and they have like a metaverse, but it's like, dude, what are you an accounting firm? No one gives a shit about that. But that's like companies are trying to like embrace the next thing that they have no idea what the fuck they're doing. And it's like, yeah, that's, that, the... but that, that's like, that's like when Pet Supplies Plus like made a thing in Second Life. <laughs> And it's like, what, what are you doing? What the fuck people is make supplies plus? People make digital dicks in this thing. Like, why? <laughs> why would you do any of this? We just want our branding out there, you know. Get the uh, <laughs> get the zoomers in on this. Get some Come pet, to supply. pet supplies plus. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh that's, that's a pretty good name, actually. <laughs> it's like one eight hundred pet meds. Oh, is that still a thing? I think we're I finding out so. what the plus is. Probably not. I would hope that they updated 
from having to dial 1-800. So otherwise, besides um, watching the retirement, I don't think I'll ever have uh, evaporate even further in front of me. Because <laughs> that's, that's, that's that, you know. The guy who owns one pair of jeans lost more money. <laughs> Shoes with laces that are gone. Okay. So besides me being a vagabond, went grocery shopping today as well, Fox. That was good. Uh, you know, Carrot hates how I drive, so she took the car, and then she drove it worse because it's not her car. And then she let me drive on the way home, and she turned it on before I got in, like the the very chivalrous get in the passenger seat, reach over, and stick the keys in because you had them because you drove last. And I got outside the car, and I heard it turn on, and I go, oh, shit, I know that noise. And I, it's, it's raining out, so I decided in all of my infinite wisdom to then drop to the ground in the parking lot, get covered in, in you know, a puddle, and look underneath the car, and I go, oh, that's going to have to go. So uh, being in Jersey, you get all the salt and the snow and all this shit. And after a while, it eats away at the underside of your car. So before it was my exhaust ring where the mufflers and everything, that, that rot, you know, uh, rusted away and had to get replaced. That was a few hundred dollars. That was a couple of years or so ago, three years ago. And now it's the actual exhaust system under it. I got underneath the car and saw right where the noise is coming from. Because if you hear louder noise when you turn the car in than usual, that's your exhaust system, folks. And I just looked at it, and this thing is fucking rustier than an old dirty dick. And I go, ah, oh, fuck, that's money. Shit, do dicks get rusty? I didn't know that. <laughs> Mine they, has not. They uh, do if you don't use them. It, oh. Uh, oh. Well, that, that doesn't bode well for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that's unfortunate. That's, yeah. That, yeah, we've we've just stumbled on an interesting new euphemism. Rusty yeah, dicks. I mean, use it or lose it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Me and the gals are going to go out tonight from the retirement home and get cut on some rusty dicks. Y'all in? Oh, that's a... So, uh, that's, oof. As, I'm, uh, as I'm, you know, in my infinite wisdom now soaked from the rain, and I don't give a shit, I just drop to the ground and get covered in a puddle. And, I, you know, I get, I'm sitting there and I go, you know, when it rains, it pours. Because, you know, first the crypto, then the car. I go, eh, whatever. It'll drive, but it's just, you know, the exhaust system's going to eventually have to be replaced. Otherwise, I uh, did some more work in the Blue Mage Guide today. I finished updating the JSC section for stuff. I've been ripping stuff out, updating stuff. Last time I said I got the Odyssey and Omen stuff in for there for Blue and, and sets and stuff. I'm trying to update the Blue Guide because uh, apparently people still use that and it needs updates because people have been linking to it recently because now the free campaign is on and every Tom, Dick, and Harry comes back and they go, Oh my god, it's Blue Mage for the job. Oh, I mean, look at the guide. Is this guide still relevant? Have I seen it? There's stuff here. Is this upgraded? Even though there's a timestamp at the bottom of the guide and people still go with it updated. But, you know, so that's working on that. I did not get the music thing from last time put in there. I mean, I decided today whether I'm going grocery shopping, getting covered in fucking water on the ground or anything else to prioritize my time of, uh, you know, not ignoring my wife or so on and so forth. So I did not put in any effort in besides the podcast and everything else going on to actually do the music thing in the Discord. So, I mean, if anyone wants to save me time and just put the bot in or find a bot and do that, I can I can have you do that for me, and then it'll be done in two seconds. Otherwise, when I get to it, I'll get to it. Are you indirectly talking to me right now? <laughs> no, but I mean, if you if you wanted to do that, be my guest. Because, you know, I, I said I was going to do it last week, and then I didn't get around to it, and sorry, uh, Harugaru. I will, I will do something. Eventually, I will do something. But otherwise, yes, we've been, you and I have been playing in-game because your group's off for a week, Fox. Yep, we're on vacation, if you will. Which is great, because we get to play with you, and your group does not get you. <laughs> Yeah, man, that's that's been great. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Oh, yeah, because we did that Engai. That was fucking awesome. The Engai was really smooth. That's definitely true. So, Aniro, Engai is a shark, and he hurts. 
and we fought this shark with a puppet master, which people generally don't bring, and we kicked its ass. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, Hey, man, puppet is overpowered. (laughs) (laughs) The fisting it needed. Puppet's OP, man. Actually, it holds the ad, which is like the real point of problem for a lot of these V20 fights. It holds the ad effortlessly. So uh, there was a guy in Spicy's group who needed the the win still. So I went along with him and helped punch the thing to death. And yeah, the the pup was like super effective in that fight. That's for sure. One out of one. I got worried when you went down. I didn't go down. Oh, that was the time before that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was the time before where I got killed for no fucking reason. That was as soon bad. as we started, you died. That was good. <laughs> yeah. So although full I- DT didn't matter. <laughs> Otherwise, besides that, I put those videos of those fights up. Zevioso was an oldie but goodie from February. I forgot was sitting there. Put that up on the YouTube channel of us fighting that. I got all of our back catalog of episodes uploaded to the YouTube for people that care, like Table's Egg Timer pictures in there, and the bearded Hume from the last episode with the soft facial features. The picture of that's in there at the relevant part for those who haven't listened to it. Or if, if you haven't listened to it, you would already, that's before this, so you wouldn't be hearing me say that, so... There we go. Look, I'm sure he put a lot of work into like making that bearded hume, but it's really unsettling to me for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Here, let me just let me the, post a picture to an era real quick so you can see the bearded yeah. hume we are speaking of. It's just something about it. I always wanted a, a beard for my hume, but now you guys are making me uh, second guess. Well, I mean, do you want to play Final Fantasy XI as Keanu Reeves? Uh, <laughs> not particularly, no. There, there you go. <laughs> There we go. I just posted in the Discord. Oh my god. No. Wait, what? <laughs> Why is he wearing a fucking t-shirt? <laughs> I find that I find that way more offensive. Oh, the beard is really bad though. The beard is is terrible. Why would you not just take the beard from the other Hume and like recolor it? That's just like Is that a texture mod that's Yes, did? yes. Like, oh, okay. That makes sense. That's really horrible. So, so what he was trying to do with the t-shirt is he was trying to put the, uh, the, anniversary, the, the anniversary t-shirt in there for Final Fantasy XI. That's actually a t-shirt that you can order from them. And It's not yeah, the can, WTF and Von Adil Daddy's Love Dark Knight shirt, but... Yeah, that definitely exists as a concept. That shirt <laughs> is terrible. <laughs> That's what it looks like. I'm not life. a fan. Is, wait, is that the Uniqlo uh, shirts, the, the shirt line that they did for like uh, each each one of the Final Fantasies has one? I don't yes. know. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, it that, is. That's yeah. I was not a fan of those shirt designs. Like the 14 one was also not very good. I actually liked the 12 design quite a bit. If it's like just the judges, you know, and like no text or anything. I thought that I was a little classy, but. Yeah, see, um, now that was cool. I just didn't like twelve. Was like, I'm just like, fair. I don't like that game enough to buy a shirt, especially so not my, like a. Is aren't the aren't the shirts like forty dollars? Yeah, something? they charge like ridiculous amounts. Ridiculously yeah. expensive. And like my impression of the shirts, like when I saw them, is I felt like almost every single shirt, if not every single shirt, was overdone. Like like they went way too deep, and they they could have just like done a lot more subtle things with the designs, and it probably would have been a better product. Listen, listen, uh, like I'm I'm a big like I love shirts that are like like they're game shirts. But when you look at them, they look like they could be uh, a metal band or yeah, it looks like you could wear them in public and not get ostracized. Exactly. Exactly. So like I like I'm a big fan of that kind of stuff. That is not it. Like (laughs) I, I especially because I don't know, like I don't. 
I don't wear white shirts ever, ever. Because there's like there's no good practical use for a white shirt. You get, you know, like one dollop of ketchup on it and then it just ruins the shirt forever. So, yeah, most of my white shirts I've worn three times before I did something stupid and got something fucking gross on them. And then they're completely unusable. I have a white shirt from the Summer Slaughter Tour when Arch Enemy went to Starland Ballroom. Yeah, the Starland Ballroom, and it's like this uneven white cut shirt. Like the bottom's not an even shirt. It's like uneven ripple of a intentionally shirt bottom with the the band and everything. And I wear, nice. I, I just wear it like once a year, just like randomly, just wear this white shirt, and I make sure I don't get it dirty. I actually, don't own a white shirt. I did not. I, I was not aware of that fact until right now. The sleeves are black on the fox, so I can get the sleeves there. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's good. Only thing I have is black shirts myself. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, I try it. to only buy black shirts. Just like my soul. So along the lines with that t-shirt, uh, the anniversary saw SE during the five-hour stream uh, announce tons of goodies we can buy. Because usually there's no merch for this game to buy if, in case you wanted to spend all of your hard-earned mommies and daddies credit cards on things. They released products that we can buy now. And I just linked you guys one of them, the music box, which is the dimensions of one and a half inches by high by two and a third inches wide by two inches deep. And this little music box, made of plastic, of course, which, you know, that's just economical, but that's, you can't be faulted. It looks okay. $54. Oh, two inches, $54, please. Hold on. That's like, the worst deal since though, prostitution. Like, like I, I blew up the image on this thing. Like, is this an actual, like, mechanical music yes. box? Because it, okay, so that's kind of cool. It because plays it's... the music for Outside Each Zone. The Bastok one sounds the best. I'm partial to the Windurstone myself. Oh, yeah. Nobody wants the bagpipes. No, it's, it's Ronifer's music. So it's like, oh, it's the noise true. from Ronifer. They're all very <laughs> good, but I mean, $54. It's I mean, it's not going to ever come around again, of course, but I'm just kind of off put that I'm paying $54 for a two inch plastic box with a, a, you know, these are not expensive little things inside i'm sure there's like a deal of having to make so many and paying for it and all this and that and they got to make i assume they want to make 50 percent plus on each one but i mean that's still that's a hefty ask they so have you're like, gonna try to wind it once and it's gonna shatter that's like, what i'm thinking too. exactly but, like yeah. I, with something that small to me it seems like it would be either be too frail or i would lose it within three days yeah <laughs> i'd find it under my desk like 10 years from now and have like an antique i, I don't know yeah, it's like it's like the dimensions of like a, a Hall's cough drop. Like, how easy is that going to be to lose? Ricola. Right. Like, you know, I could swallow that by accident, you know, then I'll hiccup and start having the Bastock theme come out of my mouth. Usually got to at least by dinner first before someone swallows on two inches of product. <laughs> True. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fox. So otherwise, they made mugs and other stuff like the Mandragora mug. Carrot wants to buy it apparently. Um, if you don't know, Carrot's my my mistress. <laughs> Nero, <laughs> I'll just call her. Gotcha. That. I'll gotcha. call her a mistress. That's a mistress with a ring. So yeah, she wants to buy that, but it's only it's like uh, three and a half inches tall for a thirty five dollar mug. I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. I don't know oh, why cool! It. it can hold a whole two ounces of uh, liquid. That's great. Yep, just enough to take vodka out of while you watch the stream. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, that was that. So, 
without much ado, let's, I think, go into the predictions first that were put on the, the subreddit for everyone voted on. I'll, I'll just read Oh, that. sorry. The, uh, the, the driver's right here on cue. Drag racing on by. Oh, we didn't get it because you cut out the driver. We didn't, we didn't get it. That's it. Oh, no. That's, that's disappointing. <laughs> uh, so Nero, he has a guy on his campus that just fucking drag race down the street. And when we talk and suddenly you'll hear Vroom! going down it. And that's our, that's the highlight of our night. Hey, that's always It's fun. like always the same dude. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's always fun rate. and never obnoxious and disturbing to all of your neighbors. It oh, remi- yeah. reminds me of the episode of South Park with the guys on the motorcycles. Yeah. So the first prediction here was, will the anniversary live stream announce new jobs? 30% of people said yes. I voted no with the rest of the 70% of people. And lo and behold, that is what happened. That's insane. That's insane. Why, why would they add a new job at this point in the game? You, have to, you would have to like rebalance every tier of leveling system that they've added on to the, to the game. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, you, you would have to do a lot of rebalancing. There was hope that it was going to be chemist because they have a special trust that you can unlock after a whole year if you do every... So every month... I don't know when the last time you played 11 was. You know the uh, Records of Eminence has the monthly objectives? Yeah. Uh, if you do, there's worth 10 points, the deeds, for every one of them. So if you do that yeah. for a whole year straight, I believe, is the time requirement. You can get Mombro as a trust. Uh, and he is a chemist, sub-paladin if that matters, but he uses just uh, items, potions, and stuff on people, so they figured uh, that if that was what they were doing with that, then they were going to possibly add chemists to the game, and since it would not be like another DD job, they would have a role to fit in because there's not, you know, buffing is kind of a, healing and buffing is kind of a minimum for a main job. You have white mage, yeah, kind of scholar, yeah. and it's... I, could, I guess I could see that. I could see that, but still, no. There's, there's just way too much development time that would have be involved with someone. Correct. That's what I assume too. That's why I said no. I mean, it's because I, I believe in the past. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if anyone could that they were messing around with uh, main people being geomancer as like a uh, NPC or a trust or something that affect where they were making the NM or there was, there was something that affects similar with Mombro where they make something in the game first of experimental nature to try and test how a job might be if it has certain you know abilities or this. they just kind of like try to program some of the code in to see if it's there to kind of build a basis for something they might be able to use. And that's why I'm, I'm remembering something that effective geomancer having some code tested in game for geo before geo is a thing. I, I have a vague recollection of people being like, um, you know, around the time that uh, whatever the, the thing with uh, what was her name? Iroha. Aroha is, is the, yeah, that, that she was, that that's going to be a new weapon type and that's going to be a new job. And I'm like, you people, are out of your mind yeah that's excessive she's just a samurai yeah like what what are you talking about well, I, mean, but I guess she did have weapon. some new she did have some newer animations i guess well, yes she's a trust she gets new animations Ooh. <laughs> so the next one was well, I, I was one of those folks who wanted chemists but i never actually believed that we were going to get it because there would be more framework that we would have seen in advance for that well i and mean just wasn't there i mean having a functional trust who uses all of like the mix uh restore mp restore you know like having the the aoe uh panacea kind of thing like having that in game and working already as an ability that someone uses which means all they do is put that same code in a player and it's already there having that already means they kind of have a well sort of yeah there's more than it's more than copy paste 
as much as they might do that with yeah. some things, there's just more than that, obviously. I don't have to do development to know what's more involved in that. But having that already there, it's not, it's not an unreasonable thing. I don't think this was going to be the anniversary to announce that. Because there's still, I mean, if if it was going to be a time, I guess this would be it. But I still sided against it with seventy percent of people there, and I glad I was not wrong for once. <laughs> That's fair. The next one here was: Will the anniversary live stream announce a remaster, as we <laughs> talked about, or a remake of Final <laughs> Fantasy XI? And twenty-three percent of people said yes. I voted no. How did twenty-three percent? think that that was even a remote possibility out of 548 predictions that's shocking that's reddit that's that's shocking. it's because shock- it's well, what okay, they wanted yeah. it's what they wanted yeah yeah i i can different things <laughs> there was just no there there was just no way there was i mean after nexon you know that whole thing was was canned like that project is done there is it doesn't make sense it doesn't make financial sense for square enix to remake or remaster final fantasy 11 so there's not that really think about what that really says though like they have a history of re-releasing the same damn game with like updated pixel graphics and stuff like that and if they're going to do that for their other series and then cancel this one what makes you think that they're going to release this one well, like it's more like because it's an MMO, you know, if you are dumping massive amounts of development time into, you know, upgrading the the graphic system or, you know, even, uh, you know, even even updating the textures in this game. Right. Like if you're going to go to that expense, you have to know that if you do that, you can market that game in a way where new people are going to be playing or new people are going to want to try it out. And that was just never a possibility. Like really you think you think zoomers are going to want to get on final fantasy 11 ninja couldn't help final fantasy 11 ninja. Please. You know what I mean? Like I seen, I seen ninja playing final fantasy 11, like more than I see him playing fucking Fortnite. He plays a private and- server though, too true true but i don't i don't see you know uh 35,000 people logged on to odin when i log on you know what i mean <laughs> like it's just like even with that kind of like level of exposure it's just it's not the next big thing it, or or even remote like there's just there, we haven't even seen a population spike because of any kind of exposure so if Square Enix like dumped money into it, they would need to see that back. Yeah, being and a Japanese there's, company, there's just no way to make up that difference. There's less feeling and less chance taking, and more uh, being a mainline Final Fantasy XI game. It has to be reputation protecting and uh, return ensuring, and not. This is Square Enix. They are not, you know, they're not too far removed from like Ubisoft here. They're not too far out of the box when they do something new lately. So right, right. Yeah, that's that's the other thing is that the the minute the minute that this game starts making less than it costs to make, like it's done, like they're just going to pull the plug on the servers. I don't know about like, that, but they would certainly start giving us some words about that. I Yeah, you would start hearing like this, you know, we're going to we're going to wrap this shit up because like there's just no like if the the minute it stops making financial sense, like, yeah, like I think. I think Square Enix is pragmatic as everything else. Like the the thing that I kept hearing is like 
oh, well, because it's a main number Final Fantasy game, they're never going to let it expire. And it's like, no, 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 no. They're a business. And it doesn't matter if it was, you know, a main number. Like, Hold like, on, hold on, I know. But my 14. Yeah. They well, didn't let 14 I, fail, but my 14. Yeah, they didn't let 14 fail because they had a massive investment that they needed to somehow pay off in that. And it eventually like, did, I guess. It, it did, did literally. I mean, to their credit, to their credit, like they they pulled that one out, which is still shocking to this day. But like they've already got the money out of eleven, right? Like it was one of their highest grossing games, highest performing games for years. It Until like the last company. year, when fourteen unseated it finally. Exactly, exactly. And so you know, from that perspective, I think that. Final Fantasy XI is protected because they keep the cost on this game low. The minute that they tried to do a remaster and it picked up, you know, like, like you got to think, who would try a remaster of Final Fantasy XI? Well, everyone who has ever played it would probably be like, yeah, I might give that another shot, right? At its, at its peak, I think Final Fantasy XI only had like 400,000, that may have been concurrence, but like, you know, throughout its lifetime, it it never really even got as high as wow. So, like, it's a limited number of people that would be interested in a project like that. So, and, and the uh, limit just, is the key there. Say again, what? The, the The limit is the key there. So, like, when you're when you're looking at making a product, right, you want to market it to whoever you know your research says that it will market to. But if you already know that you're marketing it to the same same existing market yeah. rather than the existing market plus and other markets, then you've already limited your returns anyway. So right. it's it's a bad idea. Basically, it doesn't make much financial sense. So, like, like, do you do you genuinely believe that kids who are like playing Fortnite, uh, you know, or Call of Duty would see a Final Fantasy XI remaster and be like, I should try that out? It's like, a piece like, of wishful thinking because they like the yeah, game and yeah. they want things, and they don't realize that this game. So what's also amazing is the cognitive dissonance that occurs here because you have people who complain about this game to no end without mentioning names and and then you have people at the same breath of the same person here goes oh you know I like playing this game and I wish they make a remaster of it and that'd be great but then they complain about the core functions of this game like oh right. I hate having to run around and do this I hate how I you know I have to use JA0 because I get stuck because the game's mechanics it all sucks you know and then right. they, they talk about that and then they go I wish there was a remaster. So what makes you think a remastered version of a game that's so far removed from the norm of what people expect, unless that remaster includes um, more than the graphical overhaul and some fixing of the UI and stuff, like where you have uh, pretty much 14 uh, engine here of like, oh, there's yeah. the light over someone's head, you know, but all the, everything else is still there. All of the things that made this game, the, the, the spells and the jobs and everything, they're all not like a modern sort of system of how they do things, 100%. the gear swapping and all these things and this and that. Like you can't just remove all that. That's a whole new game. That's not 11 yes, anymore. Exactly. So, the who, people, the people who have stayed loyal and continued to play Final Fantasy 11, if you changed any of those elements, would probably no longer want to play this game. I wouldn't want to play but it. But you would have to update those elements if you're trying to, uh, you know, cater to kids who have no concept of, like, gear swapping or, like, why that would even matter. You know what I mean? Like, you would have to change the game so fundamentally that the people who are already playing it would be would become alienated by how many changes you made and it would be a huge gamble 
you know, if if those changes didn't land attracting a new audience. So you're almost better off not doing Correct. either of those. I'd rather see them fix some uh, mechanical issues or make some other minor adjustments they could improve this game as it is. But if those same people complain about, oh, I hate having to run around and do this mission and this and that, it's like, what makes you think if you revamp this game that other players who also might have the same complaint as you are suddenly going to be like, oh, well... Uh, it looks nice now, so I think uh, I'm just going to start playing it and, and ignore all of the complaints that everyone who loves the game seems to have about it, and it's just going to be successful because of it, I guess. It's funny. The entire time we did uh, Limit Break Radio for Final Fantasy fourteen, we were always accused of being Final Fantasy eleven stands that wanted to make Fanboys. 14 more like 11. And now it's it's there's this kind of weird reverse phenomenon where there are people who have tried 14 and love 14 and want a, like and subsequently like run through all the content that that game has and they're like well well that final fantasy 11 is another final fantasy mmo clearly i'll play that and they they end up wanting 11 to be more like 14 and it's like you know i they're just both fundamentally different games and that's okay penises and vaginas are not the same thing so I see. A, <laughs> true. <Confirmed>. True. <laughs> that's, really? that's, that's how I bodies have are. No idea. This, the, there's boobs and there's if, butts and not all butts. Listen, I've been. OK, I've been doing sex all wrong then. Was it with a rusty penis? What, I mean, what is the. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But when every we have, there's a free campaign going on right now in Nero, if you're not, you know, because you have a, a life and a career and, and things living your dreams. But I also have never dropped my subscription to 11. Wow. Thank you for even your... when I was not playing it. I, I take that back. There was probably a, a couple of years where I did let it let it expire. But yeah, no, like even when I'm not playing, playing it, I'm paying for it. In the last like 15 years, I think I let mine lapse for three weeks while I was in Germany last year. But free campaigns going on right now. So all the posts start happening on Auction House or on especially Reddit because it's Reddit about players who were like, oh, uh, I play 14 and I really like it. And I hear there's a campaign going right now. Is it worth trying 11 if I like 14 a lot? Or all the people who do come from 14 who go, oh, I'm just waiting till the next update happens for a month. So I'm going to play 11. And while they're here, they're just like, just garbage people who are just yeah. from a different world and think they're still in 14 and act like, you know, it's just, you know, this bad. I mean, yep. 14 kind of has a kind of garbage community. I agree. Um, you know, I again, I did a an FF14 podcast for years and years and years. I think we we did eight for uh, FF14, and uh, yeah, I I have been uh, very critical of certain elements of the Final Fantasy 14 community, and the worst elements of it were on display over the last couple of weeks, considering that uh, Square Enix did a round of bannings for people using uh, third-party programs, which hey. for the most part amount to parsers. And, you know, my take on it is like, dude, I fucking, I used Windower. I never blinked at using Windower. Same same thing. It's filling a, a, a hole. It's filling a need that the community has. And, uh, you know, for those getting used. For those People who don't play 14, it. parsers and everything, can you explain yeah, it's the just, impact? It's just parsing. It's parsing out it, it, during a, you know, during a fight. Is this right? what it sounds like, like? 
um yeah it just it literally is is giving the damage report for everyone in the party that's a weird thing to ban for yeah well it can do more like windower it can do more than that if you know what you're doing with it um so you know but basically what it came down to was there were people who were streaming on twitch and had it on screen and it's to me it's as weird as if square enix went around on twitch and was like oh i can see you know your window or mini map your your band they claim that they even do that they claim they don't take video evidence to the special task force and they claim they don't watch streams they don't take screenshots or anything as evidence when they ban people they claim that they claim that but yeah okay well the, the, i mean that's also a different game too yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely not the policy that they have for ff14 um and you know i i think i think that that's fairly hypocritical from a company whose ceo is out there going like well there are people who like to play games passively and then who like to contribute to games actively through nfts and it's like <laughs> well wait what you're talking about is modding and that already exists except you're banning people who use it so so basically what you're telling me is you want to cut like you want to you want to monetize that and you want to cut which fine but it's like it's just it's a weird position to have when your ceo literally sold off like idos and and two other uh you know development companies and a whole bunch of ips including legacy of kane to be able to float you know the the nft shit and you so know, what are like, they just, doing it's so weird what are they doing with nfts in 14 not to get too down far the Nothing. 14 right? no, they, well what, what would it what would it be used for in that game is just like is it what are they using it for or what do you think i mean there, is there anything at all that that could be um i mean as soon as listen as soon as uh matsuda was out there uh making those kind of statements the first thing that yoshi p did was get out in front of it and be like yeah, nfts aren't coming to ff14 anytime soon but the key words there were anytime soon like that's that's not a definitive statement because he doesn't have he, he can't say that yeah right like uh, it, if if matsuda's like you know what tomorrow they'll never use any the language that closes stuff. the door yeah exactly exactly so you know i you know the thing about the way that they built 14 is that you know they probably it is malleable enough that they probably could uh have some sort of nft functionality built into it and uh you know so everyone everyone who plays that game is just gonna have to fucking deal with it so when people mention nfts everyone cringes because they think of uh people selling an ethereum rock which is just a pixelated rock for like a million dollars or something as as has happened but that's not you know really what it is or should or could be but everyone doesn't really know what it is beyond south park having pictures of bees that people can buy at applebee's max uh, besides that event, people don't really know what NFTs are, but they keep talking about them. So I didn't know if 14 had done a thing where they're going to like, talk about using them a certain way or whatnot, because NFTs no, are not, not they can be used effectively even in 11. It wouldn't be bad if they came to 11 in a capacity that they already exist and being updated to the modern world. So what I'm talking about is uh, who remembers when people had to buy like the title talisman? Yeah. Or, yeah. So instead, because it's not practical to buy a 45, that would be like $70 today, maybe more, a talisman that like was garbage and corroded anyway, unless you really want some corroded nickel plated talisman that if you walked around that with the streets with the string cord and stuff, it would look really 
You know, there's there's being a fan and there's being a little weeby, but not not just that, not just that. But if you wore it for any amount of time, the uh, like wherever it hung on your chest would just turn black. That was cool. <laughs> that was really cool. That's, that's what it says. Nickel plated, man. Yeah. 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 Man. Yeah. Any sweat's going to start, you know, somewhat corroding that and leaving residue on you. So what you would do instead of buying a piece of garbage from China full possibly with lead and, and pewter or something, whatever they put in that that cheap thing that's not worth that, you would just buy an NFT instead. So what you would have is similar to when you get the book or something that had like that pen lance or the camera that was a gun in this game. They're like Japanese only releases. There's been plenty of items that are Japanese only from buying like uh, some like guidebook that was like this year's thing or like a release. Of, I don't remember what they're called. They would have like interesting facts that we quote for this game, like how the curse effect of the Blemont's ring removal is or whatever it is. So instead of getting the codes from that book, what you would do is you would purchase an NFT. You would get the code digitally. You would have on your end a digital certificate saying that you bought the code, what it is, the number of how many it was, like you're this number of unique, uh, you were the X number person to buy it. And then instead of having to buy that physical item that you don't really want anyway because your chest's going to turn black, you've now gotten the in-item game that you can wear like you would anyway, and you just have a digital certificate of your item with the picture of whatever it is and the information, and that's a unique digital item that represents something in the game that you bought anyway. So that's what an NFT would be in this case, is what we already have, except turn digital because you don't need a physical like guidebook. You probably didn't want to get a code or something just to get these items that, you know, they were released like the Moogle Cap or something, because I had the Moogle Cap was from a code from the keychain. I'm like, right. they haven't released it ever since, and I'm, I'm kind of cool with that because not anyone has the Moogle Cap really, or the Nomad Moogle Cap you might see from that one one single event they had in California or something, people got the Moogle Cap. You could do it's those fantastic. items. I have that, yeah. Yeah, you could do that. As, well, okay, you're special. I haven't really seen on anyone because those players yeah, are like gone. Yeah. Uh, you can get that as an NFT, and that's what it should be in this case. Instead of like a bullshit cash shop or anything else, it should be like these limited time items that are in-game items that you buy from the, the shop. I mean, you could always get the physical item still, but if you just wanted, you know, not to overrun the game with a cash shop of mounts and nonsense, but just these special limited release like fundraising to support the game, which is what I think these music boxes and everything kind of are is a way to, they'll sell out, but they're a way to keep the game going because they also mentioned to everyone's surprise that the revenue they're making from this game is lower than what everyone expected because an auction house Rooks has that minimum number expected. I don't know if that was factored into it. If no one had any mules or extra wardrobes or stuff, or everyone complained that the new wardrobes were extra money and they're, they're increasing the fee without increasing it, which since other games have actually increased their fee permanently, it's nice to have an option to not increase it. But the True. amount of money coming from the game is actually lower than we anticipated. I don't know where it is. I didn't find it. But it was it was mentioned in the stream and everyone was talking about, wow, it's actually lower than we thought it was. Kind of, kind of. It's not like the game's in danger of being shut off, but it is talking about these items, NFTs and everything. It is lower than what it is expected to be in terms of this game's returns. Right. And I don't I don't really have a problem with like digital exclusives. I think I think some of the some of the time those can be kind of cool. Like, you know, like you had mentioned with the Moogle cap, like every time I I bring that out, uh, people are like, what the fuck? I've warped people with it. It's great. Yeah. And then you warp people away and they're like, what the fuck? Like it's (laughs) it's it's a fun item. Right. Like um, I I don't have any problem. The the other like the problem I have with it is like the other half of the sales pitch where they're like, Oh, but that will increase in value over time. And then you can actually sell it to other people. So you're making an investment. You're not just supporting the game. You're making an investment yourself you could sell and it, you'll yeah. be able to make money with it. Like it's that kind of like promise that I think is is a little bit difficult to deliver on. 
Well, um, if they took a cut of every transaction, a small, tiny, fractional percentage of every time someone sold a unique item to someone else, because they only released so many of them. Uh, like they have the Moogle cap is a certain number permanently and people kind of like sold them off to other people when they quit the game or whatnot. And as he took a minor cut of every transaction over their, their marketplace or something, that wouldn't be the worst thing for the game because people are going to exchange that in anyway. Yeah, but I, I think it's cooler to like make them even more rare. So like, you know, well, the you, cap number. You, huh? It'd be a cap number. There's only like no, no, no. 2000 Moogle I, caps I, that exist. I, I get that. But that capped number, right? Like already exists, right? There are only a set number of Moogle caps that have ever been given out. And as people quit the game, that makes them even more rare. I don't want people to be able to sell, you know, to sell the item like that. To me, that's just like two steps removed from from RMT to me. Well, uh, and and that that makes me that makes me a little bit uncomfortable because, you know, there are people who will try to own that market. And and you know, well, if you can own like it because that, it's decentralized, everyone has a different item. You can't like until you start buying all the items. Like okay, if if someone bought right, all the items, up capitalism to it, is yeah. capitalism, correct? Yeah, and that's what usually tends to happen. People hoard those kinds of things, correct? So like, you know what I mean? Like they it's have just, to build it's a, one of those things where it. it's like we already have capitalism in the game. You know, Gil Gil actually serves a purpose in this game. Unlike Final Fantasy fourteen, I don't need another layer of capitalism on top of it. True. I was just thinking of ways, because if that keeps the sub fee down and it's a meaningless item that's purely aesthetic and doesn't help anyone and people get it, because people really get off on feeling special about having an exclusive item. And when people quit the game and that item just goes away, uh, it's kind of lame. Yeah. So. No, I, I think I, I think that that's cool because it's it, it's it's kind of like real life. You know, like if you have a. Yeah, I used to be in a punk rock band and we had uh, we we released a seven inch and there were uh, 1500 total copies. And I kept half of them in my closet for 15 years and I just found them. And, dude, I'm getting like 10 bucks in EP for these motherfuckers now. And because people are like, holy shit, you can't find that record anywhere. And it's like, oh. Yeah, that's what happens when you hoard something and make it artificially rare. And I did it by accident. Uh, but, you know, like it, it, there that does, uh, especially in a in an MMO where it's like you've you've seen people the way that people act, you know, like mm -hmm. we've seen the way that people behave in a digital economy. There is no part of me that doesn't believe that someone would try to hoard whatever those things are and maximize the profit, you know? So what's good is it's not going to free market in this case. Like, they're not going to create a free market where people could, well, hopefully, I mean, they might let people hoard them, but it would take a great deal of effort to try and have people hoard a limited item of purely aesthetic value. I mean, people would try to do it and get as many as they can to, to of course, resell them, but it's not a free market where they have the power to really do that. So as long as long, this is big for SE, as long as they built something in a system where you can't keep selling multiple items of different, you know, I mean, uh, we're off in the woods here at this point, but it would be a way right, to I mean, it, undercut having to, because if RMT and stuff impacts the game, mercs and things impact the game, uh, you know, costumes do not impact the game. Sure. And people feel really special playing dress up. So if they have yeah. these items and it keeps people from you know, if it raises revenue and, and incentivizes SAU to keep 
things that actually impact the game out and it has a reason to protect their asset, then I think that's actually overall a good item, whether you participate or not in it. There are pitfalls, but... I mean, you know, it, um, it's it's sort of like what people did with NFTs, where, you know, what what would prevent someone from, like, once they get 10, they just, you know, transact that item back and forth between their friends to artificially inflate the uh the the price of uh you know that thing i mean at the point at the point where you're playing with like digital money even if you know in theory it can be cashed in for real money people tend to like lose perspective on that kind of thing and they're like oh well we you know it's going to cost me uh you know a hundred dollars to artificially inflate the value of this by a hundred thousand dollars like well what what do you think i'm gonna do i know what fox is gonna do fox is gonna wonder what the next question is yeah maybe and the next question this one was actually a very split 51 to 48 percent and i got this one right as as well um prediction will the anniversary live stream announce new ultimate weapons i said yes and 51 percent of people said yes and that is what happened neat so, so they flipped the coin <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, you saw the other ones were, were much more split between 23 and 30 yeah. percent of people. But these are this also more reasonable. Well, I mean, theoretically, we also already, it's had, not a pretty we, we well, also already had a pretty good idea it was going to happen. I mean, they've been we did pseudo advertising shit out of it, like through all of Voracious Resurgence. So. Several months ago with the Voracious Resurgence missions, they were hinting at dialogue and, and cut scenes of I haven't done it. But of course, everyone, of course, if I say, of course, five times in a row. So it talks about the cutscenes and the weapons, and before it was even released, the uh, art of the goblin and the shield, and everyone's like, that looks like ages with a dark color. You know, these must be dark weapons, you know, and everyone starts going nuts. And that's, I think that's a, a healthier way of going nuts than what the community did, because yeah. I absolutely could just sit here and rip the community a new asshole for being ridiculous. I might actually do that still. If we get into some of these comments, I'm sure that I will find randomly. Uh, in these threads and stuff that people have made complaining about the game and, and the anniversary and how SE didn't give a shit and da, 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 da. but it should have been it should have been pretty obvious anyway because uh, think think about what they provide us as far as content is is concerned like we have um, the same character models basically but they've just changed the alpha on them to make them like different colored and that's effectively what they've done with all of the the relics that were posted on that picture anyway. And it's because they either don't have access to an artist or it's a limitation based on the state of their dev kits or maybe both. But just be just from the fact that they have all of these these color shifted, uh, all these color shifted weapons, it should have been very, very obvious from the get go on that picture release that we were going to get them. So, hey, so Fox, you know how lazy the SE is? Listen to this. Listen to this, Fox. You know how they have that Rafflesia NM out in Sardabruta S in the past there that drops that uh, belt that you might use at level 50-something, 54-something? You know that one? I'll go with it. That one is named Raskovnik. And you know how they made that Odyssey NM that it's just, you know, uh, Snapweed? Raskovniksha! You know, they have that one. That That's the same thing, just in a different, you know, one's like Bulgarian and one's like Serbian. It's the same thing. They just they just reuse the same name. How lazy can you be reusing the same mythical plant? I, I just I don't even know. Well, I just don't think they have the ability to create any new models or anything. So if you see something. It was the same name. They're different mobs. One's a Snapweed. One's yeah, a... one's a Rafisha. But 
like if you see something though and it's something that already exists in game but it's just color shifted like what they've done with the game recently should indicate to us that that's probably something we'll end up getting uh, that's all that that's all that told me when i first saw that picture so those are called prime weapons and apparently so sc said in the live stream cuz you know that was a good time staying up that they are not related. Everyone thought there was going to be like, oh, this is how they're going to fix uh, relic weapons, quote unquote, fix. They're going to make my Mandao useful again, Fox, by reforging them in a reforge for a whole new weapon. It's going to be dark relics. But no, it's as you said, it has nothing to do with existing relic weapons. It is not tied to relic weapons and your relic weapon will be separate from whatever this weapon is. So prime weapons, there's no details and already people. I don't know if it's the free campaign or what, but before we even get on here, I posted in the, the yells of a certain part of the Discord that if you're in that channel, you, new people don't get that. Uh, that someone was yelling, with these new prime weapons coming out, should I even bother making any of the new weapons or should I wait? <laughs> we don't know yeah. any details about them yet. They just announced it's going to be a thing. We don't know anything about it. Those are probably spillover from 14 players anyway, because those are the players that are used to getting a new thing and it immediately trivializes anything else that you've gotten up to that point. True. FXI true. doesn't do that. But true. Unless you want to can draw no other conclusion, you know? I, I have a I have a question. Does that mean that remas are now remaps? Oh, there's been all sorts of I, like, I'm gonna go with pre-mad. Pre-mad? Okay. Pre-mad, because before you get one, or before you had the right one, or know how to use it, everyone's going to get mad beforehand, because they'll be like, well, we have to make these go. weapons, this is bullshit, I don't want to go sit there and camp this. Yeah, there's probably going to be uh, a nice uh, a, a, a nice long quest chain that we have to do to unlock these, or some shit, I don't know. Well, yeah, I thought they already said that uh, they had, like, a different currency or something that they were going to do, because they always have to have a currency. Oh, good! Yeah. Whether it's 50k beads or, you know, a Rimlala scribe shell or, you know, heavy metal plates. There, there's always, always a currency. Always. <laughs> Alexandre. Cat's eye. Uh, let's see. Is there, is there anything about a currency? Let's see. Um, quote, I wonder if the black relic, this is from the auction house thing that Funk watched the stream and uh, put this in here, quote, I wonder if the black relic weapon of the Voracious Resurgence will be a reward, end quote. It will be revealed in the Voracious Resurgence why it is the shape of Ragnarok and what color it has. Strength of those of these weapons will be the same as REM. Losing my weapons. That's me <laughs> reading this. Involves the birth of relics and the hydrocore. Not a relic remake slash upgrade, quote, prime weapons, end quote, is the term, it seems. So do they not put Aeonix on the same level as, uh, you know, like... Apparently not. Methods? That's weird. And neither do players because they're not using Chango over Nagling, so... <laughs> right. That's wild. Oh, that's a baseball. So... Yeah. <laughs> Safe I actually, I actually spend more time using my Aonix than any of my other Remus. <laughs> I agree. Like I'm I, use I use them more. Well, it depends the job. On yeah. on Pup, I split it between Mythic and Aonic. On Thief, I mostly use either Mythic or Empyrean. Sometimes I'd use Aonic. I haven't like it's not lining up perfectly for when I want to use it. But on like Blue Mage's Mythic, I mean, it depends on the job. I don't use Aonix in all of them. Black Mage is Aonic a lot too. Yeah, I don't know. I, it just it just blows my mind that people wouldn't consider that part of that scene. Yeah. That, that's well, this is also from Japanese auto translated via the translating app that. So 
I watched one of the most popular stream, which thankfully was not Asian. And the first thing I said when I, I don't remember this guy's name because I don't watch streams. First thing I said when I got in there is, oh, thank goodness this is not an Asian stream. So it was a very good time. This guy was fun. He was actually a personable and he, you know, seemed like a real human being, which is always good instead of the alternatives. And it was, uh, you know, we couldn't understand anything. So I told him to get his phone out and use Google Translate. And then that was early on in the stream. He's using like the Google Translate camera function app in the, in the app to like translate stuff on screen. And then Funkworks shared that he's using a uh, different add-on. It was like TVL or something like that. And we're both... So it, with the stream's already been ruined because this guy's like trying to hold his phone up to the screen and, and trying to like read. And he's like, oh, it changed. I didn't finish reading. You know, he's trying to read the stuff that the camera app is translating over the Google app. And then Funk says to use this. And then we're trying to set up this app midstream to, to start auto-translating the Japanese because it's over on YouTube. Of course, because that's where you should hold your your live streams, and it has all these Japanese people typing tons of stuff in the in the chat. And it's auto translating all this, so we're sitting there trying to like read the never ending spam of Japanese translations, and it's just <laughs> the, the stream has been taken over. Like he's like trying to put these new boxes in his window, dragging them across, and everything. And I'm like, wow, look what I've done to this stream. He's, this is just in chaos. I'm surprised that with this being like the big 20th event or whatever, that they couldn't even throw a nod to the English audience, you know, the NA audiences and stuff like that, EU, and just, you know, get some uh, some amount of translation. There was one all. pudgy white guy that came on. So the, like the five hours was all Japanese and there was one pudgy white guy. I don't know where he's from, what he does or, or who he is or what was going on. And he came on like maybe an hour in, maybe 45 minutes or an hour in. For for maybe like two minutes he was there, and it goes like the whole thing's in Japanese, and it has it. This one guy go, yeah, we're really excited for the voracious. Like like you've been listening to Japanese for this whole time, and it's suddenly like, what is that English? Like yeah, we're really excited for the voracious resurgence, and this we're you know this is a good anniversary, and we're happy to be here. And it's like, and then it was like over, and it's like, and that was it. And it was like that's is that see, the Tokish the token English guy? Is it we? Got no, on? no. What you didn't see was when they did artful cutting so that you could see security escorting him off the stage because <laughs> he wasn't actually part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah thanks dude so the next one actually you know fox we have an ad here to read oh do we yes we have an ad in fact this is brought to you today in fact by our sponsor are you tired of losing nm pops while holding your baby in one arm does it cause you anguish to not have full uptime on your most important job abilities is the feeling of helplessness you have from the pesky bard forgetting to rebuff your non-job ability songs because you ran into a pack of moms without a dt set on bringing your mental bringing you mental anguish well then sir or madam you need to invest in tables brand table egg timer our patent pending state-of-the-art three group egg timer not only tells you how many minutes you have left dealing with xx mastercard xx and his best in slot trademarked ability to parse 50 percent below the tank but it will also accomplish features such as reminding you when to watch out for your lua auto using all of your job abilities can't remember it's time to go defend Asura from the heinous supervillains, the heinous supervillains, super spike flowing Mirio? No problem. The table brand table egg timer has a maximum timer length of over 168 hours. That's a full week <laughs> of some of the best kept technology in the countdown industry. All of this can be yours for a few visa payments of 50 million gil or one pair of regal captain's gloves. Don't wait. Time is running out. Literally. Uh, thanks thanks table <laughs> we needed that the table brand egg timer is everyone's 
biggest need. Put it on your shopping list for your loved ones this holiday. <laughs> okay. Yes, Anir, we have fake sponsorships now. That's what we do. People submit ads to us, and I just randomly click them. And any, I have no like planning of when to do these. I'm just like, yeah, let's do it now. <laughs> I like it. Get your table brand egg timer today. Thank you, table. So the other prediction here, while we're still on predictions, I don't know where we're going or where we're going to be. But, so that was the ultimate weapons that are coming. We know nothing about. Don't stop what you're doing now, folks. Play the game because these weapons will not be out probably anytime soon. Maybe next year, maybe after. Who knows? So the next one was, will the anniversary live stream announce new live events, for example, Vanifest or concerts? 51% of people said yes, and I, along with 54, 50, 48, if I can say things, percent of people said no. And no, they did not announce any live events or concerts or anything of that nature. The majority of people who responded to this thought, wow. I mean, before COVID, wow. in the dark times, they were going to have that thing in Boston or whatever, the, the get-together. And even fraud was going to be there to summoner burn all the things. And they canceled that <laughs> because of COVID. And I guess maybe they were hoping they'd re-announce that is my best guess of why people said yes. Otherwise, they don't typically announce these sort of things. And they didn't announce that one in like any special venue or anniversary. They just kind of announced that there was going to be a thing in Boston or whatever. And right. then just that was it. But uh, I said no because I didn't think it was going to happen. And it did not. I, I mean, I actually I think I think a concert would probably be far more likely than like a Vonifest at this point. I agree. They had somewhat of a concert on the stream. They had the what's your name chick. I don't know any people's names. I'm sorry. Like I know, uh, I know Matsui. Uh, Kumi Tanioka. Maybe. I think. <laughs> I think she she was a major contributor to the Eleven uh, uh, soundtrack. Soda. So so that might be it. But she came out and they had her play the violin and you know so oh, that I don't know if I don't know if she plays the violin. I don't know. know. So the whole schedule that they put out in Japanese first was uh, first they're going to do a historical movie. Then, you know, an hour and 10 minutes later, they're going to do a historical movie. So like it was the the whole stream started off with like the history of like stuff you'd see on like a documentary kind of thing, like the making of the game. And uh, they showed like a clip of EverQuest. They built the game off EverQuest, as everyone knows. And they, they had like that and that for two hours scheduled out that was supposed to take up you know, almost half of the stream. And I don't think it really did because it feels like two hours plus was given to ground blue. So I, I mean, that was constantly like during the stream you'd be going on and on and on. It was like eight in the morning and it's supposed to end at like nine or whatever. And like eight fifteen, you thought they, you thought they were done with ground blue at eight, eight fifteen rolls around and they somehow get back into ground blue and it's, and everyone in the chat's like ground blue again. And like, they thought they were done with the segment three times Jeez. and they just kept coming back to they cut to like a new scene and be like oh so about grand blue and the cross of it was just kept going on and on so it was half of the thing was about grand blue and i still never played it don't know anything about it besides apparently everyone says it's a gotcha game yeah so, do you like gotcha games we like gotcha games you should like our gotcha game <laughs> i've only played one gotcha game and it did not have staying power that was fire emblem heroes mm-hmm. it's all you didn't right. want the uh you, you didn't want to collect waifus? Because that's what that's all about, man. Dude. Dude, we've been over <laughs> waifus before. Everyone knows. <laughs> I don't she collect waifus. <laughs> you don't it's have a waifu health. pillow? It's probably healthy. I do not. I. Well, what do you sleep with at night, then? That's, not, that's unacceptable. I mean, you need a waifu pillow. I sleep in my nice, comfortable bed. 
Yeah, but wouldn't your bed be accentuated by having, like, insert female character here from anime you like here? No, I would much rather have a flesh and blood female. (laughs) What if you could have both? (laughs) No. I'm going to break my rusty dick. Because you would have to explain one to the other. And And that's an awkward conversation. That's right. I would not want to expect uh, explain my girlfriend to my waifu pillow. That would be. I tell you what, if I had a waifu pillow that was watching while I was going to town and Rusty Cage from Soundgarden was playing just to compliment off that whole thing I just said, I think I could live with that. (laughs) I don't have much shame anyway, so. (laughs) I do throw my mashed potatoes away, though. So. And during the stream. I don't know this chick's name either, but it was the the hype lady. I don't know what purpose she served besides she like the announcer. Of course, she had to have some sort of opposite sex there to, to lead the event. Otherwise, it's nothing but a sausage party. And the whole time, I swear, I think I said the very st- thing when we started here. It was like, mm, mm. And it was just constantly everyone in chat, including me, because at this point I had gotten, I picked up, I, I was super tired. So I went and got some uh, dill triscuits and some hummus. And got like a, a handle of vodka, whatever I could find. Just something I'm just like, let me pour some of this in a shot glass. And every time I hear it, mmm, I'll take a sip. <laughs> and let me tell you, I got really fucking drunk because she was just adding to the soundtrack. Mmm, mmm. It'd be like, so we were thinking about mmm, mmm. And it was like, oh, it's just nonstop mmms. And it was just everywhere being posted and, and just the chat and both YouTube and the Twitch and just constant M's, not just from me and even in yells in, in, in the game just yells or just mmm and it was just so distracting. I've never heard someone so distracting with a noise. I've been to a couple of comedy clubs where, you know Oh, did you get someone the bad Woman laugh? in row three has just the worst laugh. Oh, God, fucking <laughs> hyena. Know? It's same, same sort of same sort of energy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at a comedy club, like, there's a pretty good chance you're going to get called out for that, so. <laughs> the last time I went to a comedy club, I believe I talked about it when I came back from Germany. We went to, a, in Berlin, we went down past um, the 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 Mauer Museum, the, the the wall museum there. They have, like, all the bars and the remnants of the Berlin Wall there, and they had a, a boat that's also a bar, but they do, like, um, like, people who aren't famous doing stand-up kind of thing. Yeah. And they had uh, just this bunch of different comics and stuff. And wouldn't you know it, uh, Carrot and I stood right in front of the stage unintentionally. We just happened to be, we like reserved to go to this thing. I'm like, oh, you want to go listen to people try and be funny in a boat? And she's like, whatever. I go, yeah, we're going to do it. I, do, I just wanted to hear you say something so I can say we're doing it. And we went and did that. And we sat right in the front row. And, and like the people around are just being like obnoxious because these are like nobodies in a comedy show. But then because we're in the front row, it kept being like... Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right, married guy? And it just kept like singling it on me being in the front row. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if That's I was ruining the fun. show or what. One guy was so bad in that show that I thought I was going to have to leave the show because he immediately finished his set and it was so bad and unfunny that he looked like he was ready to kill himself and jump off that boat. And I looked Oof. at Carrot and I go, I don't know, but I think I have to get up to go talk to that guy because he looks like he's ready to kill himself. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Oof. And then there was this one guy who was sitting there, and he just kept yelling out to the guy, the heckler, and he was like trying to be part of the show because he's like drunk and has no friends, and that's pretty much the equivalent of the the lady in row three with the laugh. Yeah. Right. 
So the other prediction here was, will the anniversary livestream announce new gameplay systems? 63% of people said yes. I what? said no. 36% of people, including myself, were correct. There were no new gameplay systems announced. Okay, so so what defines a gameplay system here? Because that's pretty something boring. like Odyssey. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, yeah, like if we were talking about something like Odyssey, like they've you know they've added stuff like that before. I could see them doing that again, but sounds like they didn't have anything ready to go for the twentieth. Nope, they did not. So what happened? I thought they is, were revamping Tartarus. I thought they were they announced that they didn't announce any gameplay system. There was no event or anything related. There was no Divergence remake. You know, like, like there was nothing concrete. It was, they said that they are going to be in July. Let me pull the exact date. July slash June, sometime in the summer. They're going to be releasing the Imperium Plus 2 slash 3, which obviously will require, I mean, may not obviously, I don't know what they're fucking doing. Well, I think obviously require a new gameplay system in order to upgrade this stuff. But they did not announce a system. Like they didn't be like, "Here's Odyssey, a new system," or "Here's Omen, where everyone's going to queue when all the free campaigns happen and no one can get in for three hours because everyone wants cards on their mule." And you know, they didn't announce that. That the plus two would be like soloable, and that it was going to be based out of Razkanar. Yep, it says confirmed that Imperium plus two slash three mats will appear in the Voracious Resurgence. Seems that the new battle content and Imperium upgrades scheduled for the July, taking place in Rakhaznar plus two. Uh, plus two is yeah. soluble. Fresh ninety nine can contribute. Plus three requires more work. But so that sounds like they're releasing new. They said where it will what? take place. They did not say that it will take place. You know, in like this, like they didn't announce a new event. It's, it was the gameplay system is a new event being made. So they didn't they didn't make a new event. They didn't announce a new event. Well, I imagine it's going to be gonna in rock your, Imagine you're not going to haul your happy ass out there and like start fighting Apex Dragar for you know elite drops. Well, no, obviously not. I think what's going to happen is, you know where they released the solo fights for unlocking your Imperium yeah. plus one down there? I think and it's yeah, also the last fight. fight. I think they're going to have it take place down there. If not, they might add something. Maybe Lafalia would be cool. And it takes you to like Rock Hosnar from Lafalia. That'd be interesting. That'd be a use for the zone. I think a good use, frankly. I think that zone needs to have a use like that because it's really cool and underused. But otherwise, I think it's going to take place like there at that door kind of thing. That makes sense. It does, but yeah, this this would be the equivalent of saying that there's going to be AF plus two and three in Rise and Jima. So that that that's the equivalent. There's no there's no omen announced. It's just there. It's going to be in this area because that means eventually the resurgence will finish off somewhere in Adeline, I guess, or it go. Th- it's going to definitely go through Adeline. If it's so not, how do already. you feel about Sinister Rain? Whoa, oh, we have no. the new content for you. Oh no, Nero, did you do Sinister Rain? <laughs> we lost a Nero. Oh, his mic's muted. You got something going on? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe a thunderstorm's coming. Thunder. Thunder. I was asking a question in the middle of the night. Thunder. And I knew a Nero's muke mic was muted all right. Thunder. Sound of my question. <laughs> Beating in my heart. Okay. The Nero was gone. It tore me apart. Well, I imagine that they're just going to use some framework of something that already exists and then alter it in some way because it seems to be what they can do with the dev kits, or at least that's what they've demonstrated they can do with the dev kits. So, I mean, obviously, all I can do is speculate because that's been announced. Oh, he said bathroom. <laughs> I didn't read. Oh, I mean, okay. Yeah, so 
I don't know what the dev kits can do. I don't know if anyone does. And there's been speculation like the dev kits are going to break and the game will end. You know, that kind of doom and gloom scenario. So, yeah, no one knows how to operate these dev kits. I mean, if people don't want to operate the, the fucking nuclear program for the United States, I'm sure that someone can operate these dev kits, even though no someone one knows how to use them. That. Yeah. If you can use those yeah. giant record sized floppy disks to launch a nuke or maintain the system of something that's very vulnerable and should be updated, then, uh, you know, that that would be something I imagine could be done by one guy who cares. I would be really curious to, like, take a look at their code and, you know, actually see what it looks like. And I don't see think what, they like, want the to see what it looks like, like. See what, like, the state of commenting, if it even exists in there, or if there's, like, some sort of um, diagram that, like, shows the standard of, of how they should be coding everything. Like, if they've got, like, UMLs and stuff. Like, I, I don't know, like... I just would really like to look at it because it seems like it's the crux of every excuse as to why, and I'm not using excuse negatively here, but it's the crux of every excuse as to why they can't like interact with it. And it seems like the people who are working on it are game devs. And you would assume that game devs would understand how to interact with the game code in some way, you know, because obviously they're making changes to the game and updates and stuff. So I, I just don't, I just don't really know where that breakdown is because there's just not a lot of information surrounding exactly what this dev kit is. At least not that I have ever heard. I don't. And I, I there, there's like I like a comprehensive level in general of of understand. Like they're not going to release these trade secrets of this old dusty tech of uh, right. dev kits and be like, "Hey guys, these are our limitations. Look forward to it. Look forward to our limitations." That's what they always say. Like, we look forward do. to it. We already do that, right? Yes. But uh, I, I yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm not ever going to be able to see them, but it it just would be nice because I I just want to see what's like such a big deal so that i can actually quantify it in some way because i think that's where the frustration of a lot of the uh the fan base actually lies is the concept of it not understanding anything sounds like it should be something that a, that a expert or a professional in the field should be able to do which is what you assume that se would hire to fill the roles for this but because they can't do it that i think that's where that disconnect lies with it with the people who are dissatisfied with where final fantasy 11 is going is because they don't understand like the amount of work that could go into it or anything like that. So all they know is that they have these these dev kits. They have something called PS2 limitations, and that's a, a vague concept that, that they really aren't going to understand. And they have professionals working on it, but for whatever reason, the professionals don't know how to you know interact with their interface and everything. I, it just there's there's something in there that just doesn't make sense that I I would like information for because you know I'm not like the strongest programmer in the world, but I know enough to to at least be able to like look through the program and like, you know, trace kind of what's going on. And it'd just be nice to see, because I, I think a lot of people have these expectations. These people are, are proficient with everything they're working with because they're I in the field. So. Well, I, right. But I'm not saying you're among the, that list of people. Like there's, there's a lot of people who are like in that percentage thinking that they're going to get new content and that, it's going to be easy to just throw, you know, not easy. I'm putting words in their mouth that they're just going to be able to throw another job into the game because, you know, it can just be developed. And we already have it in the trust. They can just do it. Sort of like, I mean, it's 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 kind of smoke and mirrors at the end of the day. Like everything Monbro does isn't him being a chemist. It's him being a dancer. Ah, uh -huh. mm. so. Like, think about it that way. It's, it's damn so it doesn't require TP or maybe has like a different kind of cooldown for his abilities. I didn't know but... that you left De Niro, so I started singing uh, Thunderstruck. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry about that. 
That's all but right. yeah, it, it, it'll boil down to a job ability though, just to, to wrap it up. Like it, it'll boil down to like some sort of job ability because that's what chemist is. And chemist will basically be, would basically be a dancer that doesn't TP. Right. With but rene- that's their expectation is that Resist because Monbro, will finally get it. There you go. Sure. But because Monbro already exists, it's like, yeah, let's just copy that template over. But it's, it's a whole different process of actually like building the class. Well, yeah, itself. I said before, it's not going to be a copy paste, but I mean, that's yeah. what people end up expecting. Exactly. And it's it's curbing those expectations about what these professionals are doing in the field. Like that's that's the thing is that they, they, they know they're looking at professionals doing a thing, but producing a product that is lower than their expectation of what a professional would be able to provide. And I think that's where the dissatisfaction comes from. Speaking of curbing expectations and perhaps curbing enthusiasm, last question here. So could you not? Could you not? <laughs> so the last question here: Will the anniversary live stream announce new areas? Seventy-four percent of people said yes. I said no. Twenty-five percent of people said no. I guess somehow there's a missing percentage, but <laughs> I said no. I was correct. <laughs> yeah, there's no shot. There's yeah. no shot on that one. You know, there was never any shot. It's on really that bad I mean, when people are psyched up enough that seventy-four percent of people said yes. Like, like last legit new zone was, uh, what was that? Ryzen Jima or something yeah. connected with that kind of content, you know, like everything else has been a recycle, like, you know, uh, divergence or, uh, uh yeah, reusing exa- uh, uh, walk of echoes for Odyssey. Exactly. Yeah. Which is good yeah. to reuse these things. They've been around in the game. Smart. They haven't reused, uh, you know, what would be good to use again is the area you fight Providence watcher. And that area is cool. It's a pain in the ass to get to, cause you get to recall Pashao and go to the crystal and talk to a question mark, get some key True. items, then say, take me there. And then there's a bunch of things you're like, you're like, it's a pain in the ass to get there. But if they reuse that area, that'd be frankly cool. Cause that's a cool area. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know. I, it's just, it's kind of, again, I think at this stage in the game, you know, you had just mentioned that, you know, the, this dev team is, is working on PS2 dev kits that they're buying off of eBay. Like, can you get them on eBay? Um, that's the story that I heard was that literally they were buying them off of eBay. Hey, um, which is insane to me that it's like oh really i can go if i find a ps2 dev kit that means that i'm probably bidding square enix up which means that i'm gonna pump that thing to like you know a couple of thousand dollars make them pay um but like no i you know it's just it's it's weird it's weird to have that kind of expectation like i a part of me gets it right like like you were saying they're professionals it's their game. It's their data, right? Like they should know how to use it. But like you're talking about developers who have probably never worked with a development system that is that old. You know what I mean? Like, or that persnickety. I, you know, like what's like, I'm sure that the PS2 dev kit is not like working in Unreal 5. Okay. And and it looks like just to buy a PS2, it's eighty dollars for like an original PS2 kind of thing. Really, you can. I mean, also sell my original PS2 for eighty dollars. There's there's even ones on here that says a bunch of ones I'm seeing here that says PS2 drive disc drive bad eighty dollars plus twenty five dollars shipping. Dude, that's crazy. That is crazy considering that's crazy. Yeah, like I think I would pay twenty dollars max for a PS2 right now. 
Like, who would want that? It's kind of, I typed in dev kit. It's probably not even that hard to fix. I'm not even. <laughs> oh, the disk drive is usually a matter of the laser sucking. It needs to be cleaned with isopropyl alcohol. Yeah. Crappy laser on that fucking Toshiba drive, whatever they used. Or there's dust or like some sort of thing contaminating the the moving uh, the, the gears and the, the joints. That was the other thing that went bad, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I could I could use a quick eighty buck. <laughs> eighty bucks, there. little man. Put that shit Put that in shit my hand. In my hand. <laughs> So on top of the whole, um, you know, let's have a remake of the game, which I'm glad finally, after the game was firmly canceled after firmly not existing and being vaporware, that finally, after it was finally announced, finally, I'm saying enough finalies here, of course, finally, fucking finally, r slash f of xi took away the question mark release date of the remake mobile version of Final Fantasy when they finally announced... <laughs> In the anniversary that it is canceled and gone, that was finally enough proof for them. The one mod there to finally remove that from the timeline and the sidebar that it is no longer coming. It was finally announced dead, everyone. We 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 did it, guys. We got them. Is this where I feel a sense of personal victory? I didn't think the mobile game was going to be good for this game. I but so either. in terms of the remake, they surveyed in the anniversary beforehand Japanese players for this game. And I don't know how many people they got or whatnot, the sample size here, but they said that in a survey of Japanese Final Fantasy XI players, the average age is 42 years old and 62... Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. And 62%... Yeah. That's the average? Oh my God. 62% are men and 37% are women, and that leaves another that's 1% on, for whatever. That's on, that sounds about right. Yeah, I got lucky, man. 37% actually sounds high. For a game like this, yeah. 42-year-old yeah. women, looking for you. <laughs> Cougars. I'll Cougars buy you a piece of gear from a Merc if you just come over here, little boy. Rawr. Chris Hansen, is that you? <laughs> I'm going to have to have you have a seat over here. So what's uh, in the bag, Spicy? So during the... <laughs> I'll tell you what's in the bag. It's a bag of... Rusty Dicks. GameCube and Natty Ice. Natty Ice. So during the stream, too, they had uh, the performance and the, the violin and the game music and everything. So part of the reason I watched this is because I had originally many, many moons ago, when I was a less gray and younger man, one full of vim and vigor, as I am still full of, of course, watching the announcement of the level cap going up and Abyssia coming out on like it was an anniversary kind of thing. They had like a live stream yeah. and it was a big... I remember watching that. I was in... When they announced the level cap was going up, for whatever reason, I don't remember why I was there, I was in... Uh, not Fayen. What's the area that you go to to get your... It's right off of Busadine Glacier. Why am I not remembering this? Off Busadine Glacier there. Fayen. Is it Fayen? Soja. So no, not Soja. I know what Soja that is. is so, so, yeah, it's Fayen. I was in Fayen for whatever reason. Yeah, Soja's the towers. I know that one. I was in Fayen for whatever reason, and they announced it. And I was sitting there and I was just like playing the game and like when they announced it, like sort of type in the show, level caps going up. And it was this <laughs> like this great thing. And like at the same time, for whatever reason, I was talking to Deadwing, old, old player who's not around anymore, who was somewhat known. And he was like, man, I hate the level caps going up. I'm quitting this game. You know, like that kind of nonsense. And it was just the, you know, the excitement of like playing the game, being somewhere like, where were you when Kennedy was shot? You know, I was in Fayin when Kennedy was shot. 
you know, these kinds. Of, it was it was one of those kinds of moments. So I wanted to watch this because you don't get a 20th anniversary again, even if it's super lame, even if you're going to be up till nine in the morning and blow your whole weekend and ruin your life. You've already played this game for a million years. You've already ruined your life. So, I mean, you know, you like to have an anniversary once at this point. And I remember the other one when they announced Adeline, it was like, oh my God, Adeline, they're making an expansion. Like when, so when Adeline came out, no one knew and everyone thought that there was no shot an expansion was coming. The game's yeah. quote dead. It's over. Just enjoy it while you got it. And that's it. And, you know, everyone with their, their rabid, same as this anniversary, they should make an expansion because fuck you, Square Enix, give me what I want. And all, all that, but that players do as they did for this as well. Uh, you know, that no one thought that was coming, and it came. So I mean, that, it, it was it was literally shocking. Yeah, like, it was that, and, and, jobs, and that they were going to do it. They were going to do it with PS2 support, like limited Japanese only PS2 support. But like that's still something. The, you know, like that that was bananas. Like. You know, we've been hearing f- about PS2 limitations for how long, and you're going to create a whole new continent? Are you shitting me? And this, it was it a really was good expansion, and the story was really good. Yeah. And the quests were good, uh, too. The, the quest lines were good. They had actual, like, uh, I don't know how many other expansions really had a quest line multiple times over that were this expanded, where the, the Baroka earring or the earrings for the pet jobs, they had actual quest lines where you're doing like seven different quests and like a whole mini storyline like it was an add-on inside of an expansion pack to a level they'd never even done before where it was yeah yeah this big thing and like you get like a whole like these characters and cutscenes and missions like a whole story they wrote out and it was like it's like wow this is actually really good stuff i mean it was definitely impressive on a lot of levels um i just uh, i'm i remember when i went through the Adeline storyline it just would not fucking end really like oh <laughs> my god I, like, I was in the same boat <laughs> like like by the maybe I'm it, simple it was, I, I think it was by the second or third time you you go and spoilers by the way for anyone who cares but like the second or third time you go and you talk to like it's like the dragon on the mountain and I was just like, dude, this that is was taking, the end. Yeah, that was taking fucking forever. <laughs> and then, I remember and then it's tired of hiking my ass over there, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then and then it's sort of like it, it like paid off with like the last, you know, because like you go down into that cool like um, rock geometric cosmo. area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like that. I thought that was a really cool payoff for the whole thing. But like, yeah, just trying to get there was like it it test it tested my patience um i think the only other one that that did that was um uh, um wings because just wings oh, yeah. would not yeah. wings you're right there. would not fucking end <laughs> wings had so many like uh so the problem with wings is something that's going to be tackled in voracious resurgence as well because wings was an expansion pack that in my opinion my uneducated guessing opinion they didn't have enough resources behind to actually launch sufficiently so they made an expansion pack with very little content there's like campaign a few they like added areas and updates later and they made like they took like 2 3 years to do the whole mission line yes and now yep. it's already been almost 2 years of doing voracious resurgence and they announced in the the live stream here they're only halfway done with voracious resurgence and the missions for that. They released one mission last update, which enraged players as well, 
which I don't think is reasonable. But after the whole stream and everything, the, the May update for the, the 20th anniversary, you only get 120th. This is bullshit, guys. With the 20th, how could they? They released like one fight against, I guess it was against Matt or something people were saying. I didn't do it. I don't know about it. But they released something with Matt in the Voracious Resurgence. And they had like one quest line, like one mission, like a single one. There wasn't like anything else to do. And everyone's like, you know, freaking out because they're releasing like one mission every update once a month or some nonsense. But like, uh, so I remember, uh, you know, like the the majority of like when Limit Break Radio was an active uh, podcast for FF11 was like the tail end of Ot Ergon and wings. through most of Wings. And then I think we fell off after, what was that? It must have been after the... Um, Oh, what do you call it? Um, the the add-on scenarios. Oh, the, this year. Yeah. Uh, no, the like Wrestling prophecy and yeah, Moogle Coupo d'état and that one because well, when we we did last at least through Abyssia, um, because we were we were still doing like Abyssia content actively. Anyway, uh, you know, so. What the how they did wings content was actually pretty similar to the way that they did odd ergon content, where it was like you got missions, you got maybe an event, but like the odd ergon content was way more cohesive, I guess, is a is a good way yes, to put it. The content was um, cohesive. Where where you know you had assault points that like fed into being able to do salvage and you know like it seemed like most of the major systems from odd ergon were somewhat connected to one another right and you didn't get that with wings like wings disjointed you kept just getting story and it was kind of cool because you know it was you know you were in the past but it was like it would be like two updates and then they would add you know, uh, the the sandworm uh, NM or, you know, it, and it would be like another update. And then you would get uh, trying to think like what else they added, the like what content they added with wings. Like it, it just seemed like it was mostly story and like more ranks of campaign. And it was just like it it what it where. Ottergon was extremely cohesive. Wings was not in the content department. And I think that was its big failure. I think Wings was was really disjointed. And it really... Because when it first came out, I was saying there was no content for it. It was basically... So it was the same time 14 was coming out. And everyone's like, I'm quitting this game for 14. Wings is so horrible. 14's about to launch. Wings is terrible. And when they released it, it was super cool to go run in the past with no movement speed, no chocobos allowed. And just running through zones like your level 10 again for an hour to get to the other area of the game, like you're running through Bastok and everything again to across the world. That, that's great, guys, with mobs that can aggro you. And they just had campaign. And campaign was really fun, but it was just campaign and there was no rewards yet or anything else like that. And there was no bigger fights and no reason to care. Sure. And none of the, the NMs weren't even made yet. There was nothing. So everyone's like, there's campaign, nothing in this expansion. Campaign did at that time solve a problem which was there was nothing to do to get even halfway decent xp outside of a party like you had to get 
five other people go to you know wherever crawler's nest or fucking babiki bay or wherever with uh, level sync yeah exactly like whatever it was i i think actually this was pre the uh wings was pre-level sync i think level sync didn't come out until god that wasn't that at least abyssia that it came out in uh level sync was released in uh, september 8th 2008 abyssia was released 2010 and like the add-on expansions okay. like koopa were released 2009 Okay, so it it directly preceded like Moogle, Kubo, Data, and all of that. Correct. Shit. Yes. So okay, so that would have been like and Wings was 07. So yes, uh, it was like that. A year that would have been Wings. like the tail end of of Wings then. I don't know. If like, Wings ended what, in 08. I feel like it was like 09 because it took forever. But it was middle Wings. Like people were doing Colibri, Ladybug parties in East Ronfer in the mid forty range. Because I don't think we weren't get we weren't still getting wings up uh, wings updates uh, when we got uh, like Moogle Koopa data and shit were we? I don't think we were. Let's see. Um, wings was November twenty second two thousand seven, and artifact armor was released March tenth two thousand eight. When were the missions finished though? The missions were finished. Because I want to say I want to say most of wings was out by the time. I went to the second, um, the second, uh, um, it's not Vanafest, uh, FanFest, because I went, I went to two FanFests, one for Wings, where they previewed Dancer and Scholar, and that was, that was a big deal, getting, like, first hands-on with Dancer and Scholar, and then, like, I was so excited for the next FanFest, because it was like, what are we going to get hands-on with, what's the next thing? And it ended up being these fucking add-on scenarios. And we got to, like, we, we got hands-on with fuck all of nothing. Oh, my. Wings of the Goddess it, was finished summer 2010. No fucking way. Yep. Oh, my God. I thought it wow, was just that BG was behind out. and that it said the page was created um, December 2010. And it, I saw, I just typed in when the Wings of the Goddess conclude. And I first thing I got is an article from August 20th, 2010, that the Wings of the Goddess conclusion is coming and it's going to be a banger or whatever, you know, like that kind of, oh I'm like, oh man. So it took three, over three years, three and a half years to finish Wings. And that's why Good it's disjointed Lord. too, because the level cap also was going up at this time frame. So it was completely impossible yeah. to tie together. Yeah, that, that actually, wow, that's a really good point. I never even... I never even really considered that because that would fuck up the entire structure so for like Abyssia fights. and Wings was at the same time. That's insane. That's actually so insane. long ago to remember. Oh my god, that's that's crazy. Um, but hey, Chemist is coming. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't believe that. No, but I mean, like it's it's it, it, it like Final Fantasy Eleven is uh structurally so weird and before campaign it was literally you had to you had to be in a party or you had to be a beast master or you weren't getting xp you know what i mean like you were you could have you could wait around for uh what was the ottergon version of campaign besieged besieged yeah besieged. Nah, that's still lame honestly it used to be really cool but, but like, just waiting but, for it takes days absolutely but and and now besieged are over in like two seconds like i the last time i tried to do a besieged it was 
over before I was able to exit out of the country. They tied it to these silver vouchers. You get to do not only one, but two a month, which is frankly hard when you miss them because you don't watch them constantly. Yeah, exactly. They didn't, like, people just go there and run to the main entrance and just AoE kill everything. So it's over in minutes. And they just, they need to update it so that. Just just adjust the HP, if nothing else. Correct. And well, I mean, you can adjust the HP of all the NPCs too and everything. So yeah, that would work. But just. Just change how it works so, like, you see when it's going to be coming. So, like, like the way it works now is this convoluted old system of the mobs build up over time to a certain point, yeah. and they'll do, like, a yeah. week uh, um, besiege and stuff like that, and they'll build up to level 8. And if you, yeah. like, uh, go through and kill one of the um, the little nest things that drops the archaic mirrors, that'll, like, lower their force by 1. But if you die in the area, they'll increase their force by 1. And they just build up over time. And like, listen, like, they just change it to like a percentage system where you see, oh, it's only 98%. And you like, there's a, a constant rate of how fast it builds up. I think that alone just, would solve it. Or just it. make it so that they're always, you know, attacking at max. Like, you know, why that would not? Be good too. It, it, most, mo- that, that content is still tuned for 75. So it's not like, you know, even if it was coming at level eight all the time, it would be, you know, It'll 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 last seven minutes instead of four. Um, but anyway, my, my point is, is that even when Besieged was added to FF11, it was like revolutionary because you you had you had at least an option for, you know, instead of sitting around in Juno with your fucking flag up. Um, that's what made campaign sort of revolutionary where it was besieged, but it was happening all the time. And you could get some pretty decent XP out of and it. And the fights were exciting because it was a real yes. prolonged And they were struggle. dynamic. Yeah, they, yes. were, they were great. And it wasn't the same yeah. mobs. Absolutely. And they it were wasn't the same mobs. Sometimes sometimes they came with different strength. Sometimes they came with different NMs. Behemoth pops and, in suddenly. Oh, shit. Yeah, like there were some NMs that were literally like when they came in, everyone was dead. Like they would just annihilate everyone. And they kind of gained a reputation like no you you run when you see them you get the fuck out of there and it was cool like that i i enjoyed campaign for what it was at the time that it got added now you know why would you ever do campaign now for the silver voucher uh, campaign was some of the funnest content most fun content i've ever experienced i really loved Straight it because up. you would hang out with friends you would have yeah. people sitting there with their flag up campaign party. Like you'd make an alliance of people. You'd sit yeah. there and talk while they're advancing and waiting. It was like this fun social. Uh, okay, the NM's over here. Everyone let's team up on the NM. Like it was like eleven at its finest in terms of social organization of people enjoying content. Totally. That's really like like they had unions and stuff. We joined a fucking union. It's not a fucking union. <laughs> you know, you had unions and stuff where, you know, people would hope they get some ancient currency because it was worth something. But people just did it anyway because it was fun for XP or it was just like something to do in the game. Right. And it was just like really fun. So I miss campaign being a thing, but that was the only time that that full swing was ever deadly. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, is that it was pretty clear that the developers were responding to specific problems that were popping up with the game. Because it was like, I think like seven years into its run at that point. And it was like, you yeah. know, they 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 were doing pretty good. Outside of the Ranger nerf, they were doing pretty good. <laughs> they hadn't pissed off too many people 
with with the there was the Dark Knight Kraken Club nerf at that point too, and the Scholar no, Modius God. Veritas, which we still have to this day nerf. You, you yeah, you don't you don't need to tell me. I remember that nerf very vividly. Um, but anyway, oh, you're a Dark Knight. Uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and so you know, like when when level sync finally got added, it was like, oh shit, this is like a real game changer. Um, you know, suddenly you could bring someone like suddenly I was able to like actually play meaningfully with my girlfriend and uh, it still didn't help her to like the game or appreciate it in any way, shape or form, but I was still able to do it. And, and the, the, you know, like just even something as simple as like finding new ways to just inject methods of XP, like where people, people kind of like, take for granted how much things shit out xp these days <laughs> and i mean granted like you can't you can't quite be as stingy with it and and maintain an mmo environment um but it was it was a big de- it was a really big deal back when it was added to the game and yeah i i i do kind of miss those those early days of uh of campaign hey fox were you a big campaign guy or no yeah, yeah, I was almost always in campaign if I wasn't doing H and M things. Paladin? Uh, no, I was usually out there on Red Mage, and I was out there on White Mage a lot. Red Mage was Red Mage and White Mage were the two big jobs outside of Paladin because when moms were being, they were just killing all the DDs. You need like a Paladin to step in. You always need someone to heal them. So Paladin and Red Mage and White Mage were like the, always the big jobs that people didn't want to come because they're like, I'm getting XP on Beastmaster right now. Yeah. And then Ninja was another one I was usually out there on too. Ninja would always be good because there's that one NM something something death hand or something that pops out of the ancient war machine and like Jugner or a couple of the other ones where he just has a, like a max delay, but he hits you for like max damage or some nonsense. Like super high attack he has. He was just like one shot players. Unless you blinked, he'd cast Poisonga, then hit you. Yeah. Yep. You needed a ninja to blink it and cast at the right time. Or the guy that jumps a lot. I always think, like, uh, my girlfriend at the time and I would always do campaign. We'd, like, to spend the whole weekend together just, like, hanging out, talking, doing campaign, and it was nice. And uh, the Dragoon one that jump out and do nothing but jumps, we call him Mr. Jumpy Pants. And that was good That was good for a ninja when Mr. Jumpy Pants shows up. I always kind of wondered what SE thinks of campaign, because I'm surprised with something that, that we think so fondly on, and I think most people Carrot think hates it. fondly on it. Well, most people. Like, Carrot's not most people. But... <laughs> Or sometimes, arguably, people. But um, the uh, she's a Taru after all. So Tarus aren't people. Uh, They're only like you know three fifths a person. So I, I always kind of wonder what SE thinks of it because they haven't tried to you know mirror that content since. And like they when you guys were, when you guys were describing like the Wings of the Goddess storyline and you know how it took so long and, and how it was really disjointed. If you really think about it. The original story plus Zillard follows almost the exact same structure as uh, Wings mm. in terms of like the two stories are being told, but you need one to get to the other. And it's just kind of really drawn out. There's a lot of like awkward. Oh, travel like Apocalypse stuff. 9 everything with ZM tying into COP. And, and, I, and I mean, you can go further than that, too. I was just actually talking about like the initials and scenarios being very similar. Like they obviously liked that enough to try it again when it came to Wings of the Goddess, or maybe they just didn't have enough fresh ideas. I don't know. But it seems like they never really went back to campaign unless you can think of like campaign being or Abyssia being the natural camp uh, extension of campaign. Where they just dropped it for Abyssia at that point. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, 
because level cap I, I goes just, up. Campaign was out from seventy five onwards. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it was. I mean, I think it was a good concept, and you know, in a lot of ways, they they kind of improved on it with Abyssia. Um, you know, instead of having to sit around and and wait for the mobs to come to you and defend a point, uh, you know, you've got these sort of side zones that you know, like, what's the story there? Who really gives a shit? Like, <laughs> yeah, okay, we're gonna we're gonna give you some story, but you're there to like you know, get XP and get items. Like that was sort of the difference. And you're going to fight this shit. Yeah, exactly. Like (laughs) the fact that, and and I remember at the time what, what sort of the read on it was where it was like, Oh, you can go in there and get mad XP. And people were like, Oh, cool. So we're going to just take our alliances in there. And there was just crazy XP alliances. And then, they're like, what are th- what are these lights all about? Like, maybe we should figure out what the fuck these lights do. When people first and... entered Abyssia, they were killing mobs for the basic crewer so they could buy like the pearl stuff, and because uh, yep. it was so much better oh, than yeah. everything else, and try to sell it for millions and millions of gill. Yep. With oh, one yeah. for uh, one stone and run out of time because no one didn't get time extensions yet. Exactly. Exactly. And it, I mean, it it legitimately took some time. For people to sort of like figure out like, oh, I've got to take these items to this question mark. And, you know, like I that was kind of a cool period to watch the wiki grow um, and and evolve. And like there was a lot of I remember at the time there was like a lot of community collaboration. Yeah, like a lot of people were taking the most it's know, like ZM uh, and our uh, ZNMs. Yeah, yeah. ZNMs was another one where people were like, because people don't do it Wings of the Goddess. There's no collaboration besides campaign. True. Well, uh, there. Well, community wise, like the wiki, you're talking about the evolution of the wiki. You're correct. Because like ZNM is like, here's the NM. You have to walk through here. You got to go like define the skeleton, trade the golden teeth. You got to go get a a fucking key to open the gate through uh, Arapago Reef and get here to the spot in the map. Does this. Yeah, there were there was like a ton of like weird spawn conditions and like specific places you had to go yeah exactly and like like there was since znms there wasn't another system that was that complex right like wings just didn't have anything like that like it had something very very limitedly that that could have been big and it was a great concept but they dropped as fast as it came outside of the uh the stronghold nms were pretty cool actually yeah, those were okay. Are, are you talking about the the like uh, the the, BCNMs that you had yeah, to do at high the, rank? The, the dropped those augmented, were so fucking cool. Augmented items, and I wanted yeah. them to be so much more than they were. They they replaced them immediately. It was like the last yeah. bit of Wings of the Goddess uh, content they released. It was um like VNNMs or something. It was like some weird um XNNMs they called them. Yeah, it was something weird yeah. like that. And it was uh, I know, just all I know exactly items that were like really good about. dropped, and it was like even like important crafting items that were worth money and stuff. And you would have to fight yeah. like a um, kind of like remember successor to the city, the pixie items you would trade for ridiculous augments potentially, and just spam the fight. Yep. You never get anything good. It was like version two of that for more augmented items, but people wanted to like we had to fight like one main NM and like a bunch of ads. So you fight like a golden ladybug and have like a bunch of ladybugs or like the wolf. And then like a bunch yep. of different wolves and it dropped like important items. It was kind of like taking the concept of uh, Inherdiar or something where you have like the NM and all like the little fodder around them and putting it into like an instance into some random area. 
So it was yeah. like taking that and making that. And it was like, it was so brief. And it was like for like, like just special link shells and groups. And like, it just kind of went as quickly as it came because they were making Abyssia and stuff at the time overlapping with the uh, wings. Well, and they were also making Void Watch around the same time too, which was, a you know, like another system that wasn't quite as complex, but like just kept going. Like they just would add more shit to it and random updates. And you're like, wow, that that's still a fucking thing. Oh my God. Um, well, what's good too is that was the start of pug culture and the ending of traditional link shells as we know it. Um, true, was Abyssia and Void Watch, and from beyond there, that was like the end of traditional needing link shells, no more H and M's, casual yeah. grouping of content, and that like Adeline capped that off. And ever since then, it's becoming even more and more casual. Now, six man events. I think the spawn conditions around H and M's changing was was another big thing that facilitated. They were that kind of too, on the way out at that point when they changed them from a big spawn to a trading a key item from login point. Well, they were login points later, but just doing the K and M K S and M to get the actual item. Right, right, yeah. They were on the way out by then. Like no one was using Riddle by then, really. I mean, it was just it was sort of a switch up of the culture, and and it sort of reflected the way that people were just approaching how much time they were spending with video games at that point. Like it felt like monumental. Were, oh yeah. Like there were, there were definitely like a lot of people who were like, okay, I just fucked up college because of this game. I really need <laughs> to readjust my priorities. You know what I mean? Like that was a thing for like a while. I remember that. And that was all the people. So the people to this day that get on and talk a bunch of shit about how they're so da 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 and everyone else sucks and, you know, I was the first person to do this and that. It's those same people that, that didn't, you know, graduate high school or dropped out of college or didn't, you know, didn't do really well. They're like, that spent all their time in this game that somehow still hang out in this game. They go, man, I'm the coolest. Look at this game. And it's that kind of like attitude that thankfully has has been destroyed by removing that sort of hardcore grindy i'm waking up at four in the morning to claim the window of this h&m your shit i'm cool kind of kind of stuff that's been kind of thrown out the window as you said people were changing how they played uh the game at the time or just games in general they were switching over to more of a a more user-friendly approach because 11 came out as a non-user-friendly game off of everquest and everything and it's you know even it's good that they actually gave the whole kind of backstory and history and some development secrets and everything in this anniversary but this game has had to survive for 20 years now going on more than 20 years and do a whole paradigm shift multiple times over because i could tell you during the live stream and on the forums and everything as well people were complaining that this game has evolved now into this casual thing where you get on as a six-man group and do odyssey you don't need 18-man parties for anything anymore and there was a lot of vocal people just even the guy who was leading the stream that I was in, him as well. And they were all just uh, the posts on Reddit and so on. I'm upset because six-man content has killed my link shell, which sounds ridiculous. And they don't have 18-man content anymore. I wanted them to announce new 18-man content in this anniversary. And I'm very upset. Was basically putting the whole thing in a nutshell from this anniversary. And, and just the game has shifted over these years from... Uh, waking up at four in the morning to claim during wind weather for the Sirocco Kukri and um, uh, the fucking Valley of Sorrows next to the Valley of Sorrows, uh, Cape Terrigan next to Ca- in Cape Terrigan, getting your Sirocco Kukri during wind weather at like seven in the morning or waking up for yeah. Fafnir. Like the games evolved from that ridiculous "you have no life, we own you" nonsense to now you can get on it to work and do six man content and people are like, 
I guess because the average Japanese age is 42, I would assume the average American age is like 30, 35 plus. They go, man, you know, I want this 18-man content back. Kind of like when H&M's went away and everyone goes, man, I wish H&M's would come back. No, you don't. Why? I don't. No, no there's even, uh, you know, the infamous Grendeval or whatever the fuck his name is on BG still to this day. Oh, I wish that the H&M's would come back. That was the best content. And like fucking Nathan and all these other, these old fat farts that are gone that are just, you know, living these ridiculous uh, breakfast club glory days of, man, H&M's were the coolest. I felt like somebody with that adrenaline right. rush. If you want to fight something difficult, then that's actually what Odyssey is bringing us. It's yes, it's great. Like is the H&M equivalent to, in terms of difficulty from your average play to players that actually need to specialize in something and be good at their jobs. It's like a fucking um, Apple product. So H&M's Apple, on demand. Yeah, basically. But you I, don't I, you don't want the camp back or any of that shit. Like, that's just rose-colored glasses. Yeah, like, that's... Yeah, dude. Uh, okay, come, come... Get back to me. The first time you gotta wake up at 5.30 in the morning <sighs> to go fucking claim Fafnir and then some douchebag with a claim bot comes in and just boom nails it bucks yeah dude like yeah fuck your sleep i guess you're gonna go to work tired asshole like imagine if you made enough money you just pay two thousand dollars and you don't you could go fucking sleep and you don't have to worry about it because you have more disposable income than the people you're competing against and you ruin the game like like who wants that why would you ever want that back people want it i don't know why but it was a big complaint. There was multiple people complaining during this live stream in the comments, on the forums, everywhere. Just a few standout loud individuals that seem to be, they seem to represent some sort of minority demographic that certainly exists. If you had to call it like 10 or 18 or 20% of people, maybe let's call it 20%, that really want 18-man content back and they're really upset that nothing's come out since Omen like, you know, seven years ago or something. How, how many people across all servers do you think log into this game like maybe well, right i don't now, know there's like 3500 during the free campaign on a server so you can't really judge i would say so, well, let's say a hundred thousand or less that's generous that, I okay, was gonna ball- let's go seventy thousand or less though i was gonna ballpark forty five fifty. Fifty sounds fair too but let's let's go let's split it. let's go like sixty thousand all right all right sixty thousand is fair that's fair Let's say there's 60,000 people who are playing across all servers. 60,000 okay? singles in your area ready to hook up. Do you really think there is a player bench deep enough for you, for an event to be sustainable that requires a full alliance? Uh, that's kind that, of where I stand right now. I, agree. I, I can't think of 18 players I actually want to play with. Uh, yeah, I agree as well. In a game that has, I can't say no matchmaking because I guess they tried at some point to do matchmaking, but no, no one uses that shit, right? Like, so, you know, like, like, honestly, how, how do you see that as being sustainable in any way, shape or form? It's not. Just like staying at 75 cap forever is not sustainable. But to this day, you get people who even hoped, I'm sure some fool out there, hoped that they would announce a classic server 75 cap for this game, even though they've directly answered that's not happening in interviews before. And speaking of interviews, there was something I posted in the Discord. It was an interview from 2020 with Natsui, 
as well. And they were asked, it was on Gamerscape or some nonsense, some some dead content that doesn't matter to Eleven and is just a parasite in this community still like Gamerscape, that they were asked, uh, will there be a new expansion content or whatever coming? And they, if I can find it, uh, they directly said there will be no new expansion. We don't have any plans for a new expansion pack coming in 2020, they said this. And people were like, oh, there'll be something coming out for 2022. And everyone got upset that it didn't happen. I remember the answer to that question. It's just three pages of them laughing. There's no way. No way. No way. I will ever get another expansion of this game. Ever. I wouldn't say no way. Uh, but I think that it's less likely than Adeline was at this point. And that's fine. As long as, like, when they release Voracious Resurgence and they release uh, a, a Imperium Plus 3 and stuff, of the, uh, stuff we have, we have a lot of areas in this game. You just have to update that. Like, I wouldn't be opposed into going into Outer Horror Tour Ruins to go to some event or something inside there for an instance or something if you add some quick way to get there. Like, I wouldn't be opposed to that. We have so many areas in this game that are not used, have no purpose at this point. Like, who goes into the area of Cardians in the upper tower of outer or inner horror tour rooms, whatever one, whichever one is, because they're like two different zones that have no reason to exist outside of like Windurst missions or the outer one going to Fenrir and stuff. Like the inner one in West Sarda Baruta that has like no reason to exist outside of like random Windurst missions or something. There's like that North Tower that does Cardians or something where you go yeah. there for one uh, Shantoto mission or is a Kupo mission. You go there for like one Kupo instance in the room that has, like, uh, the Bamanems off to the left, and you have, like, a bunch of Cardians, two of cups, three of cups, four of cards, you know, whatever the fuck. Like, that area is 100% under... Like, no one goes there for anything. There's, like, the doppelganger NM spawns there that no one cares about. What mattered, like, you know, 17 years ago. And, like, those areas could be reused for anything. You could take every monster out of that area. You could do anything with it. So a new expansion pack doesn't need to be made as much as I would enjoy running around new areas because it's cool to see new things and experience and have that that youthful sense of wonder and joy and exploration again, as much as I like that, uh, when they release new soundtracks for this game, you kind of get to have that as well still. But you don't yeah. need to you don't need to do that. You can go to these old areas, and as long as they add quality additions and remakes, they can reuse anything in this game at this point because it's a twenty year old massively expanding expanding game over like five fucking expansions and all these add-ons and stuff, they have plenty of stuff they can reuse. It's not just sure. Odyssey and uh, in um, the... all the, I, I go through so many zones in my head. That's how many zones there are in this game. I go through so many zones in my head that uh, walk of echoes and stuff, when I finally get to it again for the 17th time, I go, wait, walk of what? But yeah, they reuse walk of echoes and stuff, and they have all these zones to use. They can just reuse anything. We don't, we don't need an expansion at this point. Let, let me let me ask you a question. Do you guys consider Voracious Resurgence an expansion? No. I mean, because I don't either. Like, and, and it, you know, I, I would think... Do. You do? Really? It's because it's it a story to the game. Oh, so you consider it a storyline an expansion, which is actually kind of fair, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it doesn't mean that, you know, it's living up to the expectations of what I had for, like, expansions in the past. But, I mean... I'm I'm a very story focused person anyway when it comes to like media that I enjoy. I've been vocal about it on like Discord and stuff like that. And that like when I when I look at works, I really care about the story that's being told. Um so yeah, so if I see a new story that comes out, I was like, oh cool, we got a new expansion. Um, so so to me, that's an add-on scenario, right? Specifically, that's what Square Enix called like 
crystalline prophecy, Mughal Kupo Data. And to me, it, so if I was going to lump lump it in with any other kind of content that we've gotten, being that it's mostly story driven, I would put it in with those. I, do you think that's fair? If you want to. <laughs> I mean, it's not really something that I think matters enough to Diana Hill for. Because um, to me, an expansion, an expansion is story content but also like some sort of battle system on top of that whether it's salvage or whether it's omen or whatever it is you know what i mean like something that comes along with it that is intrinsically tied to that piece of content yeah i mean it does actually reuse omen in a different way um once you've done it and there are spondonyms and there are uh, roe objectives that come along with it as well that allow you to get other rewards on a repeatable basis. Um, Silver vouchers specifically. Um, doing the content gives you a key item that actually keeps you up to date on the besiege that you guys talked about before. It actually tells you all the time if they're coming in um, without you having to check it. You know, stuff like that. Like, so it, it adds other features to the game that weren't there before. So, I mean, if I'm going to loosely base my idea of what it is on that kind of criteria as well, to like try to find a middle ground then yeah, it checks enough boxes to where sure it could be like ACP, I guess. But I think it's a bit more or like Rhapsodies. Like I think maybe even Rhapsodies, Rhapsodies was a, a good add-on. Uh, ACP was not. I, I see Rhapsodies as an expansion as well. Like they tell a story. They have you go to new areas. They in, new introduce content extra content. Uh, you know, you have that's the, fair. Uh, the worm yeah, we did kind of like, get an expansion's worth of content with Esha and Aeonic weapons. Like the weapons alone, too. True. I mean, that that I think there's more credence there to say that it's an expansion for uh, Rhapsodies than it is to say for Voracious because. Voracious hasn't yeah. added. Well, as of yet, it's half done according to them in this anniversary. So, as of yet, so, it hasn't okay, added the so stuff that there, uh, that has. There, there is an opportunity in there then to possibly get you know some sort of content on well, that they said sort prime of weapons. scale eventually. Maybe. So it's conceivable that they were go they're going to go the Rhapsodies route where they have uh, Rhapsodies added AF plus two three. It, uh, they're going to add sure. Aeonics for that too. So they're going to add the Voracious Trojan is going to tie in Prime Weapons and it's going to have Imperium plus 2-3. So it sounds like they're kind of uh, I think they're going to smoke rehashing. and mirror us. They're going to smoke and mirror us some Tartarus. So they're going to have zones that we already have before, but they're going to call them Tartarus. And, you know, that's how we're going to interact with the Diverger that exists there that's supposed to forge these weapons, high spoilers. Uh -huh. um, so forth and so on, you know. It, They'll, they'll they'll provide what what they can. I mean, if you look at the the hard limitations on what they can do, no, they can't like handcraft a new zone. I don't think they even have the the access to an art team that could give you the basis of, of handling a new zone, let alone the mechanics or or you know setting up the new zone from the the programming point of view. So it will have to be reused stuff. So if we're going to use the criteria that you know in order to get an expansion, we have to get like uh, all new basically everything added onto the game then no we, we will definitely never see that again because it's they just literally do not have the team to provide well no i i think i think if if you count rhapsodies as an expansion then you know like because you know they everyone was like oh we're gonna get a new expansion for 20th and you know you heard that a lot around the uh i, the, I guess the lead in i guess what's more interesting to me is what se considers an expansion I yeah, think they I consider Adeline to be an expansion. 
Yes, definitely. That's what I think. I I think they consider Adeline to be the last expansion. But we're all going to put our definitions on this sort of thing, right? And that's going to build our expectations to like a specific true. But the the problem is, is at the end of the day, if that's not what their definition of it is, then we they may never actually deliver something that we expect because they may not have expansions in mind or their idea of what an expansion is could be entirely different. Yeah. So I think too, with how Nero was talking earlier, I think he perfectly conveyed my sentiment in a more courteous manner without getting into it. (laughs) The emotion he conveyed of like, you really think they're going to add an expansion to this game? Like, what world do you live in? I I think he perfectly conveys getting into the worst threat of the week here as we continue to do this. On r slash FFXI, it says, for those fanboys that say SE didn't announce something, quote, big, end quote, for the 20th, and they have the, I talked about this pre-show with you guys here in 2019, the interview here before Voracious Resurgence even launched, and this guy said that there was supposed to be something big for this game because in 2019, before Voracious launched, this guy said, uh, quoted this interview here from the freshly picked 44th Digest, that Matsui said, quote, at the end of the show, we mentioned that starting next fiscal year, 2020, we are going to focus our development and operations. This is bolded, by the way. This is all bold and italics. Development and operations on a long-term goal of the 20th anniversary. As such, there may be some time where the version updates may feel a bit lighter, but we're hoping to, del- uh, to be able to deliver something that can surprise everyone later. And they said, now let's see the fanboys excuse on the comments. I still can't believe some people are so blind with this game. You can just love the game and everything, but this is not what they said years ago. They are just ignoring us with no G and no period. Oh, that's really dumb. Um, They delivered exactly that. They did because they've been making Voracious Resurgence. This This was clearly for Voracious Resurgence and they've been adding that regularly. Just because pushing it off just because more. they leaked the idea of Imperium plus two plus three and they 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 somewhat spoiled the idea of prime weapons doesn't mean that it, this that wasn't what they were building for in this like just because they decided to leak or spoil something to us does not you know give these people a free pass to say oh well they didn't provide anything for us it's new and exciting because I heard about it a month ago and this was proof <laughs> to apparently dumb. some people that SE was promising big big and I know there was one podcast we had where I was trying to be optimistic and saying, hey, uh, they said there's going to be something big they're working for toward the 20th anniversary. Just, you know, like, what will make this game better? What do you play this game for? It's one of those episodes like that many moons ago. And I, I was trying to be, for once, optimistic and cheery instead of being the negative Nancy that I am. Like, hey, they're talking about big stuff for the 20th. We'll see what comes. You know, it could be something cool. You know, just just be patient and wait. They're, they, we know they're working on the game, which they are. They're working on the game. They're still giving us stuff. Voracious is, is a pretty big... I've refused to do it yet because I want to experience the whole storyline without these uh, years long of waiting for breaks like I experienced with Wings of the Goddess, where I had to redo it again to get the full storyline. I want to go through yeah, it like once, once this time. Yeah, I, 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 I've been through this before with Wings. I know what this is going to be. I'm no, no spring chicken with their, their antics here at SE headquarters. But, you know, to, to say that... And I even had someone call me out, like, even you, someone called me out on, on the other R Reddit for this. Like, even you were talking about how they were going to make something once. And it's like, yeah, but they clearly, with all the things they announced, which I guess I haven't fully gone over yet, they clearly delivered on that promise. That vague, As always, it's a vague promise from SE. And people are, whether, like, you can take liking this game and being hopeful to a negative. 
or like you like this game or want so much so badly that you you like turn into like this this rabid cannibal who just turns on SC and it's like num 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 this game's so good give me more um num num and it's like then they give you something it's like you call this food and it's like you like backslap SC or something for like how dare you present me with this this trinket of your abilities and just pretty heavily defining cringe yes yes you know exactly because just because SC is trying to get you excited as is some of the community reps jobs if we had community reps that did their fucking job as as you would hope as you do you know just because they're trying to get you excited and posting matt from the voracious resurgence in a worthless tweet or something i mean doesn't mean they're giving you an expansion a chemist a remake an offline final fantasy which is another thing people were asking oh my god (laughs) that was that was in here that was in this anniversary too they surveyed japanese people on an offline one i could never lose this portion of my life Uh, yeah (laughs) offline will never ever ever they've been interviewed on happen it. they they yeah. said no they were interviewed on it because they said they only would have a snapshot of this game at this point so even if they wanted to give it to you they don't have how this game was they don't have it in a bottle to fucking rub the little lamp and out comes robin williams to go oh you want offline final fantasy it's just not fucking happening the best you could ever hope for is that they would give it the evilies treatment where it couldn't like they could have another story set in the same setting but it'd be so removed from the world of final fantasy 11 that it would be its own standalone title like you're you're describing game. you're describing the Nexon game. Right there. <laughs> the thankfully canceled one. I'm also describing Final Fantasy Tactics and True. Final Fantasy XII. True. Like they've uh, but, done it before. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. And and I could see them. You know, I could see them doing that. Uh, in fact, they tried and it didn't work. I just you know like again, I is is Vana Deal so important to go back to that Square Enix is willing to put, uh, you know, put the actual money down to to uh, fund, a, a, you know, an actual development plan. Like, they did they outsource it to Nexon? Nexon! <sighs> you know, they I don't know much. Ass, I don't know much, but I know Exxon from MapleStory, and I know how bad Nexon is. I don't know any, I don't play other games, I don't follow game news, I don't follow these, these, anything people follow to talk about like these interviews and stuff i don't follow these sites i don't know anything i don't read any gaming news and i know nexon and i know how bad they are they're fucking terrible they're like the comcast of of game developers yes yes of the mobile game development world they are the that is a great description of them and i knew i knew this this project was in trouble in 20 when they announced it 2018 uh, when I was a part of uh, Checkpoint Radio, they had sent us out to the campus of um, UC, was it UC Berkeley? I can't remember. It was one of the University of California's where they have a big esports team and arena and stuff. And as a part of this like grand opening week for students, um, they had also brought in some developers to like, you know, set up a booth. And one of them happened to be the Nexon booth. <laughs> and so like a my curious ass wandered over there and they actually had a project manager on hand. Oh. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. So I'm watching their little anime fighting game or whatever the fuck they want to try to sell people on. And I'm like, hey, so I've got a question. I, I'm I'm a big Final Fantasy 11 fan and was curious about the 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 final fantasy 11 mobile game that you guys are working on 
And you could see in his eyes Uh that he was like, don't ask about that. (laughs) Like he suddenly got very, very defensive and very short with me and like like tried to like get anyone else to come over and talk to this man right now especially when i let him know that i was press then he like was gone he non-existent and it was like oh okay so they're they're clearly this was before there was any kind of like you know, like the, there were screenshots. That's it. We had the like six. Oh, or- yeah. The ones everyone was going nuts over. Here's yeah. the new releases of like a white mage on a cliff and a horrible mobile environment. This is a remake. Exactly. And and those were like fairly fresh. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, if they're panicking when someone is coming and asking them about it at a booth, this shit is a disaster. It has to be a disaster. It's like you walked up to Scott Peterson and asked how his wife is. Yes. Yes. It it, it had that kind of energy. <laughs> like, like, fuck, I did not finish burying this body. Why is this asshole asking me about this right now? If the glove like, does not fit, you must <laughs> quit. Like it was, it was literally that kind of energy. I, it was like, it was it, like, you would have thought that I farted next to him. Like it was that kind of like, get this asshole away from me sort of like vibe and i was like did i say something wrong and as soon as the news came out that it was canceled and everything it was just people refused to believe it for years like it's not canceled yet we don't know they haven't made an announcement that thing is deader than a doornail dude even recently a couple months before this anniversary on uh reddit and other places People would bring out that the remake was canceled, and everyone's like, "Well, Essie hasn't commented on it being canceled, so it's oh, not canceled yet." Sake. Yes, yes, yes. Do you know what I'm talking? They're those kind of people. That's the kind of people too that I expect have these expectations of Essie, where they're they're very furious that there's only one 20th anniversary and there's no 18 man content, and it, this is ridiculous. This is not the can game I right. can Sign I just say can I just say Hideo Kojima's marketing campaigns have done way more damage than I think he's aware because now. People just believe their headcanon because they want to believe it. And they're like, no, no, I know what's really going on. They're just faking us out. Like, no, the Square Enix Nexon deal didn't crumble into dust because Nexon are a bunch of incompetent boobs that don't really know how to develop for, you know, a a, a console, much less a, a cell phone. You know, that that's not a possibility. It's my headcanon that they made this up to fake us out because so many people are going to be interested in a Final Fantasy XI remake. No, not it just I don't know what world you live in, but Final Fantasy XI, even at its peak, wasn't that popular. Like it was it was a great game and the people who played it obviously love this game and still love it. But like it wasn't it wasn't wow. It wasn't even like wow before wow, like wow killed it. Like wow, just like in terms of numbers, like sheer numbers wise for concurrence and subscribers, wow fucking destroyed Final Fantasy Eleven on paper. Destroyed everything. So like, yeah, like why would you ever like, like I, I, Square Enix has sold more copies of fourteen than they have eleven. Like it's it's just this is like an insane conversation. But, like, because people are so emotionally connected to the game, 
they just cannot let go of this idea that no, no, Square Enix really has something in their back pocket. They don't. You know, I'm emotionally concerned in this game too. I've, I've, you know, dated people in this game. I've banged people on this game. I've married someone from this game. I've made a podcast on this game. I've essentially shaped a lot of the information that people get about this game and the guides and the content and the way it's presented and the overall wikis you know i've had a lot of him like i'm deeply tied into this and i don't sit there and go you know you know this game it better really have an expansion because i'm so tied into it it has to happen like you have to be realistic about it as i'm saying i am so deep in this game that i i just enjoy everything like i have fun with fox i have fun it's great to have you on here and everything, but like, I'm so deeply tied into this game, but I don't sit there unrealistically and go, hmm, you know, if my expectations and my projections and everything isn't met, I just don't know how I'm going to live with myself. I'm, I'm just going to have to, you know, I, I just don't know if they don't release just, an offline Final gonna Fantasy. Quit. I, I'm just going to quit. I'm just, not, I'm just going to cancel my sub for a while. It, it's, like when you say, it's like when you say, I'm going to quit. It's like this, this great profession of like the ultimate line in the sand where it's like you know what i'm gonna quit but like the game is it's it's like when you have a kid and like your yeah. kid's the most important thing to you it's your kid no one else it's not important to anyone else like it is to you so like everyone right. treats the game like it's their kid it's like it may be the most important thing to you but when it gets in the soccer field and slips and and the ball hits him in the head and it somehow goes in the goal and you celebrate it's not any more special than anyone else's goal where they actually kick the ball or something. It's like, it's just like, it's your kid. Get over it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and I get it. like, yeah, there's, there, there's a lot of good valid reasons to be attached to this game, but that shouldn't like, that shouldn't let your expect, you shouldn't like let your expectations be pushed up by your own attachment to it. It doesn't mean that it makes business sense. It doesn't mean that it makes objective sense. And like that's I think that's the thing that I get I get annoyed with is it's just like like just just stop and think about this for a half a second. If you're a business, like why would you do any of these things from a business standpoint? And there the the answer conclusively that I've come to again and again is that you just you wouldn't. That the best the actually the best thing to do for Final Fantasy 11 is continue to just let it be Final Fantasy 11. Like, yeah, add some new stuff. Voracious, voracious resurgence is legit. Very cool. Um, you know, uh, uh, Omen and, and Odyssey, you know, some of these, you know, later newer, uh, uh, end game systems. I mean, in a relative sense, um, you know, they're, they're great but they should function within the game that has already been built. You know, the minute that you rebuild it, the minute you remake it, the minute that you, you know, make it a new product again, that's going to put on a whole new set of expectations that the game absolutely cannot support. So, you know, conclusively, at least in my mind, the best thing to do for FF11 is like what they're doing. It keeps the people who are here here. And the because again, you know, like like I, I my my radio show that I built in my second bedroom and got syndicated on like 60 different radio stations 
and then sold to a corporate entity, the minute it got sold to a corporate entity and expectations were placed on it, that's when we started failing. Because previous to that, it was like we were running it out of my second bedroom. There were no expectations. Like the fact that we had gotten on 60 different radio stations was like we were already exceeding our own expectations. So like to then have somebody come in and be like, okay, you're responsible for $2 million this year. What? You're responsible for $2 million in revenue this year. What's your plan? That's a whole different position to be in, in terms of expectation, performance, and being able to create a product that's going to be able to stick around. Because ultimately, I think that's what Final Fantasy XI players want, is they want this game to still be around. But being around, and at the same time, when when something like the wardrobes launch, they get upset because they feel they're owed the storage and da 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 da. But what, the, what it's really doing and launching those wardrobes, whether you pay for them or not, whether you feel they're needed or not, whether this game's based around items and and you feel you should be able to hold them without paying extra because the fee should never go up in twenty fucking years, whether it's inflation or not existing, it should never go up in twenty years. That's that's another matter, apparently. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just these things keep the game around, whether you feel you're owed extra storage or not, as nice as it would be, especially I'm sure Fox knows how nice it would be to have storage. Yeah, Yeah, it's just these things keep the game around and that's what's going to do it. Not any sort of I wish that this art was as great as I see it in everyone else's mind. And it's just not just not a thing. I mean, when it, when it comes to appreciating art, which is kind of what you're describing, you should be appreciating it based on what you enjoy about it. But it doesn't mean that, that you should be directly having any say in how it works because you are not the artist for a very damn good reason. And that's that's the problem, too, with how you talk about how when your show got picked up by syndication and you now had expectations and deadlines. That's yes. a big reason why uh, there's this show takes no donations. There's no money and anyone can give. There's no store. There's no anything. There's no ad revenue. There is nothing. And that's because it's purely a passion project that I know that as soon as anything comes into it, I mean, maybe if, if some shirts or something are sold or some minor thing is sold and, you know, Fox gets a cut so we can afford some beer for once or something, that's fine and all. But like once you have like once your passion becomes your art becomes purchased and now you are under commission permanently as a way of sustaining yourself and feeding yourself, and the thing that you loved is now turned into a factory of sorts, all the magic magic fades away. Yeah. It just gets taken from you. So it's one of those precious little things that is as shitty as this little podcast is, it's the only podcast for the game at this point. Because I know you talked about coming back to 11, but it sounds like your syndication and everything you're doing and working for NPR and and being all the radio announcer that you can be, that you don't have time to live that, hey, I like the 11. It's kind of where I started off with. It'd be nice to do it. And I have a Patreon for this and this and that to support it. But do you have time to even do that? That's, I think, a very valid question. And, um, you know, it, it, one of the things that I feel like I should mention is that when we relaunched the Limit Break Radio Patreon, uh, was that I didn't have this full-time job. So, you know, uh, we th- the reason we had relaunched it at the time that we relaunched it was the rest of the Limit Break Radio guys 
left checkpoint. And so ha- we're no longer under a non-compete clause in their contract. So that freed them up to do more Limit Break Radio. And as soon as we started to get some of the balls rolling on revamping like the website and doing some new, uh, you know, some new production for the show, I got hired in on this full time position and it basically killed my free time. So on top of the full time job that uh, I work with NPR, I also do a Monday through Friday uh, daily gaming news podcast. It's called Let's Play. If you want to check it out, um, is that kind of like the uh, the Let's Play that existed on YouTube for uh, Rooster Teeth or whatever, or is that a different Let's Play? I'm thinking of. Uh, I'm not sure. I I have no idea. I've n- I'm not familiar with It'd be an uh, old Rooster- thing if it was. Yeah, I'm 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 sure. Uh, but no, it's not affiliated with that in in any way. Uh, but the full name is Let's Play Daily Gaming News. And um, yeah, so it's just Monday through Friday, like five, six minutes worth of uh, worth of uh, gaming news. And between those two things like that keeps me busy from basically nine o'clock in the morning until almost seven o'clock at night. Then if I want to do some streaming, that's a possibility. But like I'm quickly finding out that there's just not enough time for me to do you know, a Monday through Friday podcast, even though it's only five minutes, it takes me, you know, a good hour to record and then edit all of that shit. Um, and then, uh, you know, so it's it's figuring out how all of these things fit together. And I have a feeling that one or two of the responsibilities that I have are probably going to need to drop for me to effectively bring back limit break radio uh meaningfully so uh, you know the way that we did it was uh you know in terms of the way that we uh organized the patreon um you know we would commit to the final fantasy 14 content first and then as the patreon grew in support we would add different shows to that um you know that way we're we're kind of cycling different themed shows uh throughout the month and we're still committed to doing that. It's just the timetable for it has has to be adjusted. Um, you know, we're we're trying to uh, to figure out how that whole thing looks. I think, especially for the eleven content, we were waiting on you know what Square Enix going to do with the twentieth anniversary because so many different people were saying so many different things, and there was so much speculation out there that we're like, well, fuck, if there is something big that is coming down for twenty. Like, you know, maybe that that would be a reason to to, you know, bring back um, the 11 content. But I think I think at this point in where kind of everyone is, um, you know, all of the individual hosts that it's probably going to be pretty difficult to uh, to to do 11 content. And um, yeah, I'm not not sure where that's going to end up you know falling in the 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 possibilities but uh we've encouraged people to you know it, the it, we've we've made it very clear that there is no definitive timetable and that the support that you're giving on Patreon uh you know you're doing um to uh help 
get the project back off the ground if it gets back off the ground. Um, you know, and if you feel like you're not getting your money's worth, don't give. It's just that simple. That's ultimately um, what I've been telling people with the whole everyone's been posting, oh, my expectations weren't met. I'm so insulted. Basically, if we had to put it in a nutshell, is is the exact phrases that would be ushered into that nutshell. And yeah. I, I basically gotten to the point where I tell people, hey, if you're not enjoying the game, because all this complaining and everything, you're not going to get what you want. No matter what, when I yeah. say you're, if you're not enjoying the game, that means like you're not going to get what you want. That's how I'm saying that. If that's the case, then take a break. The game will still be here or, as you've done, contribute to the game staying alive and don't play. Take a break and pay for the game if it doesn't matter to you or just cancel your account and come back. Uh, just take a break. And when you come back in three, four, nine, never months, then <laughs> then just, you know, the game might or probably still be here and then you'll enjoy it more because if you're this upset about how your expectations were met in the anniversary this time around, or there's a little um, survey that was here for the, uh, it was a mobile survey and stuff. Mm. I think it was the survey they released to all the players. Yeah. yeah remember that survey where it's, I said, it's, it's, the, it's the survey that I just didn't end up participating in, but you told me to. Yeah. The, the survey where I said, I sure hope they, they find my yes. long lost friend Rife and get me a pizza. <laughs> You know, that, that survey with that guy mowing his grandma's lawn every Saturday and then coming online to act like uh, he's someone and telling people they suck and kicking him from his link shell. You know, that that guy, um, you know, if you're not enjoying the game and the expectations aren't being met, then just take a break. You know, at this point, as much as I love this game, I can't make other people love it. I'm the kind of guy who will eat the same basic meal at lunch for work every day because it's easy to make, it's inexpensive, and it's not exciting. I don't enjoy eating this for years at, at work. I don't enjoy having like fucking a rice meal every single fucking day, but it's cheap. I can make it and don't have to fucking stay up making shit. I don't buy lunch because fuck that, and I just have it. It's to get me through the day and get home. I make dinner as I post them in the What the Food channel. I make like a breakfast of like eggs and feta and 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 peppers and, and all this stuff I make every fucking morning really quick with coffee and shit in the morning for 30 minutes. I can do it really fast. But for lunch, I eat the same fucking thing every day for years because I don't care. And that's to get me through something because I want to get to other things I enjoy. I don't want to spend up, you know, spend time uh, trying to make it something special. I'm at work. I want to get through the day. That's it. it it's, it's nothing memorable. That's it. If the game to you is something where every meal has to be a special meal. It's not going to be that way. So I can't make you love your breakfast and dinner as much as I hate my lunch and love my breakfast and dinner. So if I can't do that for you, I, I can't share that with you. Just take a break. You're just not going to get the same enjoyment. It just just come back. Because people have collected this game many times and they come back and they have fun again. Like what is old is new again. So if you had your expectations not met and you can't take it anymore... You know, put down that phone of the suicide hotline and just go out and take a walk and just come back to the game when Voracious Resurgence is finished in like two years. <laughs> and then you can then you can enjoy the game all over again with the content you didn't know existed because you didn't you just turned everything off and forgot it existed. Just do that you know, because it's not meal, gonna happen. A meal is special because you don't have it all the time. Like I would actually consider like mac and cheese to be a special meal to me because I don't eat it all the time, but I enjoy it fine enough. Like it doesn't even have to be fancy either. It's just condensed milk. It's an, ex it's an experience that changes your 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 monotonous 
rhythm of your day. And, you know, if, if I had like a fancy new meal every single day, like the moment that I didn't have one would be like a really sad day. Like you'd get used to something that, you know, clearly isn't sustainable and it would it would it, it would basically skew your expectations very very hardly or very very hard on how or what you just come to expect i guess so i don't have I, a really great way of articulating it but it's it would it would ruin a lot of shit for you if you just had a fancy meal every single day you know in this context i i will i will play a little bit of devil's advocate though because i can understand people who pine for the old days of Final Fantasy XI. I definitely have felt that before. Like, the nostalgia that it brings is awesome, but, like, also at the same time, like, there there was a validity to the way that the game was organized and made you, forced you to cooperate and coordinate with other people. And simply put, that's not something that you find with modern MMOs. It's not like you can go to Final Fantasy 14 at any point in that game's life and recapture what made Final Fantasy 11 amazing. And so I think that the frustration that that people feel going like god, I just I want this I want this truly cooperative experience that's not like Team Jump Rope, which is what I call most of the mechanics in Final Fantasy fourteen, right? And I want something that, you know, maybe maybe makes me have to work a little bit harder at communicating with other people so that it forces that human connection, which was something that the 11 devs very specifically made into the DNA of the very, you know, first couple of expansions of 11. And it's sort of, you know, the spirit of that lived on. And I think that there is a place and Final Fantasy 11 obviously can't serve this, right? Like we kind of already established all of the reasons why it, you know, financially it really wouldn't be feasible for you know for final fantasy 11 to have a for lack of a better term voracious resurgence okay (laughs) but i do think that there is a space for a modern new mmo to come in and you know i hear all of this stuff about like ashes of creation and they're trying Phoenix. to go more old school. Yeah, exactly. Like, like there are companies that I think have a sense that there is an audience out there that wants a what what could be, I guess, classified as a more old school MMO feel, you know, old school FF11, old school EverQuest. And well, old school it's, for these people was when they went to high school and had no responsibilities or middle school and had no responsibilities and came home and got to true. play a game like for 10 yeah. hours and like, oh, this is great. I have no worries, no responsibilities, true. no debt, no mortgage, no nothing. I don't have to worry about paying for kids and, and struggling to keep my, my fucking exhaust system from rusting out in the fucking Jersey snow 100%. and salt. I suspect that these people, here's the thing. I, 
I don't suspect that a lot. I think a lot of these people who want to reclaim like some sort of period of Final Fantasy XI that is like gone, they they aren't actually trying to reclaim that portion of Final Fantasy XI. I think Feelings. they're just trying to reclaim that portion of their lives, which I, is a I, deeper rooted issue. The Al Bundy, I, I would have gone pro if it wasn't for my bum knee people in the world. Yeah. L- listen, I th- I think that there is definitely that right, but I think I think. <laughs> but I, but I do think that when you compare games like Final Fantasy XI to Final Fantasy XIV, there is a clearly different approach in the relationship that the development team has with the people who are playing the game. I don't know right? the development team's relationship in fourteen, but I can say we don't have much of an intimate one outside of the freshly picked video they make uh, with the exactly. dev team in this one. Exactly. I don't know if you do in exactly. 14, but well, in and and if you go back in 11's lifetime, you know, back to like absolute virtue and when people were throwing themselves at that, it was more like the devs like, "Haha, fuck you, figure <laughs> it out." And that was an even better relationship. And I just I think that there, you know, any attention is I, good attention the the notion that the developer is serving a paternal or even maternal role that they exist to be your mmo parents and and create bumpers on all of the different pieces of content so that you don't hurt yourself or so that so that it's not unfair between people there's just there's there's a lot of aspects of mmos that take the choice out of the player's hands. And this game and gives I think you the that choice. You're, I, I think that you're right, though, that, you know, there's a lot of people who remember doing, you know, 16-hour binge sessions on Final Fantasy XI when they were 17 years old and want that back. But what what I think is missing out of that equation is that there are new 17-year-olds, right? Like, there, there's a whole fresh crop of, college kids that just you know high school kids that just graduated and are going off to college and are going to have a fuckload of free time for the next four years and almost none of them had this experience that that person had that was a moment in time a flash in the bottle a flash in the pan if you will and it just no longer exists and like i know it's kind of hard when your feelings are so strong to think outside of yourself because you're kind of blinded by your desires and emotions and your nostalgia and your whatever comforts the life that you live now because to be honest i don't think a lot of people playing this game have an idealistic life uh, you know where they they come home to their fucking jet ski or something and and go for a ride and they're they're a thing with a couple of dolphins before getting on the game to see what those simple folk are up to you know this game is like you know people who grew up with it at this point because the average japanese age is 42 it's the same for america even if it's a lower age people who grew up with it because this is not a game people pick up nowadays on average not to say there aren't people that still come they do but you know just because you hold that special value in this game because there's still people i the very few people i see that have been around since like the 75 era like brat girl or someone i've seen since like camping charybdis back at 75 or something whose names i see and go oh hey it's been like 20 years how are you not 20 obviously but you know just because this game holds that value in your mind doesn't mean that that's how the world works because you know the world doesn't work that way when you're sitting there 
being a teacher at a preschool with kids throwing up on your lap or being a guy who does a catering business who, you know, has to deliver to doctor's offices or something like that, or sits there and gets to maybe camp your harp or something while putting in catering orders or something. Like, people who have real jobs, like, the game, like, life has gone on. The game has gone on. The 20th yeah. anniversary should be a celebration of the fact that you were alive, you grew yeah. up with this game, you've grown, but that is gone. Phone booths existed then. Phone booths are gone. Telephone books are no longer thrown in your fucking driveway for free so you can call up the local agency to fix your roof. You go online for that. Everything is gone. Everything is different. It's part of life changing, accepting stuff. Like the game is still there as a constant, even though it's still new, it's still old. Just like if that's the grounding you need, accept it. But like everything is gone. That's it. it bye bye. You were mortal. Yeah. Time marches on. I just lost my audio for some reason. <laughs> well, probably for the best if it's me talking. Sure. I know I'm sarcastically hard on myself, but it's just, you know, funny. So while your audio comes back, tell me if you hear me talking if it comes back. There was Lucifer here, the other mod outside of Funkworks on r slash Final Fantasy Eleven. If you're new and listening to this podcast at this point. Thank you for sticking with us through all of the thick and thin of this. Please join r slash Final Fantasy Eleven, sponsored by no one. Uh, one of the mods from there was in the thread here and posted the survey we were talking about a million years ago and got into whatever there uh, that was filled out by paying customers of the game. And he said, this is what the people who bother taking the survey that are actually caps lock paying customers and caps lock wanted. Notice how few of them are asking for an offline version, an HD remaster, a fucking mobile caps lock and caps lock port, etc. The vocal people asking for this shit on the web apparently aren't paying customers or didn't bother taking the survey. So which is it, wine bros? <laughs> Did you not bother to take a very short survey, Fox? Or just wine on fucking Reddit and FFXIH? or are you not a paying customer why should se care what you want and i have the survey here for when when nero's audio comes back Texas. se shouldn't care what we want se should just care about the money we're going to give them you know <laughs> in some regard i think about it this way so i know i don't know shit about japan i've never been to japan i don't know japanese business culture i've heard stories about japanese business culture being rather rigid i think we all have and we don't really know anything about it, but every company, even if Japanese companies hold more true to this value, cares about their profit margins, their quarterlies, their, their you know their their shareholders, everything that we are not, we are not. Uh, you know, they don't. This is not a thing for them. So, the like the people who who are actually signing off on a lot of the things that get done probably have never even played this game and it really just depends it, like if we, if we really care about the game itself then you know we'll we'll continue to pay for the game because that's what speaks to them that might um, not be true Fox. anything more than that eh. so i know at least the moderators of the forums on se's hand do play the game and se i'm going to go into the thing se said here too about the little fun facts and stuff but se did say that the development staff also plays the game with personal characters. They do not talk in game to not inadvertently talk about game details, but oh. they play the game. As much as we thought they don't play the game because what the fuck's going on if they do play the game, but 
they are there, but the whole if you know whether it's a Japanese company or not, the whole margin of people focusing on well, I, I was the bottom line. You're cutting out a little bit because I think you're lagging. While Nero's coming back, you're lagging. So everything when it rains, yeah. it pours. Uh, I guess we'll find out. It's working. Um, still waiting on Nero to come back. But yeah, it, it, I, what I'm referring to is the people that they report to, like the the board that they report to that makes all the decisions about oh, whether or not yeah, they can go the, forward on a project. Yeah. Those are the people who ultimately decide things and they only care about it. Correct. <laughs> like that's what it'll always boil down to. Yeah, and even if the Japanese so, company's I mean, more rigid, the, more like, the message stays the same of profit margins and getting the most of your return matters, not and how much we care about the game. That's just ultimately the fact of the, the yeah. matter there. Yeah, and I mean, the, it has to be that way. Like, the entire industry has to be that way, unfortunately. Um, that's the hold it has, man. Like, that's the control yeah. over it. Yeah. So, you know, it, the, as long as, like, the, the best thing that we could do is just, you know, keep playing the game for what we enjoy it for, but not set our expectations in some weird place to the point where the game becomes unfun because... It didn't live up to the the magical Christmas land that we somehow had worked up as a headcanon in our in our and, brains. You know, as much as we've been ragging, or as much as especially I've been leading the conversation tonight into ragging on those people who are overly uh, sentimental about the game, those people do make the game up, and it does show that they really do care about the game. Like, it is a bit annoying to have someone be like, uh, you know, I want my horse to have all the best stuff in the race and only my horse can be successful because it's my favorite horse and fuck everyone else's horse. So as unreasonable as that is, as much as we're making fun of that, these people do care about the game. Perhaps they even listen and don't agree with us and that's fine. But they do care about the game. They do keep the community going as substandard as I feel the overall community has become. They do keep everything going, and they do, no matter differences of opinions, they do like the game. So that's still worth something. Yeah, uh, the, the, it's just, it becomes actively detrimental when the that vocal portion of the people who are dissatisfied start leaking into the people who are like maybe undecided, and all of a sudden now they're dissatisfied because, you know, People have cow eyes. They're, they're just going to moo eye in the field and just graze on grass while someone else makes an opinion for them. And there's a lot of people that are like that. I agree. And that's how I built up what I, I didn't do it myself. And I say that's how I built up BG. That's part of how I built up BG with Funk is I told Funk things like if you build it, they will come. But also that this is a PR war. And when I started back in 2014, 15, something, 13, 14 with BG and it was like Dragon Meat had no page there was nothing there like it was there's a lot of work to do there's still a lot of work to do compared to now uh like almost a decade later at this point close enough to it the work that's been done now to compare to then was nothing but what made BG go from like oh you just check that for like Meeble Burrows and nothing else to how it is now was creating a PR war of you capture people's minds and you go on and you 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 bring the community in by force. You seize it. Like my plan was always an aggressive plan. I still try to carry out to this day of when people like Bippin work on Monk or Brahms work on Dark Knight, they've been roped into this plan aggressively of we need one wiki, we need to unify the community because as time goes on, 
this has all been like a conscious thing I, I I've felt has been the game's been going to over this time as it goes on and things get thinner and people get older and die off and this and that. If you want the game to go on, you need one wiki, you need a unified community, and you need to encourage people to develop the resources and build out the infrastructure for those resources that keep the game going. So like guides being on BG or a me thing. I started that and I made sure that I made the infrastructure and built and like encourage people to make guides and build out the templates and try to like post to bring people in. And I would keep making new guides and putting stuff people would all link to when needed. Because when it comes down to the community, the devs can make a new add-on or expansion pack. But if the community is not coalesced around a single point of here's the information, let's make it as easy as possible. If someone sees something because they're looking at one site, not two sites, not a forum post on anything else. Well, we can change this one thing so that it works for everybody. It's improved because, you know, we thought the mission page worked for seven years and someone said, oh, that's not clear. Let's let's change one line. Now it works for everyone. You know, like those are like a conscious thing that the devs can only do so much, but you have to like really take all of the people who are sitting around filling out these surveys and everything. It's like pull them into this whole vision of, eliminating everything else in the community except what you really need to keep going that distance and like no one in the community cares or wants to do these things but you have to like kind of like try to shape the whole um it's like water flowing down to the lowest point you have to really shape the whole environment that everyone goes into in order to like be successful and see these things continue and have like your expectations aren't going to be met at the end of the day but you can still like pull everyone into like the future with you by I hate to say doing what's best for them because they don't know what's best for them, but that's simply how it is. That's like every line of a bad guy in a movie that goes wrong, but that's really how it is in this game because as subpar as the community ends up being this and that, it's because they need to be pulled into like, when we talk about how you can bring Beastmaster to an event or how we showed how Puppet Master with an attack down an end guy can absolutely fucking destroy that content in a basic setup that everyone takes with a red mage meleeing instead of standing back doing nothing. And like when we show these things are possible, the community will then parrot those things as they always have. But you have to like make that happen in order for that to occur. So it's a really long roundabout way of saying that we are mostly in charge of how things go. Yeah, if the company isn't going to, you know, actively craft what the community yeah, if the company is not going to try to actively craft and uh, create what the community is supposed to be, what they want it to be, what their ideal of an MMO community is, which is sort of what, you know, like when you have mass bannings, that's kind of like what, you know, that's one of the things that uh, that uh, developers can do to try to, you know, discipline their own community. And they stopped doing that for a long yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that just pretty much confirms like, hey, we're our, we're out here on our own. Correct. Um, you know, and it's 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 one of those things where uh, to go back to what I was saying before before my audio cut out. I don't know what what happened there. Um, but uh, to, to kind of go back to, to what I was saying is, you know, I, I think that what makes Final Fantasy XI appealing as an MMO still goes beyond just nostalgia. I think that there are great gameplay design basics 
that are at play in 11 that are just fundamentally missing from a lot of other online gaming experiences. Gear swapping. Gear yes. Swapping. Great, great example. Or uh, if he learns anything from this game, I hope it's gear swapping is good. Mashed potatoes. Something, something as even simple as like having to collect four different items that then, you know, combine and that's your pop item to get, you know, whatever piece of gear you're after. Chloris for Verithrogna. Yeah, right. Like there, there's so many, there's so many examples of this it, that you can go to in eleven that are just absent from most other MMOs because most other MMOs want to guide you specifically to the point that you need to go to to get the next thing that the game tells you that you need to get. It doesn't let you figure anything out on your own. Hey. There's a big move coming. We're going to put a circle on the ground. Don't be in the circle. That's been my biggest yeah. complaint. And, and and I do think, you know, as I was saying that, you know, hey, look, there are new 17-year-olds. Like, yeah, I get it. Like, we're all busy. And, it, it you know, uh, games that take a lot of, you know, uh, uh, time and investment can be challenging when you have kids and a wife and a job that you have to go to. But this is this is where I get go back to what I was saying about choice, that I think an MMO should have a range of different content that you can choose to do, whether you have the time or whether you don't. That's kind of up to you. That's on you. It's not a reflection of how good or bad the content is that it takes 15 hours worth of investment to be able to get what you want out of it, whether it's a piece of gear, whether it's advancement in a storyline, whatever that is. Leave that up to the player. Don't just let it be, okay, we've got to streamline this so the most amount of people can get through it and be happy. Leave the onus on the player. Again, this is kind of a more like, quote unquote, old school MMO mentality, where if you can't do it, fine, fuck you, don't do it. That's fine. You don't have to do it. But then you also don't get this sweet ass sword. Oh, but that's not fair. Yeah, it's not fair. Well, but I have to work. Yeah, you have to work. And that's why RMTs and Mercs are bigger than they've ever been. And the exact thing you're saying in a, you know, problem. Yeah, is the exact thing as much as everyone hates me for for you know basically saying what you're saying in a less sophisticated manner as I do exactly what you just said there about you know you want to put 15 hours into it you get it you know if not fuck you and but yeah. the problem is everyone wants to pay for a merc now to to give them everything because they're not capable of thinking about it of failing on their own and learning from their own failures of Correct. trying and struggling and getting back up off the ground after yep. they've tripped over their own fucking untied shoelaces like Chucky goddamn Finster right. and and just getting up and doing it. And now they're trying to bypass that. And I've always sat there and said, you can't get it. Fine. Fuck you. Just yes. as every yes. one of and, us who have been here have done. Yeah. And and that needs to be the exact same sentiment that the developers put out. Like, but the developers... Gone. The de- you're correct. You're a, a million percent correct. The developers can't capitulate on that point because there's no there, there's no the community doesn't have any authority to be able to to. But that's not uh, fun. Decide that one way or the other. Correct. 
Yeah, I agree with that. Here's the thing. I think that if you put out a new game, you know, something that could get some of those 17-year-olds that are just about to go into college and have a ton of free time, that that gets them away from the Fortnites or whatever. I this is completely theoretical and I have no answer how to do that, but what I'm saying is I think the existence of games like Elden Ring that take a bit more of like old school gaming, you know, get a, get a, a, a something that makes your character stronger over here. And, and, you know, you have this tangible feeling of character progression, something that's again, lost through a lot of single player games, but you also have the challenge that exists there. And it says, Hey, if you want to, if you want to try to climb this mountain, this mountain will be here. And if you don't, then that's fine. You only get halfway, but you can only claim that you got halfway. And if you don't get to the top, that's not my problem. That's your problem. I think, I think every MMO developer has lost that mentality and is treating that mentality as inherently invalid, old thinking. It could never possibly work again. It's because they don't have the balls to try that content anymore. They have de- correct. They have deadlines. Correct. I, they don't have the balls. There's deadlines, man. I, I agree, but like at the same time, eleven works because a lot of that content is still valid. Like, yes, they have capitulated on many things, mostly because the the uh, population was dwindling. And at that point, like you kind of have to, you kind of got to trim some fat someplace. They seeded ground, but they didn't give up the overall vision, which is the it's same thing people complain it. about. But they they seeded ground for the survival yes. of the whole game. But overall, yes. the core structure that is no longer able to be made because it's old thinking with, and it's not just old thinking, they want to reach in new games. It's a pure model of profit where the art is kind of out the window unless it somehow happens to make it in in a in a, in a unicorn sort of game like Elden Ring it ex- it accidentally makes its way in yeah. Elden Ring is analogously com- is the perfect comparison to 11 out of any game I know cuz I'm not deep into games but I do know that Elden Ring I've watched the uh the Matt McMuscles cuz Carrot and I have watched you know she likes that so we watch it I put it on uh, the the what happened with uh, Dark Souls kind of thing, and I haven't sure. played Elden Ring, but I know it's a remake of Dark Souls, and I know enough from that video about what happened with Dark Souls being like no one would buy this, it didn't sell in Japan, no one bought it in yeah. the U.S., and then it like suddenly blew up to be this big thing, this punishing yeah. game, this old mm-hmm. school forgotten about. Uh, you died. There's no leeway. That's it. You suck. Start over. And I know that it may be like this this elitist, hardened veteran, I've been here. Uh, and like I really hate the mentality that people employ, especially the older generation to younger generation of, I suffered, I got polio, so you should get polio too. Like that spiteful, I suffered, you suffer thing, that's yeah. not what this is. This is a design mechanic around yes. finding somewhere within you if you're interested enough in the struggle and overcoming yes. and the, this is the H&M satisfaction turn of its it's head. Sh- it's shared. Str- it's, it's, it's uh, uh, like brotherhood through shared it's struggle. The, it's, it's personal growth within yes. an environment that is not catered to you. Like 14 yes. and everything else that's catered to you. It tells you where to go to the map and everything else like that. Yep. 11 is the last vestige. I'm not into games. I don't know anything that's come after that, whether it was like the, 
the WoW remake that was some game that died out. I forget what it even was, like the mid-2000s, late 2000s. It was some WoW remake with flying, whatever. Um, all those games have died out that we're trying to do that, but Eleven was like the last kind of like EverQuest. Ion. I think, I think yeah. you're thinking of Ion. Ion was one, and there was another one besides Ion. It was like... Rift. Like, Rift. Yes, it was Rift. Rift Ugh. was the game. Like Horrible. Yes, and it was the big thing. Everyone on auctionhouse.com talked about it. It was a thing. Yep. But those games were copying the new generation of WoW, and they died out because they're not special. They're not original. The yep. things that Eleven pulls into you of like... It may seem, it may be like simple and trivial not to be told where to go and to have to pull up a wiki to know where to go. Yep. But that's like a core aspect of putting an effort to get a minor reward. And, you know, like people talk about how it's exciting to have an H&M claimed. That's the same sort of thing on a very small level. It's like Dude, microdosing max. on mushrooms when you play 11. You get the, yeah. little, the little tiny dose. If you feel high, it's too much. You know, when you keep going, it's, the, it's just feeling not high, but feeling just special enough that you've like right. struggled through this nonsense. And it's you know, like 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 when Fox and I play, like meeting Fox and doing this podcast and everything has been so great because, you know, like I understood the game and I was successful. I made guys and stuff, but playing with Fox and learning what he said and changing my play style and besides making and meeting a new friend, uh, real life and not just learning and evolving gameplay past the point I thought was possible is more satisfying than anything that any kind of like modern remake or any sort of like style that's been lost in this game can bring to you. Oh yeah. That 11 yeah. actually offers still. Emerging gameplay is always really fun. That's the title. That's, that's not, that's the, that's the subject. Emerging yeah. gameplay. I didn't know what it was called. There, that, yeah. That's it. Yeah. But, uh, but you're, you're a hundred percent right. But that's, uh, that's the, the sort of like malleable nature of FF 11, right? Like, you know, the fact that, you know, they made jobs and sub jobs and didn't kind of fully know how they were going to interact until they brought it into the live environment. And that's they're still changing got. with master levels. Exactly. Like, but that's how you got like ninja subs as tanks for like years. Um, you don't get that. You don't get that in any other MMO. You used to get that used to be a fairly common trait among MMOs. Now you get the Trinity tank DPS healer. And I didn't know what that was until Fox told me the Trinity. And I'm like, what's the Trinity yeah, Fox? I'm not a, not a, not a religious guy. The funny thing is you actually do see that, but you don't see that from MMOs much anymore. Um, usually you find that from indie development, especially when you have find like very small indie developers, like, make rbgs mm -hmm. um i can think very specifically like about five four or five years ago like when rpg maker was a much bigger thing um a lot of the systems uh that people would use in a lot of the rpg maker games uh when they were an actual rpg uh actually borrowed quite a bit from uh, final fantasy 11 like the ability to like set a subclass the ability yeah. to um set specific traits and things like that and and like level up things specifically and um that a lot of stuff like that gets gets borrowed, but then a lot of that stuff also gets forgotten because they don't end up being like AAA games at the end of the day. But there's like a lot of emulation of Final Fantasy Eleven, and oh yeah, in subtle ways. Uh, and yeah, it, it was covered in the eleventh, uh, the first part of the the stream. There, they it was in Japanese, but it loosely came over enough where they talked about how they built it off EverQuest. I mentioned before, but yeah, they. You know, they kind of conveyed the whole message that Eleven was taking something like EverQuest, sort of like how WoW came off everything before, 
and although it did not the success of WoW, although in my opinion, this game is better than WoW could ever be, that I'm biased, whatever. But they took what was there with EverQuest and they said there were things they didn't like about EverQuest specifically. I don't remember exactly what they were. Uh, I was watching, it was a week ago and I was super tired. But they were mentioning things specifically they didn't like about EverQuest that they rejected to put into 11. But they took EverQuest as a basis and then made that in this, you know, still to this day standout system of developing EverQuest into a new sort of Final Fantasy sort of, it didn't have to be Final Fantasy, it could be any topic. It would be developing yeah. EverQuest into something new. And unlike Rift and Ion, those are the games that failed because they're just WoW clones or how 14 failed initially because it was like a WoW clone with 11 theming, if that's a very simplistic way of putting that. It was punishing like 11, which they got rid of and didn't work, but it was kind of like a WoW clone with the convenience with 11 theme, in my opinion. I'm not. It was, it, to be fair, to 1.0, like to be fair to what it was, it was so much worse and more disjointed than that. Oof. Like, like that doesn't even like, like I, I actually wouldn't compare it to wow because wow was a functional video game, right? Like that. I think that's an unfair comparison to wow. And I, I, and while 14 was kind of punishing, it had more, it was more punishing because Things like the UI weren't finished more so than the game was actually hard itself, but which is a design flaw, I think. But <laughs> overall, they developed this game off of EverQuest, which is somehow still around, just like Final Fantasy still yes. around. And it kind of yes. these two games have stood the test of time in the face of everything else. And it was because of this system of at the time taking something that EverQuest, I haven't played it, but I imagine if this game's based off it, it was more punishing than any modern game is. And 11 was taken from that. And they took certain things they didn't like from EverQuest and dropped them for whatever we have now, whether it survived or not to this point. And no new modern game has that. And yeah. and the reason people keep returning to this game is because it still is around and still has these unique functions. Like when you play 14 and you're fighting a boss and dodging those beautiful yellow disgusting circles on the ground with your amazing pattern you've memorized by watching a youtube video and talking about it and maybe in discord with your friends for two seconds before you go and watch your next youtube video about an unboxing then yeah that's 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 a fair description <laughs> then, then, it's amazing i can play the game and i i, I can i can do that uh, <laughs> that you know <laughs> i completely lost my train of thought on that but it's just it's those things are to the test of time and the new way of doing things that uh, things like Elden Ring are not a part of, like the new way of making a new Assassin's Creed or a Call of Duty or a Final Fantasy fourteen, the lowest common denominator they cater to, yes. this yes. game will never have that, and that's what makes it good. But and and I think I think you can take that lesson of not having to not feeling like you must cater to the lowest common denominator apply that to another MMO and I think you might have a pretty successful game. You would, but no one would invest the venture capital into it to make it. It, de it depends. It would have to be something really visionary that people could then have stolen from a venture capitalist. And that's just, that might exist, but it's just not. It, a it, realistically, it would have to come out of a known studio and it would have to come with a, recognizable investable ip outside of that's, se shutting down that's going to be the 
Yeah. I mean, outside of selling off Tomb Raider and all the other uh, properties recently, right before the 20th of anniversary there, that everyone was like up in arms, like it means something about whether it's just a company. I think it was personally a company restructuring to focus on new fields because your company's in danger of becoming static like Nintendo when the Switch was new and everyone's like, will Nintendo survive? I think SE's in that position now where they have to restructure and everyone's reading too much into it. But an S- a studio like SE or Ubisoft or EA or Activision or <laughs> Bethesda, they don't, they're not going to take these risks like 14, like 11 is. They're not going to take an 11 risk. It's just not a You're thing right. they'll do because the formula exists the the TikToks of the world are in and no one's going to do it. But to get back to the 20th anniversary here, they released some dev comments and secrets about the game that I can read if you guys want. Yeah, go for it. I don't know if I mentioned, I know I mentioned it pre-show about the JoJo reference was the first one and I was like, oh shit, is that a motherfucking JoJo reference? And it was, I added it to the OO page today because I forgot about it until we were doing this podcast and I was going to do it. And I'm like, nah, let's wait for the whole thing to be over before I do it. Then I went to sleep at nine in the fucking morning. But uh, uh, prophylaxis, it's written here in the word Japanese way. Prophylaxis, whatever the the ability from OO is. The one that we get to 10% if you don't beat it in 30 seconds, prophylaxis. When you don't beat it in 10 seconds, it resets back to uh, full there and the fight essentially starts over is what I wrote on the BG page. Uh, that is a tribute to the killer queen of, I was going to say, is it the fourth season? You have Stardust Crusaders is the third season. Then you have, yeah, it's the fourth season where you get killer queen and, um, you know, all the other stands in that season. But uh, it's the tribute to that super villain from that fourth season of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which if you haven't watched JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, it's a fucking great anime that Carrot and I make references all the time. like. We were in the grocery store today, and I pointed at the stuff, and I said, soda. I did in this podcast, even. And it's from, from you know, JoJo Sr. there. But it's uh, when that stand, which is their uh, spirit-fighting entity, if you can call it that, snaps its fingers that they're locking at a target, it's called Bites the Dust. Because it's like every stand, which is, as I said, a spirit-fighting thing, is a tribute to a band like Aerosmith, or in this case, Queen, Killer Queens for Queen. When it snaps its fingers, it uh, kills the target, of course, but it's, it creates a temporal shift in time where you go back to a certain time period and start over. And uh, that ability is the tribute to JoJo of uh, starting the fight over again, they announced in the stream, which I was surprised because I did not think going into this, there was going to be a, a comment on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And you know, if that was on the prediction screen, will there be a comment of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure in the anniversary? I'd be like, nah, they're not going to comment on JoJo. But they did. And apparently that is uh, an ability and tribute to JoJo. So. All right. I don't know if you've watched it in Eero, and I don't think Fox has. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of JoJo. Oh, it's as much so, hate as that's gonna bring. Yeah. I tried to watch it. I tried hard. Well, the first seasons and the second seasons and the third season and on is really good. So, and I, I like the first and second season. I'm I'm being like I'm giving up ground here. I'm like maybe you don't like the first or second season, but the third season, you know. It, 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 I, got, I got through the first season, started on the second season, and then just decided to watch Fist of the North Star instead. You always <laughs> mention Fist of the North Star. Yeah, because it's amazing. Anira, with all your broadcasting time, are you actually into anime? Did we lose him again? We did. (laughs) 
Wow. Well, I mean, is... he wasn't exactly keen on the waifu pillows. <laughs> he says, drink refill, BRB. I got to start looking <laughs> at it. See, when I when I do this, I'm on the laptop. And this laptop, which I have engraved on it, the Allmace, from when Allmace was a new weapon and not eye level, this is like a Windows 8 laptop I make this whole fucking to... production on. I have one screen here. I turn everything else off to limit the background noise. I, I can't see... see when people send stuff. To see the Discord notification, I actually have to angle my head up 45 degrees because that's where that is. That's rather where, specific. Like, where I'm sitting. Yeah, like, <laughs> my, I, I can see, like, my one monitor is fine. I kind of look up to see if, like, something's going wrong in, like, with it lighting up on Discord on, on monitor two. But then even further up in my room, like, it, that, that notification is probably a foot higher than my head right now on, on the screen. Like a foot or a measurement of a foot? A, an actual measurement of a foot. Because you brought the elephant's foot with you, and that should be heating your whole room, so. It's true. That's actually why we have to hear the race car. <laughs> Welcome back, Anira. Yeah, man. Thank you. I was asking if you're into anime, Anira, because I was saying that they revealed um, in the 20th anniversary, I told you pre-show, that the uh, uh, ability from Ooh Prophylaxis uh, that restarts the fight over is a tribute to Killer Queen's Bites the Dusto, where it restarts time after killing the target. And it yeah, is not at all. I am not an anime fan. Ah, you don't have a lot of time with syndicated radio. It's um, it, you know, like I've I've been told I should see JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, but it is like, really good. yeah, I. <sighs> so when Carrot first started watching it, it was season one and two, and she'd be watching it while I'm like playing the game or editing the wiki or watching something on World War One. I. I don't know whatever I'm doing, whatever I fucking do, blame stuff. And I'd be, I look at it, what she's watching, and it's like just super cheesy and corny. I'm like, that's stupid. I don't like that. And she wanted me to watch it with her. And I'm like, fuck that. I don't want that. Just watch it on your, on your own. I won't watch that. Like, don't waste my time. And then eventually I gave in, and I, I got through season one. I'm like, yeah, that's actually pretty good. And I'm watching it continuously. And in season two, I'm like, oh, it's even better. And I'm like, I could see season one and two not being liked. But then season three and onwards, I'm like, oh, this is, I love this anime. I have, I have very basic tastes when it comes to anime sailor moon no oh god no <laughs> fighting no. like evil akira oh well that's a uh, movie that's really good that was revolutionary anime. um i mean i saw i saw like i the most of the anime that i consumed up until college was like dragon ball z and then by the time that Inuyasha made its way to um, Adult Swim, I was like, fuck this. This is so, I, like, it's it's just like, oh, we're just replaying the same shit over and over again. Like, how many Scooby-Doo, uh, you know, <laughs> Inuyasha do we going to use, you? right? Like, like it, was, it was anime's equivalent of, like, they're just running and looping the fucking hallway over and over again. And I just couldn't do it because I think it was like that and Bleach were on at I'm the same time. Guy. And the most uh, like, OK, this is probably uh, this is just like a personal story. But like anime fans, you really uh, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to all of you collectively out there. You have to be really, really, really careful about like how you project the interest of being into anime towards other people. Cause there was one guy who was basically responsible for making me not like anime 
based on how into it he was. I completely believe that. I, I believe it too. Yeah. This weeb trash. <laughs> yes. This and 4chan in real life. It's he possible to the, not be weird about it. Yeah, <laughs> so like he was like one of these Fox guys. Makes like, my I, dress up darling not weird. <laughs> so so he was one of these guys. I I worked at the the front desk of the dorm that I lived in. Right, like I was the manager for the for the desk down there. Wow, you must have camped all the H and M's. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all of the mid, all of the mid. Well, I, it, here's the thing. I sucked so much at FF11. I didn't. I was I was just doing Japanese fucking leveling parties which to be honest as a dark night meant most of my night was sat around in juno with my flag up um <laughs> you're not a pop come on get get real you're not a pop like i was true you don't know my uh, song it, so so um yes i i had all of the overnight shifts and i i actually really enjoyed doing that and for a while like I would I would literally bring my entire computer tower and hook it up to the the keyboard, mouse and monitor that were down at the front desk. But anyway, this guy would come down every what was it? I guess it was Thursday and Sunday that Adult Swim would do anime night. Right. Oh, no. And he would not like. So we had one big screen TV that was like down in the common area for everyone to use. And it didn't matter how many people were watching something it could have been a football game you could have had the entire <laughs> dorm down the there fucking super bowls on he turns it off yeah for fucking bleach yeah. and he would have he would come down there and change the channel and just sit down like no one else existed and he's like no it's adult swim time <laughs> and like <laughs> like it was just he was the most insufferable and like if yeah. if you yelled at him, he would go immediately to the RHD. And it was like, like, we had to deal with him more often than anyone else who lived there. And he was the most insufferable motherfucker on the planet. It gets down. He puts he comes down and puts Adult Swim on. It's like the black screen with the text. And it's like, oh, yes. oh it's I, like I completely believe that <laughs> there's yeah. so many weirdos when it comes to that shit. And it ruins it for the people who are like legitimately into it. Yeah. and can help recommend what's good but it doesn't mean you have to be like this in your face you know Fucking I, I, I believe something you should. yeah it's it's so insufferable i i agree like like i got i got to a point and I, you guys will obviously know some of this where i would i would just start outwardly being like no i just fuck i hate all anime and when you run a final fantasy 11 podcast <laughs> it comes up <laughs> That can't stand like you can't have that position as a human being, because if you say that to another Final Fantasy 11 player, they're going to go, well, here's my top 15 animes that you haven't seen. So you've got to watch all of these take notes and then come back to me God before I'll even believe you that you think anime sucks. OK, Nero, it's a powerful sort of nerd, man. Nero, what you're describing is one of the top 10 anime betrayals. Oh God! <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, you, you you know, probably. I mean, I, that's probably how people felt. I don't know, but like, I remember, I remember, I cut that shit off immediately after I finished Serial Experiments Lane. I said, no more. <laughs> what? No more. We're not doing any more recommendations. I'm not doing any more 24 episode series and nothing. Excuse me, Don has signs on. 
at the most, <laughs> at the most, I will give you a three episode OVA. And if by the end of the first 45 minutes, I'm not sold on this, I'm out. I'm fucking pulling the ripcord. I'm done. You got fucked raw, man. You got, you got done dirty. You got a rusty old dick. The, the only, the only series out of like the, you have to watch this like shit that I was given was Evangelion. Yeah, it's, it's like you put on the last episode of Evangelion with the, the budget run out and the fucking still pictures and screaming ah! with the fucking still pictures and shit. And he's like, isn't this anime great? Well, OK, so so like I like weird television, right? Like Twin Peaks is like my favorite TV show. Uh, I I liked Lost for a really uh, long time until about season five. Right. I just like weird enigmatic shit and so so when you are and so when when going through even gellion it was like you get the first 16 episodes i know what this is i get this i've seen gundam i know where this is going gundam wing or what uh yeah at that point i had i had sat through all of gundam wing gundam wing's okay but like i sat through the dub which is not and, <laughs> and and like like at the time this was really funny because i was I, I was in a punk band at the time so the vest that i made which was all <laughs> studded out spikes you know studs oh, and spikes dude. and everything of course i made oh. while watching gundam wing did you have the, <laughs> did you have the bracelets on too the, the spiky bracelets of fucking course oh, yeah. i did absolutely you can't you can't <laughs> Come on. You knew what this you, was. You can't you can't <laughs> spike your hair and not have fucking a, liberty spikes and yeah, a collar yeah. and everything. Dude, what, what were you God singing? Right. Fucking sex pistols? What, what's going on here? Uh I I was I was in uh I was in a punk band, man. And uh what, what did you I was play? Like, uh oh I screamed. Oh oh you were the vocals? Oh man. I was. That's the hardest instrument. And, and now we have to I have was. a sample of it. Um, well, if you want to, oh God, if you really want, I, I, can, I can, I can give you a sample. I don't have but, like a, a kazoo to play for like, and like give you like a tone, oh no, like a I'm, metronome first, to go. No, I, I have, I have music that exists on YouTube, but there's oh no way that you're getting a scream out of me with as That's fucking. Probably. Oh, I don't want to scream. I just want like, you know, a little, a piece of yeah. je ne sais quoi. There you go. You can, oh God, you you can check it? that out at your at your earliest convenience. Families but and a forgotten race. We now celebrate. We now celebrate a holiday. Uh, uh, I forget what the in the, in the make of conquest. Of conquest. Okay, it's, 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 it's uh, in a square, the, it's, so I'm turning my head to read the square. Yeah, it's punk rock artwork, man. That's how the fucking punk rocks did it, man. It looks like the fucking friars of Yorktown fucking conquering uh, no, Nottingham. Christopher, Colu- oh, Christopher Columbus. It's oh, a, oh it's even a, worse. It's an anti-Christopher Columbus song. Oh, that's good. That's that's what yeah. we need, frankly. Um. So anyway, uh, that that's what what I was doing. How did we get here? I don't remember how we got here. <laughs> so you know, anime is the great bridge that. Oh right, <laughs> anime. <laughs> that's right. Anime right. bridges you to the rest of the world. That's right. You can so, go anywhere from there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no. Uh, uh, at the time, uh, I I was making a punk vest to uh, Gundam Wing, and so basically, when I get party you know, balloons, you get to, beware. 
you get to episode 17 of Neon Genesis Evangelion and you go, oh, I have no idea where this is going. It was so good that it just drops off the map and it went from like one of the best animes to one of the worst animes. I see it went in reverse for me. It was one of the what? worst and then it became one of the best as it be as it. You're the first uh, person uh, I've met who's like, wow, this is artistic genius. Like, no, the, the, the second half of that series is the better part of that it, series. I agree. I agree. And then I'm talking about the episodes that they ran the budget is what I'm talking about. Sticks with no, you. No, no, no. The second half is the best those, part. I agree. Those are the most fun because to me, it's like the equivalent of, um, uh, Monty Python running out of budget at the end of the Holy Grail. It's like and, Carrot today with Tolkien. And why didn't the Eagles just fly on the Mordor in the first place? And Tolkien <laughs> says, shut up. <laughs> Sure. I mean, yeah, but like, like the fact that they blew, dude, they had a massive budget. It was like one of the most well-funded shows ever. Not enough. And they blew that budget and went the last two, they were like, I I don't know. I uh, like, they were like, still pictures. We need to figure this the fuck out. And the creator is just in a corner crying to himself. And so the rest of the, the creative team has to fucking like, all right, like Xerox copy panels. That's what we're going to shoot. Fuck it. That's what we're shooting. That's what. We, and so to me, it was way more creative and interesting to watch the absolute destruction of a show over the <laughs> last two episodes of it. And when it ends, you're like. Well, that answered nothing. That answered fuck all. Let's make a movie. Then let's make another movie. Then let's make a third movie because everyone's upset to tie in the first two movies. But, to but hang show. on. But hang on. That third movie that is 1. actually 3. supposed to be happening during those last two episodes. It's even fucking weirder. <laughs> oh, I'm fucked no, up. It's not, listen, it's not enough. It's not enough that our main character... <laughs> loses all physical form and becomes the sketch of i don't know what is that a pillowcase <laughs> that's just like fluttering around and, and 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 now we have entire four minute sequences that are just panels that have existed in the series and the creator was screaming in the background panels just scribbled them out just like scribbled the eyes and it's like like i hate i hate my own creation like that's he's throwing a temper tantrum for the last two episodes. And then and then the best part of it is the fans of this show go, that's not enough. We're going to harass you and tell you you should kill yourself you got all the friends. way until you're forced to make a movie that explains everything and nothing all at the same time. It explains every panel that you saw in those last two episodes. But guess what? You didn't want to know what was happening in those last two episodes because all your favorite characters are fucking dying. It's literally the end of the fucking world. Your waifu's dead. All your favorite characters dead. Any character that you formed an attachment to, despite the fact that they're truly irredeemable people as characters anyone that you have an attachment to they are going to die in the next hour and a half and you are going to have to watch that because guess what you sent me death threats saying that that wasn't good enough well i guess fuck you then here's every character that you love 
dying until there are two of the most unlikable characters in the entire series left on a beach that is basically the apocalypse. And you know what? You figure it out. You figure it out. Fuck you. I don't have to answer anything. I just made $13 billion by making this movie. Thank you very much for your money. Fuck you otherwise. This is the greatest. Was a visionary. This is the greatest (laughs) description of Evangelion I have ever heard in my whole fucking life. Which is why it is my favorite anime that has ever been made. Like, there is no fuck you better than End of Evangelion in all of media. 15 bucks, (laughs) little man. It's impressive. It's truly, it's, they got 16 anime studios to fund a gigantic fuck you to every anime fan ever. And by the way, if you weren't convinced that it was a fuck you, look at the opening scene to end of Evangelion. It's the grossest shit you can. Yeah, it, 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 I was going to say it opens with sexual assault. <laughs> I'm fucked yes, up. Absolutely. It's, it's, I made like, a comment. Like, yeah. hey, remember Ichi the killer? Let's just make that even worse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And and to this day, it is still my favorite piece of, of anime. And I've even seen I, you know, I, I went in for all of the rebuilds and enjoyed those as much because they were less of a fuck you and more like, okay, I kind of feel I, like I overreacted with that movie. I, there was so much money that we spent making that, and it, I was so mad at the time. Can we try this again? And I, I don't know. I really, I genuinely enjoyed it. Uh, other anime, I really struggle to enjoy, unless I saw it as a kid. If I saw it as a kid, I can, I can still watch it. Like so, uh, Venus Wars. Have you ever seen that? No one's ever seen it. So, it don't feel bad if you haven't. So to tie this off, the whole anime thing, to tie it off, I can say, Fox, three, two, one, let's jam. <laughs> so the dev secrets that they released outside of Kill a Queen, Bites the Dustool, was um, there's a few things here. Uh, the character Angelica, the painter, has an upside-down palette. It was fixed. <laughs> if it was fixed in the game, quote, horrifying things would happen. So to this day, Angelica and Windurst, they had the level 8 tunic quest, I recall. Just off memory, because that's how fucked up I am, like Shinji. Um, I'm not Shinji. Do not, do not make me Shinji. Get the, in the robot. <laughs> the fucking robot. Uh, apparently, I remember that it worked, I like one of the first quests I did in this game. Like one of the first things I found in Windurst when I was new was Angelica's "Get me a tunic, bitch." Get in the tunic, Shinji. <laughs> <laughs> was that quest? I never realized that her palette was upside down. She's up in like the top of one of the the rooms there, like one of the like the the above Chamama or something, whatever shit. Maybe she's in like the uh, the Rob Rob area. It's called the map or whatever out in the out in the southern Windurst Waters area. No one cares about outside of a a COP mission to talk to that one guy about his kids. Um, I, I never knew her palette of her paint palette was upside down, and they showed a picture of it or something. I'm like, oh, that, that's interesting. I hope I hope when they tried to fix it, it just lit the servers on fire, and they were like, it, well, it we can't burned do that them again. down. <laughs> We we absolutely cannot do that. It again. turned off the Super Bowl in the in the lobby. <laughs> so when Final Fantasy XI used to run install verifications, the building manager said that the electricity was unprecedented. After that, the number of breakers in the building was increased. 
That's... I mean, when your server farm is IMAX, like, yeah, like, they didn't have exactly the best power regulation. If only they had tsunami-proof power, we would have not had to turn the game off for two weeks. However, could we have lived without caring about the suffering of other people? Remember that when they turned the game off and everyone's complaining about, oh, it didn't happen to me. Why would I turn the game off to conserve power in Japan for people who were suffering? natural disaster, you People were upset. They were like, I I paid for this this fucking thing and I'm not getting it. I I do remember that. I'm a consumer. I'm just a consumer. All I am is consuming and that's all I'm worth. And I paid to consume, so you better give me the game, damn it. Those fucking scumbags still exist. So, uh, initially, the fixed phrase dictionary, I guess, auto-translate. This is all translated from the the stream itself. This is not perfect English. Initially, the fixed phrase dictionary was a mechanism to support sentence input in Japanese. Because other companies had patents, they instead focused on input completion and auto-translate. Good old patents. In early community events, items were placed manually. It is now possible to flag items in the game instead. Yeah, the slash translate. I think that there's a different bullet point. Oh. I guess when they say flagging, I mean um, getting items from a quest. They had to be done manually, but in the past, I guess they meant. Oh, gotcha. Uh, a phrase, quote, stop hiding under your mama's skirt, end quote, or something similar to that was in slash say when someone used provoke. It, this was from EverQuest. It was removed after the Final Fantasy XI beta concluded. Well, that was obviously the right decision. <laughs> I don't know. Quit hiding your mama's skirt if you want to make that decision, you know? I, you know, I, I spent some time playing EverQuest when I was, uh, you know, a small child. I and I don't, I don't remember that phrase. So that's, that's a new one to me. In the early game life, the dev who made an item was supposed to be responsible to also make the name... Uh, some devs changed the name of items. It wasn't malicious, but Life Belt was one of the items that was changed to Physical Hit, which is Accuracy Plus, uh, was changed to Life Plus, which is Accuracy Plus, in order to express the stats in as few of characters as possible. But staff read it as Life and not Hit, as in Accuracy, because this is translated, of course, and I've read JP Wiki enough to know that that means Accuracy. So... Uh, which explains why when we look at JP Wiki to this day and it says life plus, uh, that's accuracy plus because of the, the the dev naming the life belt changed the description. And that's why to this day it's still named um, life plus instead of uh, accuracy plus or physical accuracy plus. As a result, the name life belt had nothing to do with the performance. So the All right. the, the the accuracy plus yeah. from life belt being the accuracy plus we have instead of physical accuracy was a uh, dev thing that stuck with us to this day in descriptions for items. Thanks life belt. Thanks life belt. That was that was the fucking belt pup used forever, man. That was the belt that most level forty eight act plus ten revolutionary at that time. Ten accuracy at forty eight was fucking amazing. Fucking broken. That was one of the most broken items at the time. At the end of the Chains of Promathia, during debug, a placeholder, Mika- uh, Michael Koji, it's like Mikhail, it's A-E-L instead of Michael, Mikhail Koji Fox's voice was recorded from localization. I don't even know what that fucking means. Well, I know that uh, Koji Fox uh, served on the localization team for FF14, so I guess he also worked on FF11. I guess he recorded um, voice localization. Uh. But, like, at the end of 
what's at the end of COP? The the cliff there, looking at Tavnazia or whatever it was. Yeah, but there's no there's no VO for that, is Wasn't there? Wasn't it like a song or something or uh, a cutscene um, with the, oh, the thing in the distance yeah. with the credits? Yeah, that's right. So I guess right. I guess there instead was... of the debug, they meant credits. During the credits, uh, Koji Fox's voice was recorded for that. Oh, okay. So I guess I guess maybe before they recorded, um, what was that song called? I don't know what the song uh, Prometheus called. I I can't remember. It might but be it, on BG if I pull it up, but but it's the, it's the it's the one FF11 song that has lyrics. Yeah, Melodies of life. Oh, that's right. oh yeah, maybe that right. might that sounds Is that it. I think that might be that sounds it. familiar enough to be the correct answer. That might be it. But anyway, it, so. I would love if that's the case. I would love to hear that piece of placeholder audio of of Koji Fox singing "Melodies of Life." <laughs> this next one's for you, Fox. When Meteor was in development, because of the special circumstances that multiple people use it at once, the animation didn't always go off, and the server could crash. <laughs> of course, it could. Yeah, that sounds that sounds accurate. And, oh, and then they released during the stream. Funk and I were going nuts. Uh, and, and according to the stream, like the the guy on the stream I talked about earlier with the phone holding up and translating the fucking chat log and everything going on, uh, they put up the still screen for a second of the two secret synthesis items that were not known in the game that existed and people hadn't found. So they announced them during the fan fest because apparently, like uh, like Goblin Stir Fry on Twitter or something, the people hadn't found them, so they gave them out. And they put out the thing in Japanese only. So like Funk and I are trying to translate these things. I'm on JP Wiki trying to like uh, fucking, uh, you know, like uh, a return of the mummy or something with with Brendan Fraser. I'm trying to like translate over these fucking hieroglyphics, <laughs> the spaghetti on my screen, the Japanese kanji into, <laughs> into spaghetti, into <laughs> the fucking fettuccine, the linguine, the, you know, uh, it wouldn't be an episode if you didn't say something racially insensitive. <laughs> I have no ire to anyone. I'm just being stupid. Uh, <laughs> the, the fucking Bronzini here, which is a fish, um, into the characters. I'm like, I'm trying to like translate because on JP Wiki, they are slightly differently shaped than on the screen of what they gave. So I'm like, is that the exact symbol? It's a little differently shaped. I think that's the same symbol. And I'm trying to like translate out because like everyone on the stream for a second was like, what's the synthesis? And they just like move on to the next thing and forget about it. Like a fucking uh, a shiny light distracting someone. And they're just like, oh, what's that? Oh, no, never mind. And and Funk and I are sitting there trying to translate out these things that are translated different things in English, depending on how you hold the phone camera to the screen. We're like using our phones. We're doing everything. This is like a fucking Cam Jansen, you know, where is Carmen San Diego kind of mystery. And we, we were translating out the, he posted it here in the post. We worked, he got pungent powder and, and I got everything except one item on the Rarab tail. So you can synth pickled Rarab tails for the last limit break in this game. They're not just trading into the Deegan Hard and Bastok or whatever. You can actually make them with 115 cooking, a dark crystal, a black pepper, maple sugar, uh, Funk wrote here sock salt. I guess he was tired in, uh, late in the morning. <laughs> sock salt. Yeah. A romave water from Sky, so you can go farm a romave water from the pots or whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah. That's a lower drop rate than. <laughs> yeah. Two rarab tails from the NPC and an uh, an apple vinegar and a rollin berry. You can make any as many pickled rarab tails as you want with that, or skillet yeah, cooking. I, I, don't, I don't. I'm not going to be doing any of that. <laughs> yeah. 
And they also revealed that um, the Pagodite, that weird animal glue-shaped item that you can buy from the Mog Garden that no one knew what the fuck it was for, they revealed that that was actually a hidden synthesis item for making Pungent Powder 2, which is like a costume, which is 102 Alchemy. And uh, there is probably, Funk says, a recipe for Pungent Powder 3 as well. <laughs> oh, boy. So if you want costumes... But that everyone, happy twentieth anniversary. Yeah, yeah, that's what everyone was like. Oh well, th- that was renounced before any <laughs> of the stuff I told you about the the prime weapons or the fucking AF or the Imperium plus two three. Before any of that stuff, they announced the the Roland Berry being part of like some special Juno thing. I couldn't understand the auto translate and uh, being in a synthesis item and like the history of Juno and all this stuff. It's like wow, this is a great anniversary, isn't it? You're like two and a half hours in at this point, and it's like great. I finally know what a pagodite's for. The item that's been in the game for years, no one knew what it was for. Now we finally. have the answers. Yeah, finally. Finally, the 500 gil item has been answered that no one cared about. I can sleep tonight. Uh, <laughs> fucking... Oh, but wait. But wait. There's 20 more minutes about Grand Blue that you've got to sit through. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Grand Blue was most of this show. And every time yeah, he thought it was over, it came back. The fucking guy from Grand Blue they had with the fucking chiseled jawline that could fucking cut glass and saw a diamond in <laughs> half. This guy's chin and jawline was like something out of a meme. It could just saw a diamond in half. <laughs> Outside of the, mmm, mmm, this fucking guy's jawline <laughs> was the top of the night. And apparently, when devs went, uh, when devs wanted a jail in the game, a larger area than intended was implemented. So they made this giant fucking area for a jail you could run around in. <laughs> and then um, it says something bad in translate here. What it was changed to was the minimum size of an area. So apparently... Um, the area for jail, the, the gall area we have is apparently once they made that was the smallest an area can be. Isn't that, it's, I think it's called Mordian. Mordian gall. I've been there several times. Let me tell you. (laughs) They also had the NPC ranking contest where I submitted Chamama as my favorite NPC. Apparently Chamama did not crack top 10, unfortunately. I guess the, the smooth stone was not just right for her pickle jar, and she did not make it into the top ten. Unfortunately, the top it's ten gonna, was ranked as it's going to be all the waifus. Yeah, the first five are yep. waifus. Well, no, the the top five are waifus. <laughs> I mean, he says top five because the sixth one is not. Uh, number ten, Roland Berry Queen herself, Kupipi. Number nine, Naja Salahim, one of my favorites because that mace is kinky as fuck. Number eight, a weird one for me, I think, in terms of why is it here, Karaha Baruha. Uh, maybe they liked his eyes or something. I don't know. He's got purple eyes, and that's that, that's something, I guess. Maybe because he summons Fenrir. Okay. Number seven, Afmao. I guess she wasn't good waifu enough. There's too many waifus to choose from. The pillows have already been made. Number six, <laughs> Zed. My waifu. Zed, Zed, your waifu. Zed's my waifu. Zed is your waifu. He gives a boost to your chaos. That's right. right. He gives he gives those good daddy hugs. Zed is your waifu. (laughs) It's actually Zed is your waifu. So Zed. Yeah. Then you have uh, Zed. Bitte nicht. So uh, five is Iroha. The waifus are coming now. Iroha is a waifu. Number four, Arciella. What do you think? I'm kind of surprised she's as high as she is. Oh, no, no, no. She, in the heat of the moment, likes to be slapped. So I was a huge fan of of Arciella, actually. Yes. I I liked her. The best thing thing since my dress up, darling. 
Yeah, exactly. She kind of was one of that, like, she would change outfits and stuff, too, so. It's true. The wholesomeness of... Truly a pioneer. <laughs> having a friend who can be intimate enough with you to, to slap you in a cutscene. Right. In her bedchamber? <laughs> in her bedchamber, nonetheless. <laughs> no, Lest no. we not mention it was in the bedchamber with the pipe with Colonel Mustard. So, number three is Prish. Of course. Well, that's kind of that's kind of weird. <laughs> that's definitely weird. Well, I mean, you know, you know, she's be top three. Everyone fucking loves Parish. She's like one of the most, you know, being a child and an adult trapped in a child's body. Every man in this game, uh, you know, apparently fetishizes Parish. So <laughs> that's unfortunate. That's a thing. It's weird, and it's I don't think people are always conscious about it. It is a thing. And it she's is a weird, teenage yes. girl and like preteen, and she's got no features too. Why are you into that? So. You know why. <laughs> oh, I don't want to know why. The last episode. So does Dateline NPC or NPC. <laughs> Dateline yeah. NPC. Have you <laughs> cleared your food effect? <laughs> we now return to Dateline NPC. Dialogue, dialogue, dialogue. Number two, Lilliset. Go to jail. I guess everyone, everyone who voted <laughs> for Lilliset and Prish, go to jail. Oh, oh right no. Now. It, it gets All worse. of you go to Morty and Goal. Number one. Sean Toto. That's not surprising, though. Yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> but I don't. I think that's less of like a wifey reason and more for like Sean Toto like, is is great. So, you know, yeah. it's not. Yeah, no, it's not she, a sexual Shantoto thing. Sean Toto just Toto. fucking yeah. rules. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think Chamama should have been in the top ten. If fucking Kupipi and Kara Barua and Afmao get in the top ten, and Zide gets in the top ten, it is it is a weird top ten because I Chimama. wouldn't think of any of them at the bottom of that list to be part of it. And it's a strange top ten to me. So then they had, yeah, of, course, of course, announced on their stools in a green screen because they got on a bunch of stools with a green screen that looked really awkward where there was more, mmm, mmm, every time something was said, mmm, 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 They announced that Cornelia and Matsui P were coming back. Yeah, how the fuck is Cornelia not on that list? Of what? Oh, of, of oh, yeah. because cause she gives an effect. You know, you want her for the results. You don't want to like, like she's a lady in the streets, Fox. They're looking for a lady in the sheets. Oh, okay, okay, I got you, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't you know what these people are after, Fox? Do you not listen to the viewer? Fuck no. <laughs> Nor should you. Exactly. It was kind of like uh, in the Dev Secrets thing. I didn't read too. Is that uh, since we talk about the you know going to the Cornelia being a thing. Uh, the Unity leaders caps at 31 so they could actually add more Unity concords that they wanted to. They built into the game. So uh, the candidates also included like Octavian and uh, Valeniriel. Uh, but, you know, since the trust limit was reached, uh, so Cornelia and Matsui P being a thing, they actually reached the trust limit. So like Mombro is an exception. There's no more trust they can release because they've reached like that weird old school limit of some hex number they have and can no longer release them. Kind of like how they say they can't release more abilities or spells or whatever the fuck, but... Get rid of a bunch of those DD trusts no one uses. <laughs> uh, Iron Shield, or whatever the fuck his name is. The guy who I really want from the past. Iron Eater or something. I think he's Iron Eater. Uh, the guy who I want with the Great Axe who does Berserk and Provoke. I, I really need this guy. He, he, can we keep him? Uh, uh, what trust would you get rid of if you can get rid of a trust? Like, almost all of the DD ones, because they don't do anything. <laughs> What about that one fucking weird guy with the great sword who casts ice spikes and casts Blizzaga or Blizzaga? He's like the weirdest, worst trust ever. He's like a oh, Wings of the Goddess trust no one cared about. 
and they released him with his weird Algol greatsword, and he casts Blizzica 2 or something, and no one wants him. He's useless. Yeah, I don't know. No one's ever called him in his life. Just get rid of that guy. I can't think of too many useless trusts off the top of my head. Uh, the one that uses King Cobra Clamp. I mean, I know that there's only like eight that I normally will use in any given situation. So it's like, if you're not one of those eight, you can get the fuck out. I would like Coltada under my skill chains because Coltada's the worst. I'm trying to do a skill chain, Coltada. Like, I would call him out more if he wouldn't fuck up my uh, CP parties. I call him out. I just bank that he won't ever hit anything. He's just waiting to screw it up because eventually, twenty percent of the time, he will hit. If anything, uh, the the new the re-edition of Cornelia actually uh, nerfs your party because of him because she'll be, she'll buff his accuracy. <laughs> <laughs> it's unfortunate. I think honestly, I think updating Truss would be a good idea, like uh, Adelheid and stuff like that, who are scholar Truss or something who could do something useful. I think updating the Truss would be a nice thing because. They said here that they updated um, who uses Aerial Blade. Venereal? Um, yeah, they said Venereal that was updated because Paladin got Majesty, and if they changed Paladin further, they could update other trusts, but they only update trusts based off of the player's abilities and stuff like that. They're not, like, special. Outside of, like, Cornelia and Limited Time Trust. Lots of their special. thought process came through. I don't know. I would say that Iroa and Arceola 1's interactions are, are pretty fucking special. Like, their ability to just, like, use their TP to fully restore your party. If you have both of them in the same party, like, you're basically immortal. Because you'll get either from the Ashes or um, the Benevolent Restoration or whatever the shit she does. Uh, Arceola does. I forget. There are some other dev secrets here, too. I don't know what you're talking about with Arceola using something, so I'm just going to move on. There's some other yeah, dev secrets here, too. About when they make a scene or event in the dev debug, they use a Mandragora to see what number of them is associated with the flag to see where the flags are set. So apparently they use Mandragora to try and debug this game. Because it sounds like they kind of just like whack-a-mole development. I mean, that's not that surprising at this stage. It seems really inefficient and antiquated to have to like use a Mandragora to try and like hope you get something right. That seems really hard to do in terms of your time. Oddly yeah. specific. It well, <laughs> not least specific, but I mean, it sounds like they have trouble actually making stuff for the game because they never actually made a system to last. They kind of just like like oh, get something out to work. We gotta we gotta launch this game, and then like they kind of like we'll fix it later in post, like 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 I had thought once. And you can't fix it in post. You have to make it right the first time. Post will not fix things. There's also two people in charge of making ambuscades each month. Um but one of them regrets that he overdid the match against Medusa and the Sahagan. The Sahagan especially uh, sounds like uh, really fucking overdoing it. VD Sahagan sucks to this day. Yeah, it does. It's the only one I dislike. Yeah, I, I agree. The Medusa is not... I don't recall the Medusa being too bad. You kind of just That's like... It's, it's just, it, it is kind of annoying. The Medusa one is kind of annoying because if you some people just use fucking React on that and turn when they see the move coming with their third-party tool, which is ridiculous, but Medusa's not too hard otherwise. It's the Sahagan is really bad. Uh, there is a hidden command in the quest full speed ahead. If you type slit... Oh, we already know this, too. It's on the BG page. Uh, I guess yeah. I guess they, they know what you know about. If you type slash psych when the sweat's appearing in the head, you can uh, maintain maximum speed while the Raptor's motivation's down. Uh, Ambuscade was originally intended to be a raid area that would be implemented um, earlier than Dynamis. So Ambuscade is actually earlier than Dynamis and older than it, and they didn't actually put it in this game, and it was added much later, of course. Wait, really? Yeah. That's kind of wild. 
So that also means that since Legion is based off of the same area, that Legion's also older and they just never implemented until later. Huh. Which is cool. I mean, but, I, yeah, go. I'm 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 kind of curious if they're just talking about the actual area that's in the game or the battle arena it, for it says ambuscade battle arena. Yeah. Okay. So they're just talking about the zone, not necessarily how it functions. Yeah, but that's also the zone Legion was in, which came a long before Ambuscade. True, true. But that means that they've had enough items that they've worked on over the years. Think about how long ago that was. Think about how old Legion was. That was the last giant 18-man combat item event in this game, to everyone's dismay, of course, that they released. Where That was actually a 36-man event. That was the last major content event, like In Her Yard 2.0 or something they released. Uh, that was the last big one, and that was a long time ago. Like, yeah, I don't think I ever did it. No, I never really did it because it was people were. That was the thing everyone was using stuns and perfect defense for, and and uh, mm. Imbrava before Imbrava was changed. That that was just a, a event of using. Um, well, I don't remember that it wasn't React and existed at the time. It was a third party tool to use stun on command. It was like. Um, I don't even remember the command. I've seen the add-on before. I don't remember actually what it's called. It's been so long. It was like the last time it was used for using stun against stuff when uh, Delve was launched. People were using stun against certain abilities like in incinerating yep. Lahar with this add-on. Yeah. I forget it was even fucking called at this point. It's going to bug me. But um, it was that content was so difficult that I just didn't join it. And that was like super... H&M Link Shells took pride in that event because it was like super challenging and that's what we needed in this game was like really exclusionary content that people wouldn't because like that content was not inclusive like as much as like Odyssey is not great in terms of being able to buy a win and just having it like Odyssey is inclusive because you can do it on an easier difficulty you can still buy the base armor that's most of the gains is the base armor at an easier difficulty and the augments are nice sometimes yeah. uh, worth using whether you have the augment or not but like it actually builds up to getting like something better and and a weaker player like with ambuscade a weaker player can do that with odyssey a weaker player can do shoal a or b and get gear and actually augment it up to a certain point and it's not like completely exclusionary with legion it was like completely exclusionary hardest content in the game be like super great bring your fucking verathrognas and your ukon severas and and your perfect defense and your third party tools and and maybe you might get more points out of it and actually be able to be invited or something it wasn't like something people like really took people to it wasn't like pugged extensively like content is today yeah uh the history of juno was reorganized at the release of the voracious resurgence the city declined in popularity and is now popular again so apparently there was also some lore about Juno and the Voracious. I don't know if this come up yet or is coming in the future about Juno and why the Roland Berries. I remember watching this too. There was like some big thing about why Roland Berries are important to Juno's economy or something. They had this is this is the anniversary stream. It was like five hours of this. Some of this stuff was nonsense. It was like Roland Berries are important to the Juno economy. I don't feel like I missed out on much. Well, yeah. the first the first three, four hours, you could have gone to sleep and woken up at eight in the morning, Eastern time or something like that, and then watched and gotten most out of the stream that anyone was going to talk about of all like the, the prime weapons and all that stuff coming. The The first bit was like people on the violin. As I said in the prior episode, it's going to be people playing music. It's going to be some stuff about, you know, nostalgia and all that stuff like that. And that's what they did. It was it was that. And then all ground blue. The steely, steely jaw ground blue was the whole... Thing. It's like it's not bad, but it's just not what we wanted. It's too bad they didn't they didn't deliver a moment that was like 
you know, the first time that you saw somebody, uh, you know, level up to 76 and like it took everyone a minute to realize like, oh, shit, wait a minute. That's like that. That's the level cap going up like it. You know, there there was just there was nothing even remotely close to that in the in the entire presentation. Well, I mean, I, I guess that just kind of means that we've already peaked. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, look right here. They said at the end of the, the whole stream with the news there, they want to update the sunshine, the sunshine seeker event. Remember that event? Oh, boy. Yes, they want to update that. If you haven't been around in a while, they updated the Mandragora game. What's that called? The uh, They have them in different zones in Rabao and all the, the town zones now. You can talk to the Mandragora to play that Moncala game. Oh, yeah, so you can play Moncala. Or yeah, they, they've added that to the game. I guess they want to add the Sunshine Seeker event, which is an annoying Sunshine Seeker event, to the mm-hmm. game now permanently instead of an event that comes around seasonally. So you can run around all the time and click things on the ground that's that's great well it says seasonal events still so it's probably going to still be seasonal but i mean what are you going to update here you get like a couple trusts and it's kind of like an annoying event like that's not whatever i guess it's nice add it be add all the stuff you can add but they're also uh, next update i believe they're adding master level 40 which makes sense because the previous oh, update nice. following their pattern they they change a the zone and change uh, the level cap of a zone or the uh, level correction penalty of the zone, and then the next update they add monsters. So next update they're adding master level forty. Very cool. The cap will eventually be master level fifty for this year sometime. I think they said they, if I recall, it was like August or something. They said they're going to launch master level fifty, and they're going to keep it at that for a while, which will keep us at forty-seven. We won't get like the uh, extra fencer from forty-eight or the foil from forty-eight or whatever it is. I think, or am I thinking wrong? Master- I. Mesh level 40. So Mesh level 40 is 47, right? Yeah, so you get eight okay, levels, so, so it'd be 50. So 50 keeps us from getting a few things then. So 40 keeps us from getting foil, but 50 gives us foil and those traits. What does 50 keep us from? It was like, so I was looking at during the whole stream, it was like specifically things that are like level, I think it gives you the 60. 10 puts you at 59, or 50 puts you at 59. 59. So, so 60 is what we're missing out on. There was some uh, specific stuff there at 60 and 61 that we're missing out uh 60 was like uh the assassin trait for thief and uh other things howling collaborator fist. howling fist from sub monk howling fist from sub monk i know you've been thinking about that one for a while you'll be, yeah. you'll be one level away well will you be one level away because if you have enough skill gear you might actually be able to get to that level and still have howling fist if, if that was true now then i would already have howling fist wouldn't i oh oh okay waiting for my actual sub job to provide Howling Fist. I thought that it was a skill level requirement with the correct sub job to provide, but I guess it's actually a sub job level requirement because usually it's not level based. Don't know. I mean, we'll find out once it gets that high. Okay, so you're not high enough yet. Yeah, I, I have no idea if it's if it's possible or not. Because it's always been skill based in the past. As long as you hit the skill level with the correct sub job, you could use it. Yeah, yeah. It was about having the correct main um, on some of these, though. Like, you wouldn't get it otherwise but that was usually because it was too high level i don't know like if we hit 60 and you know people don't get howling fist as sub monk then we'll definitely know for sure that that's exactly how it works well i'm gonna go with you don't have enough skill yet then i haven't looked at the skill levels only you have so dancer definitely has enough skill <laughs> well you still get merits all, and stuff so you're not that far off you're level ahead all of the jobs that have native hand-to-hand have at least like 380 skill if not more um you get howling fist at 
like level 60, so that would put you at around 200 skill required to, to get Howling Fist. So you would definitely already meet the skill requirement. So we had the Prime Weapons, we had the Empyrean coming. Uh, they want to add stronger equipment to Odyssey. And when they said this in the chat, I know I saw all the Japanese, like the chat was going at occasional speed. And when they talk about adding augments to Odyssey, the chat fucking went wild with like Japanese people complaining that like Odyssey's too hard and uh, all this nonsense because maybe Emboza is a bit ridiculous and unfair and how we're doing it is not intended and that needs to be adjusted. But otherwise, no other Odyssey fight because like uh, Bumba is down the chance and stuff like that. It, it's I think that's partly intentional. But no other fight besides Emboza is really hard to do in terms of mechanics or anything else they intended. Like they're not hard. Zevioso, Engai, Kalunga, none of those are hard. The hardest one is gonna be like Arabati. Arabati, because like Ango is not hard. Even without gear swap and no third party tools, Ango is not hard. So it's like Arabati and Mimboza, and that's it. Like no player, unless they're just not that good, frankly, is not ready to fight you know, these V20s going up a little more. It's not that hard. It's just kind of two and M's are a bit of a problem. Can yeah, can you deal with an ad? And do you have do you meet the DPS check to deal with regen? Like those are the two things. Only difference. And also too so that that was a lot that was pretty much most of what we got. It doesn't sound like much because I took out the Empyrean, the Odyssey, the Master Level Cap. But also, I guess to finish the Odyssey up, they, they want, they're going to, of course, release V25 as the last one because we saw in the Dats forever ago, it goes to rank 30. We're at rank 25 now. We got rank 20 to 25 last time they raised it. Uh, but they also wanted to say they wanted to add a fourth augmentation slot to the quest, the existing stats there on the pieces. So we don't know what that could be. I talked about it like for Nayame being like path A is crit rate, path B is crit damage, and then like random stuff. Pet attack for path I, I hope they do it to the stuff that's pre tier three also. Like they probably an would. extra thing like Chronica or uh Quisty Bodar, et cetera, et cetera. And it could be anything. They could add fucking like parry plus to a Chronica and that'd be like really awesome. It okay. could be anything though. I take me some fucking yeah. parry plus dagger on Dancer Thief, that'd be fun. Yeah, man. I mean, well, we'll see what we get. I mean, hopefully they don't forget about the tier two and lower stuff. That's all. And I guess to wrap this whole podcast up before Nero fully falls asleep. <laughs> we, we have kind of <laughs> it has gone on to another 420. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. So, I'm, I'm here. I'm awake. That's what. <laughs> so it's they, like, I only got two hours tonight, but. <laughs> you know, I've been up for fucking 27 hours, but uh, thank you for having me. Um, <laughs> at the end of the whole thing, so like, what was cool too is while we're watching it halfway through, like Tanaka's there and he's fucking gray as shit now. He, he's old and I guess he survived whatever disease he had before, whether it was cancer. I don't know what Tanaka had something he resigned for, like stepped down. Yeah, for. I was gonna. Was I, I was I was genuinely surprised to see Tanaka. Like, I'm glad that he's doing well, but like, I'm glad he kept yeah, his leather like, jacket. Yeah, <laughs> well. I mean, it's Tanaka. He's never seen without a leather jacket. He had to keep the balance of his persona versus not his persona. It was in perfect there balance. Go. He's got a reputation to uphold. But at the end of the whole pot, like it was cool seeing him halfway. It's like, you know, you get that good feeling like like you may be disappointed. And you're looking for silver linings and everything in that. And you just kind of look at Tanaka and his gray hair that's still slicked back to be presentable. And he's he's taken like it was a pre-recorded thing for Tanaka, but he took the time to do it. He didn't have to do it. He he does have like a life doesn't revolve around any single one of us. And he sat there and he was like talking about 
uh, how appreciative he is of the game and the experience it was and his time in it and how he's glad he did it. Da, 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 da. And just like seeing this guy who we've grown old and gray with and watching yeah. him take the time to do this and just give us his moment at the end of the podcast, the end of the podcast, end of the stream. He like had these like for a second, he like put his hands over his eyes to like rubbing him like these fake crocodile tears like and he like stopped it as quickly as he started it. And everyone was like, oh, he's fake crying in the chat or whatever <laughs> in Japanese. They'll translate that he's fake crying. And, uh, you know, just to have those moments with like Tanaka and all this nonsense is uh, it was a special kind of thing. So they played some music. They talked about developments for the game that are coming, which is frankly, I think, nice. New weapons. Uh, the storyline will continue. The upgrades we've been waiting for for Empyrean for like three fucking years now is coming this year. And I even said in the prior podcast, I thought they were going to push it off further, but they're they're putting it this year finally, as they said they would, which is glad they've pushed it off and then finally committed to it. So we got, we got stuff there, Odyssey coming and all this stuff and all this merch and stuff that will keep the game running. And overall, if you appreciate, if you sit there and think about your time in the game, they, they ended the whole thing too with like uh, screenshots that were submitted by people. And of course, of course... The spike flailing of Mirio was a screenshot that was included in the end of the whole thing. If you're not around right, right now, uh, Nero, there's been a controversy over, you know, Mirio, the demand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People have been, including myself, uh, intentionally spike flailing that high one level 50, 150 dragon to uh, add some excitement to the community that you weren't here for all the like uh, people are just. Because it resets the main evasion bonus if you lose and you get behind it and flail it and all these people that just run at it like it's fucking uh, yeah. Thermopylae and their conscript, you know, conscripted troops of the Persian Empire that have no training or ability and no weapons. They just send them out with fucking nothing and they just get slaughtered as cannon fodder. Since right. then, so those, those are the people that show up to the fucking event in general just to get some points in AFK. Since they're getting killed now and they're getting a point reset and they have to do more domain invasions, they are just rabid fucking animals of demanding that the people doing this are banned and they're they're horrible and they hate them and the the fucking you know the death threats over evangelion essentially the yeah, yeah i was i was gonna say you know i'm i'm glad that uh some things in the final fantasy 11 community change and then some things stay the same stay exactly the fucking same so after that uh i joined on board because i thought the community was a bit absolutely fucking ridiculous and, and mob mentality lynching and stuff like that. So I jumped on board. And I'm going to be one of the bad guys as always. And so one of the screenshots for Amirio being spike flailed was of course included from Rosma, the, the spike flow that started it all. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and that got in there and everyone was like, Oh, the spike flail. But they, they ended the whole thing with a bunch of users submitted screenshots, people sitting there like, like it had like the copyright 2003 or whatever in the screenshot from like oh, when the wow. game was brand new, like some beta screen, like every user that submitted a screenshot, they like ended the whole stream of like every user submitted a screenshot that was there. That, like That's pretty cool. People that's with their, cool. their friends, Bibiki Bay, fucking every bit of nostalgia that you could fucking cream your trousers and cry to your mommies over. Was, was there's it? there's some screenshots that I wish that, you know, like they they've gotten eaten by the hard drives over the years and stuff like that. But there's some stuff that I wish that I still had. Perhaps it's sitting on your play online email to this day. Yeah, <laughs> that it is absolutely not. 
but you know, all those things ended it with the the whole nostalgia and Tanaka, there's little fake tears and the fact that he's even there. It's like, you know, this game is 20 years old. It can go and, uh, you know, die in a war or, or buy cigarettes or something. It's, it's lived long enough to pay taxes. And yeah. we were older than that when we started this game. So we have, of course, grown older with this game and to, to reflect and sit back and the, the friends and relationships. I've not had people in this game who have died in real life or people make posts on auction house, rip this person. Like everyone knows someone or we've been through this game at this point. And whether you were, uh, you know, I want to like sit here and bash on the people who are like, they didn't do anything for the 20th anniversary anymore than I already have tonight. But whether you were satisfied with the whole stream or not, like the whole message I think take away from this thing and how we still play this game, whether you're not paying for it and still playing or not, or just enjoying this game or don't know what you're doing in your life and you fucking sell used cars and you're just, this game's the last thing you have of your fucking bit of sanity or something. Uh, you know, we got to appreciate all the little bits there that were there, the violin playing, the, like if you listen to a little music box that they released in the, in the, the, for 55 fucking dollars, like if you listen to the song of the music box that they released the, what they sound like. Like, just listening to the song in that music box alone is, like, a really touching thing. So, the stream may have not been all of the new areas, remakes, mobile, offline versions, and bullshit that you wanted, but what it was was a tribute to the game, as it was always going to be, as it was supposed to be, in my opinion. And we can take away that the tribute to this game was the special thing that all of us share in one way or another. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, I, I don't have anything else to add, honestly. Yeah, I don't think I could have uh, said it any better. Well, thank you, Anira, for joining us again. And thank you, Fox. Although this was not your topic to to be here. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not the best for this sort of episode. Don't worry. For sure. Next week, Fox, we're going to have our new ad campaign. Oh, that's good. And well, the- thank you guys. Thank you guys for having me. I, I uh, enjoyed coming on tonight. It was good to have you. You know, you are a special guest who has a unique insight and time in this game and, and a way that others do not. And just, just to hang out with you and talk to you was always fun. So I, I had a really good time hanging out with you. Thank you. I'm glad we had the opportunity to respect your time. <laughs> 420. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. I, uh, I, I always enjoy coming on the show, and I'm glad that I was able to use the studio, although it seemed to something seemed to go awry halfway through. But anyway... Uh, it, it, this was uh, this was awesome, and uh, I'd love to come back again. Thank you again, and I know your time's precious. I know you're tired. I know you made time for us, and we really appreciate it. So thank you for making that time. And if there's any topic you want to come back on or anything you want to say, and you know this and that, it's nice to hang out with you. And it, it was a really good time. So thanks. Yeah, happy to make time for you guys. Yeah, thanks, man. And Fox, do your thing where you say words and play us out. All right, uh, later, guys. <laughs>